Sahih al-Bukhari. This is a collection of hadith by Imam Bukhari. The English translation is by Dr. Muhammad Mursin Khan. This audio is narrated by QNS Academy. Sahih al-Bukhari. The Book of Al-Maghazi, that is, Holy Battle, or The Deeds and Virtues of Ghazi. Footnote. Al-Maghazi is the plural of Maghza, Holy Battle, or the place where the battle took place, or the virtues and deeds of Ghazi, fighters and warriors in Allah's cause. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Al-Ushayra, or Al-Usayra. Ibn Ishaq said, the first battle the Prophet peace be upon him fought was the battle of Al-Abwa, and then Buwadh, and then Al-Ushayra. Narrated Abu Ishaq, Once, while I was sitting beside Zayd bin Al-Arqam, he was asked, How many Ghazawad did the Prophet peace be upon him undertake? Zayd replied, Nineteen. They said, In how many Ghazawad did you join him? He replied, Seventeen. I asked, Which of these was the first? He replied, Al-Ushayr, or Al-Usayra. Chapter on the Prophet's prediction about whom he thought would be killed at Badr. Narrated Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, regarding Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, may Allah be pleased with him. Sa'ad bin Abi Mu'adh was an intimate friend of Umayyah bin Khalaf, and whenever Umayyah passed through Al-Madina, he used to stay with Sa'ad, and whenever Sa'ad went to Mecca, he used to stay with Umayyah. When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, arrived at Al-Madina, Sa'ad went to perform Umrah and stayed at Umayyah's home in Mecca. He said to Umayyah, Tell me of a time when the mosque is empty, so that I may be able to perform tawaf around the Kaaba. So Umayyah went with him about midday. Abu Jahl met them and said, O Abu Safwan, who is this man accompanying you? He said, He is Sa'ad. Abu Jahl addressed Sa'ad, saying, I see you wandering about safely in Mecca in spite of the fact that you have given shelter to the people who have changed their religion, that is, became Muslims, and have claimed that you will help them and support them. By Allah, if you were not in the company of Abu Safwan, you would not have gone to your family safe and sound. Sa'ad, raising his voice, said to him, By Allah, if you should stop me from doing this, that is, performing tawaf, I would certainly prevent you from something which is more valuable for you, that is, your passage through Al-Madina. On this, Umayyah said to him, O Sa'ad, do not raise your voice before Abul Hakam, the chief of the people of the valley of Mecca. Sa'ad said, O Umayyah, stop that. By Allah, I have heard Allah's Messenger peace be upon him predicting that they, that is, Muslims, will kill you. Umayyah asked, In Mecca? Sa'ad said, I do not know. Umayyah was greatly scared by that news. When Umayyah returned to his family, he said to his wife, O Umm Safwan, don't you know what Sa'ad told me? She said, What has he told you? He replied, He claims that Muhammad peace be upon him has informed them, that is, his companions, that they will kill me. I asked him, In Mecca? He replied, I do not know. Then Umayyah added, By Allah, I will never go out of Mecca. But when the day of the Ghazwa of Badr came, Abu Jahl called the people to war, saying, Go and protect your caravan. But Umayyah disliked to go out of Mecca.
Abu Jahl came to him and said, O Abu Safwan, if the people see you staying behind, though you are the chief of the people of the valley, then they will remain behind with you. Abu Jahl kept on urging him to go until he, that is Umayyah, said, As you have forced me to change my mind, by Allah, I will buy the best camel in Mecca. Then Umayyah said to his wife, O Umm Safwan, prepare what I need for the journey. She said to him, O Abu Safwan, have you forgotten what your Yathrabi brother told you? He said, No, but I do not want to go with them but for a short distance. So when Umayyah went out, he used to tie his camel wherever he camped. He kept on doing that till Allah killed him, caused him to be killed at Badr. Footnote Regarding the statement by Allah, I will buy the best camel in Mecca here means so that he might be able to run away if he should find himself in danger. Chapter on the story of Ghazwa of Badr And the statement of Allah And Allah has already made you victorious at Badr when you were a weak little force. So fear Allah much. Abstain from all kinds of sins and evil deeds which he has forbidden and love Allah much. Perform all kinds of good deeds which he has ordained that you may be grateful so that they retire frustrated. Quran chapter 3 verse 123 to 127. Wahsi said, Hamza killed Tu'ima bin Adi bin Khiyar on the day of Badr. And Allah's statement, And remember, when Allah promised you, Muslims, one of the two parties of the enemy, that is, the army or the caravan, that it should be yours. You wished that the one not armed, that is, the caravan, should be yours. Quran, chapter 8, verse 7. Narrated Ka'ab bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, I never fail to join Allah's Messenger peace be upon him in any of his Ghazawat, except in Ghazawa of Tabuk. However, I did not take part in the Ghazawa of Badr, but none who failed to take part in it was blamed, for Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had gone out to meet the caravans of Quraysh, but Allah caused them, that is Muslims, to meet their enemy unexpectedly, with no previous intention. Chapter on the Statement of Allah Remember, when you sought help of your Lord, and He answered you, saying, I will help you with a thousand of the angels, each behind the other, following one another in succession. Allah made it only as glad tidings, and that your hearts be at rest therewith. And there is no victory except from Allah. Verily, Allah is Almighty, All-Wise. Remember, when he covered you with a slumber as a security from him, and he caused water, rain, to descend on you from the sky, to clean you thereby, and to remove from you the rids, whispering, evil suggestions of shaitan, satin, and to strengthen your hearts, and make your feet firm thereby. Remember, when your Lord revealed to the angels, Verily, I am with you, so keep firm those who have believed. I will cast terror into the hearts of those who have disbelieved. So strike them over the necks, and smite over all their fingers and toes. This is because they defied and disobeyed Allah and His Messenger. And whoever defies and disobeys Allah and His Messenger, then verily, Allah is severe in punishment. Quran, chapter 8, verse 9 to 13. Narrated Ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, I witnessed Al-Miqdad bin Al-Aswad in a scene which would have been dearer to me than anything, had I been the hero of that scene. He, 
that is al-miqtad came to the prophet peace be upon him while the prophet peace be upon him was urging the muslims to fight against al-mushrikun polytheists pagans idolaters and disbelievers in the oneness of allah and in his messenger muhammad peace be upon him al-miqtad said we will not say as the people of musa moses said so go you and your lord and fight you too quran chapter 5 verse 24 but we shall fight on your right and on your left and in front of you and behind you i saw the face of the prophet peace be upon him getting bright with happiness for that saying delighted him narrated ibn abbas may allah be pleased with them on the day of the battle of badr the prophet peace be upon him said o allah i appeal to you to fulfill your covenant and your promise o allah If your will is that none should worship you then Abu Bakr took hold of him by the hand and said this is sufficient for you the prophet peace be upon him came out saying their multitude will be put to flight and they will show their backs Quran chapter 54 verse 45 chapter on the believers who failed to join Badr and those who took part in it are not equal in reward narrated Ibn Abbas may Allah be pleased with them The believers who failed to join the Ghazwa of Badr and those who took part in it are not equal in reward. Chapter on the number of warriors of Badr. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, I and Ibn Umar were considered too young to take part in the battle of Badr. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, I and Ibn Umar were considered too young to take part in the battle of Badr and the number of the emigrant warriors were over 60 men. and the ansar were over 249 narrated al-bara may allah be pleased with him the companions of the prophet peace be upon him who took part in the battle of badr told me that their number was that of thaluts that is souls companions who crossed the river of jordan with him and they were over 310 men by allah none crossed the river with him but a believer see the quran chapter 2 verse 249 narrated al-bara may allah be pleased with him we the companions of the prophet muhammad peace be upon him used to say that the number of the warriors of badr was the same as the number of thaluts souls companions who crossed the river of jordan with him and none crossed the river with him but a believer and there were over 310 men narrated al-bara may allah be pleased with him We used to say that the warriors of Badr were over 310 as many as the companions of Thalut Saul who crossed the river of Jordan with him and none crossed the river with him but a believer Chapter on invoking evil of the prophet peace be upon him on the disbelievers of Quraysh Shayba Utba Al-Walid and Abu Jahl etc and the mention of their death Narrated Abdullah bin Mas'ud may Allah be pleased with him The Prophet peace be upon him faced the Kaaba and invoked evil on some people of Quraysh on Shaybah bin Rabi'a Utba bin Rabi'a Al-Walid bin Utba and Abu Jahl bin Hisham I bear witness by Allah that I saw them all dead putrefied by the sun as that day was a very hot day that is the day of the battle of Badr Chapter on the killing of Abu Jahl Narrated Abdullah May Allah be pleased with him that he came across Abu Jahl while he was on the point of death on the day of the battle of Badr. Abu Jahl said, "You should not be proud that you have killed me. 
nor I am ashamed of being killed by my own folk. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Who will go and see what happened to Abu Jahl? Ibn Mas'ud went and found that the two sons of Afra had struck him fatally, and he was in his last breaths. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, Are you Abu Jahl? And took him by the beard. Abu Jahl said, Can there be a man superior to one whom they have killed, or one whom his own folk have killed? Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. On the day of the battle of Badr, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Who will go and see what has happened to Abu Jahl? Ibn Mas'ud went and found that the two sons of Afra had struck him fatally. Abdullah bin Mas'ud got hold of his beard and said, Are you Abu Jahl? He replied, Can there be a man more superior to one whom his own folk have killed, or they have killed? Narrated Abdurrahman bin Arouf, the grandfather of Salih bin Ibrahim, the story of Badr, namely the narration regarding the sons of Afra. Narrated Qais bin Urbad, Ali bin Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I shall be the first man to kneel down before Allah, the gracious, to receive his judgment on the day of resurrection in my favor. Qais bin Urbad also said, The following verse was revealed in their connection. These two opponents, believers and disbelievers, dispute with each other about their Lord. Quran, chapter 22, verse 19. Qais said that they were those who fought on the day of the battle of Badr, namely Hamza, Ali, Ubaidah, or Abu Ubaidah bin al-Harith, and Shayba bin Rabi'ah, Uthbah, and Al-Walid bin Uthbah. Narrated Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with him, the following holy words. Those two opponents, believers and disbelievers, dispute with each other about their Lord. Quran, chapter 22. Verse 19 was revealed concerning six men from Quraysh, namely Ali, Hamza, Ubaidah bin al-Harith, and Shayba bin Rabi'ah, Rutba bin Rabi'ah, and Al-Walid bin Rutba. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, the following holy verse. These two opponents, believers and disbelievers, dispute with each other about their Lord. Quran, chapter 22. Verse 19 was revealed concerning us. Narrated Qais bin Urbad, I heard Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with him, swearing that these holy verses were revealed in connection with those six persons on the day of the battle of Badr. Narrated Qais, I heard Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with him, swearing that the following holy verse, these two opponents, believers and disbelievers, dispute with each other about their Lord. Quran, Chapter 22, verse 19, was revealed concerning those men who fought on the day of the battle of Badr, namely Hamza, Ali, Rubaidah bin al-Harith, and Uthbah, and Shayba, the two sons of Rabiyah and al-Walid bin Uthbah. Narrated Abu Ishaq, a man asked al-Bara, and I was listening, Did Ali take part in the battle of Badr? Al-Bara said, Yes. He even met his enemies in a duel and was clad in two armors, one over the other. Narrated Abdurrahman bin Auf, I had an agreement with Umayyah bin Khalaf that he would look after my relatives and property in Mecca, and I would look after his relatives and property in Al-Madina. Abdurrahman then mentioned the killing of Umayyah and his son on the day of the Battle of Badr. 
and Bilal said, Woe to me if Umayyah remains safe, that is, alive. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him recited Surah Al-Najm and then prostrated himself, and all who were with him prostrated too. But an old man took a handful of dust and touched his forehead with it, saying, This is sufficient for me. Later on, I saw him killed as an infidel. Narrated Urwa, the son of Az-Zubayr. Az-Zubayr had three scars caused by the sword, one of which was over his shoulder, and I used to insert my fingers in it. He received two of those wounds on the day of the Battle of Badr, and one on the day of the Battle of Al-Yarmouk. When Abdullah bin Zubayr was killed, Abdul Malik bin Marwan said to me, O Urwa, do you recognize the sword of Zubayr? I said, Yes. He said, What marks does it have? I replied, It has a dent in its sharp edge, which was caused in it on the day of the Battle of Badr. Abdul Malik said, You are right, that is, their swords have dents because of clashing with the regiments of the enemies. Then Abdul Malik returned that sword to me, that is, Urwa. Hisham, Urwa's son said, We estimated the price of the sword as 3,000 dinar, and after that it was taken by one of us, that is, the inheritors, and I wish I could have it. Footnote Regarding statement, Az-Zubayr had three scars caused by the sword, one of which was over his shoulder, and I used to insert my fingers in it. Here, Urwa used to do so when he was a child. Narrated Hisham, that his father said, The sword of Az-Zubayr was decorated with silver. Hisham added, The sword of Urwa was also decorated with silver. Narrated Urwa, On the day of the battle of Al-Yarmouk, the companions of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to Az-Zubayr, Will you attack the enemy so that we shall attack them with you? Az-Zubayr replied, If I attack them, you people would not support me. They said, No, we will support you. So Az-Zubayr attacked them, that is, Byzantines, and pierced through their lines, and went beyond them, and none of his companions was with him. Then he returned, and the enemy got hold of the bridle of his horse, and struck him two blows, with the sword on his shoulder. Between these two wounds, there was a scar caused by a blow he had received on the day of the Battle of Badr. When I was a child, I used to play with those scars by putting my fingers in them. On that day, my brother, Abdullah bin Az-Zubayr, was also with him, and he was ten years old. Az-Zubayr had carried him on a horse and led him to the care of some men. Narrated Abu Talha, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the Battle of Badr, the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered the corpse of twenty-four liters of Quraysh should be thrown into one of the dirty dry well from the wells of Badr. It was a habit of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that whenever he conquered some people, he used to stay at the battlefield for three nights. So on the third day of the Battle of Badr, he ordered that his she-camel be settled. Then he sat out, and his companions followed him, saying among themselves, Definitely, he, that is the Prophet peace be upon him, is proceeding for some great purpose. When he, peace be upon him, halted at the edge of the well, he addressed the corpses of the Quraysh infidels by their names and their father's names. Oh so and so! son of so-and-so, and and oh-so-and-so, son of so-and-so. Would it have pleased you if you had obeyed Allah and His Messenger? We have found true what our Lord promised us. Have you too found true what your Lord promised you?
Ramar said, O Allah's Messenger, you are speaking to bodies that have no souls. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, By him, in whose hand Muhammad's soul is, you do not hear what I say better than they do. Qafada said, Allah brought them to life again to let them hear him, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, to reprimand them and slight them and take revenge over them and cause them to feel remorseful and regretful. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, regarding the statement of Allah, those who have changed the blessings of Allah into disbelief by denying Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and his message of Islam. Quran, chapter 14, verse 28. The people meant here by Allah are the infidels of Quraysh. Amr, a sub-narrator said, those are the infidels of Quraysh, and Muhammad peace be upon him is Allah's blessing. Regarding Allah's statement, and caused their people to dwell in the house of destruction. Quran, chapter 14, verse 28. Ibn Abbas said, It means the fire they will suffer from after their death on the day of the battle of Badr. Narrated Hisham's father. It was mentioned before Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that Ibn Umar attributed the following statement to the Prophet peace be upon him. The dead person is punished in the grave because of the crying and lamentation of his family. On that, Aisha said, But Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, The dead person is punished for his crimes and sins, while his family cry over him then. Aisha added, And this is similar to the statement of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, when he stood by the edge of the well, which contained the corpses of Al-Mushrikun, killed at Badr, and said, They hear what I say. She added, but he said, Now they know very well what I used to tell them was the truth. Raisha then recited, So verily, you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, cannot make the dead to hear. Quran, chapter 30, verse 52. But you cannot make hear those who are in graves. Quran, chapter 35, verse 22. That is, when they had taken their places in the hell fire. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him stood at the well of Badr, which contained the corpses of Al-Mushrakun, and said, Have you found true what your Lord promised you? Then he further said, They now hear what I say. This was mentioned before Aisha, and she said, But the Prophet peace be upon him said, Now they know very well that what I used to tell them was the truth. Then she recited the holy verse, So verily, you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, cannot make the dead to hear, till the end of verse. Quran, chapter 30, verse 52. Chapter on the Superiority of Those Who Fought the Battle of Badr Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, Haditha was martyred on the day of the Battle of Badr, and he was a young boy then. His mother came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Allah's Messenger, you know how dear Haditha is to me. If he is in paradise, I shall remain patient and hope for reward from Allah. But if it is not so, then you shall see what I do. He said, May Allah be merciful to you. Have you lost your senses? Do you think there is only one paradise? There are many paradises, and your son is in the most superior paradise of Al-Firdaus. Narrated Ali May Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent me Abu Marthad, 
and of the Baal. And all of us were horsemen, and said, Go, till you reach Rodat al-Khakh, where there is a woman from al-Mushrikun carrying a letter from Hathib bin Abi Baltar to Mushrikun of Mecca. So we found her riding her camel at the place which Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had mentioned. We said to her, Give us the letter. She said, I have no letter. Then we made her camel kneel down and we searched her, but we did not found any letter. Then we said, Certainly, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had not told us a lie. Take out the letter, otherwise we will strip you naked to search for the letter. When she saw that we were determined, she put her hand below her waist belt, for she had tied her cloak round her waist, and she took out the letter, and we brought it to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Then Umar said, O Allah's Messenger, this Hathlib has betrayed Allah, his Messenger, peace be upon him, and the believers. Let me cut off his neck. The Prophet, peace be upon him, asked Hathlib, What made you do this? Hathlib said, By Allah, I did not intend to give up my belief in Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him, but I wanted to have some influence among the Meccan people, so that through it Allah might protect my family and property. There is none of your companions, but has some of his relatives there through whom Allah protects his family and property. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, He has spoken the truth. Do not say to him, but good. Umar said, He has betrayed Allah, his messenger, peace be upon him, and the faithful believers. Let me cut off his neck. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Is he not one of the Badr warriors? Maybe Allah looked at the Badr warriors and said, do whatever you like, as I have granted paradise to you, or said, I have forgiven you. On hearing this, tears came out of Umar's eyes, and he said, Allah and his messenger peace be upon him know better. Chapter on some strategies of the Battle of Badr and Uhud Narrated Abu Usaid, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the Battle of Badr, Allah's messenger peace be upon him said to us, when the enemy comes near to you, shoot at them, but use your arrows sparingly, so that your arrows should not be wasted. Narrated Abu Usaid, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Badr, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to us, When your enemy comes near to you, shoot at them, but use your arrows sparingly. Narrated Al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Uhud, the Prophet peace be upon him appointed Abdullah bin Jubair as chief of the archers, and seventy among us were martyred. On the day of the battle of Badr, the Prophet peace be upon him and his companions had inflicted 140 casualties on the Mushrikun. Seventy were taken prisoners, and seventy were killed. Abu Sufyan said, This is a day of revenge for the day of the battle of Badr, and the issue of war is undecided with alternate success. Narrated Abu Musa that the Prophet peace be upon him said, The good is what Allah gave us later on, after the day of the battle of Uhud, and the reward of truthfulness is what Allah gave us after the day of the battle of Badr. Footnote This is a part of a longer hadith in which a dream of the Prophet peace be upon him is mentioned. And this part is a part of its interpretation. See Hadith number 4081 and also see Volume 9, Hadith 
number 7035. Narrated Abdul Rahman bin Auf. While I was fighting in the front file on the day of the Battle of Badr, suddenly I looked behind and saw on my right and left two young boys and did not feel safe by standing between them. Then one of them asked me secretly, so that his companion may not hear, O uncle, show me Abu Jahl. I asked, O nephew, what will you do to him? He said, I have promised Allah that if I see him, that is Abu Jahl, I will either kill him or be killed before I kill him. Then the other boy said the same to me secretly, so that his companion should not hear. I would not have been pleased to be in between two other men instead of them. Then I pointed him, that is, Abu Jahl, out to them. Both of them attacked him like two hawks till they knocked him down. Those two boys were the sons of Afra, that is, an Ansari woman. Narrated Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent out ten spies under the command of Aslim bin Thabit al-Ansari the grandfather of Aslim bin Umar ibn al-Khattab. When they reached a place called Al-Hada between Usfan and Mecca, their presence was made known to a sub-tribe of Hudayl called Banu Lihan. So they sent about 100 archers after them. The archers traced the footsteps of the Muslims till they found the traces of dates which they had eaten at one of their camping places. The archers said, These dates are of Yathrab, that is, Al-Madina, and went on to tracing the Muslims' footsteps. When Aslim and his companions became aware of them, they took refuge in a high place. But the enemy encircled them and said, Come down and surrender. We give you a solemn promise and covenant that we will not kill any one of you. Aslim bin Thabit said, O people, as for myself, I will never get down to be under the protection of an infidel. O Allah, Inform your Prophet, peace be upon him, about us. So the archers threw their arrows at them and martyred Aslim. Three of them came down and surrendered to them, accepting their promise and covenant. And they were Khubayb, Zayd bin al-Bathina, and another man. When the archers got hold of them, they united the strings of the arrow bows and tied their captives with them. The third man said, This is the first proof of treachery. By Allah, I will not go with you, for I follow the example of these. He meant the martyred companions. The archers dragged him and struggled with him till they martyred him. Then Khubayb and Zayd bin al-Duthina were taken away by them and later on they sold them as slaves in Mecca after the event of the Battle of Badr. The sons of Al-Hadith bin Amr bin Nawfil bought Khubayb, for he was a person who had killed their father. Al-Hadith bin Amr on the day of the Battle of Badr. Khubayb remained imprisoned by them till they decided unanimously to kill him. One day, Khubayb borrowed from a daughter of Al-Hadith a razor for shaving his pubic hair, and she lent it to him. By chance, while she was inattentive, a little son of hers went to him, Khubayb, and she saw that Khubayb had seated him on his thigh while the razor was in his hand. She was so much terrified that Khubayb noticed her fear and said, Are you afraid that I will kill him? Never would I do such a thing. Later on, while narrating the story, she said, By Allah, I had never seen a better captive than Khubayb. By Allah, 
One day, I saw him eating from a bunch of grapes in his hand while he was fettered with iron chains. And at that time, there was no fruit in Mecca. She used to say, It was food Allah had provided Khubayb with. When they took him to Al-Hil out of Mecca sanctuary to martyr him, Khubayb requested them, Allow me to offer a two-rakar prayer. They allowed him, and he offered two-rakar prayer, and then said, By Allah, had I not been afraid that you would think I was worried, I would have offered more. Then he invoked evil upon them, saying, O Allah, count them, and kill them one by one, and do not leave any one of them. Then he recited, As I am martyred as a Muslim, I do not care in what way I receive my death for Allah's sake, for this is for the cause of Allah. If he wishes, he will bless the cut limbs of my body. Then Abu Sarwar, Uqba bin al-Harith, went up to him and killed him. It was Khubayb who set the tradition of offering salah, prayer, for any Muslim to be martyred in captivity before he is executed. The Prophet peace be upon him told his companions of what had happened to those ten spies. On the same day, they were martyred. Some Quraysh people, being informed by Asim bin Thabit's death, sent some messengers to bring a part of his body so that his death might be known for certain, for he had previously killed one of their leaders in the Battle of Badr. But Allah sent a swarm of wasps to protect the dead body of Aslim, and they shielded him from the messengers who could not cut anything from his body. Narrated Nafir, Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, was once told that Sayyid bin Zayd bin Amr bin Nawfil, one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr, had fallen ill on a Friday. Ibn Umar wrote to him late in the forenoon. The time of the Friday Salah, prayer, approached, and Ibn Umar did not take part in the Friday Salah. Narrated Subayya bin Tilharif that she was married to Sayyid bin Khawla, who was from the tribe of Bani Amr bin Lu'ay, and was one of those who fought in the Battle of Badr. He died while she was pregnant during Hajjatul Wada. Soon after his death, she gave birth to a child. When she completed the term of delivery, that is, became clean, she prepared herself for suitors. Abu Sanabil bin Barkak, a man from the tribe of Bani Abdiddar, called on her and said to her, What? I see you dressed up for the people to ask you in marriage. Do you want to marry? By Allah, you are not allowed to marry unless four months and ten days have elapsed after your husband's death. Subayra in her narration said, When he, that is, Abu Sanabi, said this to me, I put on my dress in the evening and went to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and asked him about this problem. He gave the verdict that I was free to marry as I had already given birth to my child and ordered me to marry if I wished. Chapter on the Participation of Angels in the Battle of Badr Narrated Rifar, who was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr. Jibril, Gabriel, came to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, How do you look upon the warriors of the Battle of Badr among yourselves? The Prophet peace be upon him said, As the best of the Muslims, or said a similar statement. On that, Jibril said, And so are the angels who participated in the Battle of Badr. Narrated Mu'adh bin Rifar bin Rafir Rafar was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr. 
while his father, Rafir, was one of the people of Al-Aqaba, that is, those who gave the Al-Aqaba pledge. Rafir used to say to his son, I would not have been happier if I had taken part in the Battle of Badr instead of taking part in the Aqaba pledge. Murath added, Jibril, Gabriel asked the Prophet peace be upon him about that. That is, the question referred to in Hadith number 3992. Footnote Regarding statement, I would not have been happier if I had taken part in the Battle of Badr instead of taking part in the Aqaba pledge. Rafir regarded the event of Al-Aqaba pledge as superior to the Battle of Badr. Narrated Murad, the one who asked the Prophet peace be upon him was Jibril, Gabriel, peace be upon him. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him said on the day of the Battle of Badr, This is Jibril, Gabriel, holding the head of his horse and equipped with arms for the battle. Chapter on mention of the Battle of Badr Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, Abu Zayd died and did not leave any offspring, and he was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr. Narrated Ibn Khubab, Abu Sa'id bin Malik al-Khudri, may Allah be pleased with him, returned from the journey, and his family offered him some meat of sacrifices offered at Eid al-Adha. On that he said, I will not eat it before asking whether it is allowed. He went to his maternal brother, Qafadha bin al-Nurman, who was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr, and asked him about it. Qafadha said, After your departure, an order was issued by the Prophet peace be upon him, cancelling the prohibition of eating the meat of sacrifices after three days. Narrated Urwa, as Zubayr said, I met Ubaidah bin Sa'id bin al-As on the day of the Battle of Badr, and he was covered with armor so much that only his eyes were visible. He was surnamed Abu Dhat al-Karish. He said proudly, I am Abu Dhat al-Karish. I attacked him with the spear and pierced his eyes, and he died. I put my foot over his body to pull that spear out. But even then, I had to use great force to take it out, as its both ends were bent. Urwa said, Later on, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, asked Az-Zubayr for that spear, and he gave it to him. When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, died, Az-Zubayr took it back. After that, Abu Bakr demanded it, and he gave it to him. And when Abu Bakr died, Az-Zubayr took it back. Umar then demanded it from him, and he gave it to him. When Umar died, Az-Zubayr took it back. And then Uthman demanded it from him, and he gave it to him. When Uthman was martyred, that spear remained with Ali's offspring. Then Abdullah bin Az-Zubayr demanded it back, and it remained with him till he was martyred. Narrated Ubadah bin As-Samith, who was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, Give me the bay'ah, pledge. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Abu Hudayfa, one of those who fought the Battle of Badr with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, adopted Salim as his son and married his niece, Hind bint al-Walid bin Utbah, to him. Salim was a freed slave of an Ansari woman. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, also adopted Zayd as his son. In the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, the custom was that, if one adopted a son, the people would call him by the name of the adopted father, 
whom he would inherit as well, till Allah revealed, Call them, adopted sons by the names of their fathers. Quran, chapter 33, verse 5. Narrated Ar-Rubayy bin Timarud. The Prophet peace be upon him came to me after on the morning of consummating my marriage and sat down on my bed. As you, the sub-narrator, are sitting now, and small girls were beating the tambourine and singing in lamentation of my fathers who had been killed on the day of the battle of Badr. Then one of the girls said, There is a prophet amongst us who knows what will happen tomorrow. The Prophet peace be upon him said to her, Do not say this, but go on saying what you have spoken before. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Abu Talha, a companions of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, and one of those who fought at the Battle of Badr, together with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, told me that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Angels do not enter a house in which there is a dog or a picture. He meant the images of creatures that have souls. See Volume 7, Hadith Numbers 5949 5950 5951 Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, I had a she-camel which I got in my share from the booty of the battle of Badr, and the Prophet peace be upon him had given me another she-camel from the Khumus, which Allah had bestowed on him that day. And when I intended to marry Fatima, peace be upon her, the daughter of the Prophet peace be upon him, I made an arrangement with a goldsmith from Bani Qaynuqa that he should go with me to bring idkhir, that is, a kind of grass used by goldsmiths, which I intended to sell to goldsmiths in order to spend its price on the marriage banquet. While I was collecting ropes and sacks of back saddles for my two she-camels, which were kneeling down beside in Ansari's dwelling, and after collecting what I needed, I suddenly found that the humps of the two she-camels had been cut off and their flanks had been cut open, and portion of their livers had been taken out. On seeing that, I could not help weeping. I asked, Who has done that? They, that is, the people said, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib has done it. He is present in this house with some Ansari drinkers, a girl singer, and his friends. The singer said in her song, O oh Hamza, get at the fat she-camels. On hearing this, Hamza rushed to his sword and cut off the she-camel's humps and cut their flanks open and took out portions from their livers. Then I came to the Prophet peace be upon him while Zayd bin Haritha was with him. The Prophet peace be upon him noticed my state and asked, What is the matter? I said, O Allah's Messenger, I have never experienced such a day as today. Hamza attacked my two she-camels, cut off their humps and cut their flanks open and he is still present in a house along with some drinkers. The Prophet, peace be upon him, asked for his cloak, put it on, and proceeded, followed by Zayd bin Haritha and myself, till he reached the house where Hamza was present. He asked a permission to enter, and he was permitted. The Prophet, peace be upon him, started blaming Hamza for what he had done. Hamza was drunk, and his eyes were red. He looked at the Prophet, peace be upon him, then raised his eyes to look at his knees and raised his eyes more, to look at his face, and then said, You are not but my father's slaves. When the Prophet peace be upon him understood that Hamza was drunk, he retreated, walking backwards, went out, and we left with him. Narrated Ibn Marqil Ali, 
may Allah be pleased with him, led the funeral prayer of Sahal bin Hanayf and said he was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Umar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, said, When my daughter Hafsa bin Umar lost her husband Khunais bin Hudayfa al-Sahmi, who was one of the companions of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, and had fought in the Battle of Badr, and had died in Al-Madinah, I met Uthman bin Affan and suggested that he should marry Hafsa, saying, If you wish, I will marry Hafsa bin Umar to you. On that, he said, I will think it over. I waited for a few days, and then he said to me, I am of the opinion that I shall not marry at present. Then I met Abu Bakr and said, If you wish, I will marry you Hafsa bint Umar. He kept quiet and did not give me any reply, and I became more angry with him than I was with Uthman. Some days later, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, demanded her hand in marriage, and I married her to him. Later on, Abu Bakr met me and said, Perhaps you were angry with me when you offered me Hafsa for marriage, and I gave no reply to you. I said, Yes. Abu Bakr said, Nothing prevented me from accepting your offer, except I learned that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had referred to the issue of Hafsa. I did not want to disclose the secret of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. But had he, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, given her up, I would surely have accepted her. Narrated Abu Mas'ud al-Badri, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, A man spending on his family is a deed of charity. Narrated al-Zuhri, I heard Urwa bin al-Zubayr, Umar bin Abdul-Aziz, during the latter's governorship at al-Madina. He said, Al-Mughira bin Shurba delayed the Asr prayer when he was the ruler of al-Kufa. On that, Abu Mas'ud, Uqba bin Amr al-Ansari, the grandfather of Zayd bin Hassan, who was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr, came in and said to Al-Mughira, You know that Jibril, Gabriel, came down and offered the Salah, prayer, and Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, offered five prescribed Salah, prayers. And Jibril said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, I have been ordered to do so. That is, offer these five Salah, prayers, at these fixed stated times of the day. Narrated Abu Mas'ud al-Badri, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Whoever recited the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah at night, that will be sufficient for him. Narrated Mahmud bin al-Rabir, that Iqban bin Malik, who was one of the companions of the Prophet peace be upon him, and one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr, came to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. Narrated Ibn Shihab, I asked Al-Husayn bin Muhammad, who was one of the sons of Salim, and one of the nobles amongst them, about the narration of Mahmud bin al-Rabir, from Itban bin Malik, and he confirmed it. Narrated Abdullah bin Amir bin al-Rabi'ah, who was one of the leaders of Bani Adi, and his father participated in the Battle of Badr in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him. Umar appointed Qudama bin Maz'un as a ruler of Bahrain. Qudama was one of the warriors of the Battle of Badr and was the maternal uncle of Abdullah bin Umar and Hafsa. May Allah be pleased with them. Narrated Az-Zuhri, Salim bin Abdullah told me that Rafir bin Khadij told Abdullah bin Umar that his two paternal uncles who had fought in the Battle of Badr informed him that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the renting of fields for their yields but allowed for money. I said to Salim, Do you rent your land? 
He said, yes, for Rafir is mistaken. Narrated Abdullah bin Shaddad bin al-Had al-Layfi. I saw Rifa'a bin Rafir al-Ansari, who was a warrior of the Battle of Badr. Narrated al-Miswar bin Makhrama, that Amr bin Auf, who was an ally of Bani Amr bin Lu'ay, and one of those who fought at the Battle of Badr in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah to Bahrain to bring the jizya taxation from its people. For Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had made a peace treaty with the people of Bahrain and appointed Al-Ala bin al-Hadrami as their ruler. So Abu Ubaidah arrived with the money from Bahrain. When the Ansar heard of the arrival of Abu Ubaidah, on the next day they offered the morning salah prayer with the Prophet peace be upon him. And when the morning salah prayer had finished, they presented themselves before him. On seeing the Ansar, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him smiled and said, I think you have heard that Abu Ubaidah has brought something. They replied, Indeed it is so, O Allah's Messenger. He said, Be happy, and hope for what will please you. By Allah, I am not afraid that you will be poor, but I fear that worldly wealth will be bestowed upon you as it was bestowed upon those who lived before you. So, you will compete amongst yourselves for it, as they competed for it, and it will destroy you, as it destroyed them. Narrated Nafir, Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to kill all kinds of snakes, until Abu Lubaba al-Badri told him, that the Prophet peace be upon him had forbidden the killing of harmless snakes living in houses called Jinnan. So Ibn Umar gave up killing them. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, some men of the Ansar requested Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to allow them to see him. They said, Allow us to forgive the ransom of our sister's son, Abbas. The Prophet peace be upon him said, By Allah, you will not leave a single dirham of it from him. Narrated Ubaidullah bin Abi bin al-Khiyar that al-Miqdad bin Amr al-Kindi, who was an ally of Bani Zuhra and one of those who fought the battle of Badr together with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, told him that he said to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, Suppose I met one of the infidels and we fought and he struck one of my hands with his sword and cut it off and then took refuge in a tree and said, I surrender to Allah, that is, I have become a Muslim. Could I kill him, O Allah's Messenger? After he had said that, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, You should not kill him. Al-Miqdad said, O Allah's Messenger, but he had cut off one of my two hands, and then he had uttered those words. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him replied, You should not kill him, for if you kill him, he would be in your position where you had been before killing him and you would be in his position, where he had been before uttering those words. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said on the day of the Battle of Badr, Who will go and see what has happened to Abu Jahl? Ibn Mas'ud went and saw him struck by the two sons of Afra, and was on the point of death. Ibn Mas'ud said, Are you Abu Jahl? Abu Jahl replied, can there be a man more superior to the one whom they have killed, or, as Suleiman said, or is killed by his own folk? Abu Jahl added, Would that I had been killed by other than a mere farmer. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, said, When the Prophet peace be upon him died, 
I said to Abu Bakr, Let us go to our Ansari brethren. We met two pious men from them who had fought in the battle of Badr. When I mentioned this is Urwa bin Azubayr, he said, Those two pious men were Uwain bin Sa'ida and Ma'an bin Adi. Narrating Qais, the warriors of the battle of Badr were given 5,000 dirham each yearly. Umar said, I will surely give them more than what I will give to others. Narrated Jubayr bin Mutarim, may Allah be pleased with him, I heard the Prophet peace be upon him reciting Surah Al-Tur in the Maghrib prayer, and that was at a time when belief was first planted in my heart. Jubayr added, the Prophet peace be upon him, while speaking about the prisoners of war of Badr, said, Were Al-Mutrim bin Adi alive and interceded with me for their filthy people, I would have definitely forgiven them for his sake. Narrated Sa'id bin Al-Musayyib, when the first civil strife in Islam took place because of the murder of Uthman, it left none of the Badr warriors alive. When the second civil strife, that is, the Battle of Al-Harra, took place, it left none of the Hudaybiyah treaty companions alive. Then the third civil strife took place and it did not subside till it had exhausted all the strength of the people. Footnote When the second civil strife, that is, the Battle of Al-Harra, took place, means when the people of Al-Madina were massacred by Yazid's army. Narrated Yunus bin Yazid, I heard Az-Zuhri saying, I heard Urwa bin Az-Zubayr, Sa'id bin Al-Musayyib, Al-Qama bin Waqas, and Ubaidullah bin Abdullah, each narrating part of the narrative concerning Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him. Aisha said, When I and Ummi Mistah were returning, Ummi Mistah stumbled by treading on the end of her robe, and on that she said, May Mistah be ruined. I said, You have said a bad thing. You curse a man who took part in the Battle of Badr. Az-Zuhri then narrated the narration of the Al-Ifq, slander, forged false statement against Aisha. See Hadith number 2661. Narrated Ibn Shihab. These were the battles of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, which he fought. And while mentioning the Battle of Badr, he said, While the corpses of Al-Mushrikun were being thrown into the well, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to them, Have you found what your Lord promised true? Abdullah said. Some of the Prophet's companions said, O Allah's Messenger, you are addressing dead people. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, replied, You do not hear what I am saying better than they. The total number of Muslim fighters from Quraysh who fought in the Battle of Badr and were given their share of the booty were 81 men. Az-Zubayr said, When their shares were distributed, their number was 100 men. Allah knows it better. Narrated Az-Zubayr, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the Battle of Badr, emigrants received 100 shares of the war booty. Chapter on a list of the names of those who took part in the Battle of Badr. Compiled by Abu Abdullah al-Bukhari Prophet Muhammad bin Abdullah al-Hashimi, peace be upon him Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Umar, Uthman, Ali ibn Abi Talib Ilyas bin al-Bukayr Bilal bin Rabah, Mawla That is, freed slave of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi Habib bin Abi Baltah, ally of Quraysh Abu Hudayfa bin Uthba bin Rabi'ah, Qurayshi, Haritha bin Rabi'ah, Al-Ansari, 
that is, Haritha bin Suraqo, who was martyred on the day of the Battle of Babur, and was one of the scouts, observers, Khubay bin Adi al-Ansari, Khunais bin Hudayfa al-Shami, Rifa'a bin Rafi' al-Ansari, Rifa'a bin Abdul Munzir, Abu Lubaba al-Ansari, Az-Zubayr bin Al-Awam al-Qurayshi, Zayd bin Sahl al-Ansari, Sa'ad bin Malik al-Zuhri, Sa'ad bin Khawla al-Qurayshi, Sa'ad bin Zayd bin Amr bin Nawfil al-Qurayshi, Sahal bin Hunayf al-Ansari, Zuhair bin Rafi' al-Ansari, and his brother, Muzhir, Abdullah bin Mas'ud al-Huzali, Uthba bin Mas'ud al-Huzali, Abdurrahman bin Awf al-Zuhri, Ubaidah bin al-Harith al-Qurayshi, Ubaidah bin al-Samid al-Ansari, Amr bin Awf, an ally of Bani Amr bin Lawi, Uqba bin Amr al-Ansari, Amr bin Rabi'ah al-Ansari, Asim bin Thabit al-Ansari, Uwain bin Sayda al-Ansari, Iqban bin Malik al-Ansari, Qudama bin Mazun, Qafadha bin al-Nu'man al-Anthari, Mu'adh bin Amr bin al-Jamur, Ma'udh bin Afra and his brother, Malik bin Rabi' Abu Ubaid al-Ansari, Murara bin al-Rabi' al-Ansari, Ma'an bin Adi' al-Ansari, Mistah bin Uthatha bin Abad bin al-Muttalib bin Abd Munaf, Al-Miqdad bin Amr al-Kindi, an ally of Bani Zuhra, and Hilal bin Umayyah al-Ansari. May Allah be pleased with them. Chapter on the story of Bani al-Nadhir and the going of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to them, asking their help in collecting the blood money of the two men, and how Bani al-Nadhir betrayed Allah's Messenger peace be upon him by breaking the covenant with him. Footnote One of the Muslims killed two infidels who had had covenant with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, for he was not aware of such a covenant. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, decided to pay their blood money and asked Bani al-Nadir to help him in this matter as they had a covenant with him. Urwa bin al-Zubayr said, This incident, that is, the Ghazwa of Bani al-Nadir, took place six months after the Battle of Badr and before the Battle of Uhud. And the statement of Allah, He, it is who, drove out the disbelievers among the people of the scripture, that is, the Jews of the tribe of Bani al-Nadir, from their homes at the first gathering. Qur'an, chapter 59, verse 2. Ibn Ishaq thinks that it, that is, that Ghazwa took place after the event of Bi'ri Ma'una and the Ghazwa of Uhud. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Bani al-Nadir and Bani Quraiza fought against the Prophet, peace be upon him, violating their peace treaty. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, exiled Bani al-Nadir and allowed Bani Quraiza to remain at their places in Al-Madina, taking nothing from them till they fought against the Prophet, peace be upon him, again. He then killed their men and distributed their women, children, and property among the Muslims. But some of them came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he granted them safety, and they embraced Islam. He exiled all the Jews from Al-Madina. They were the Jews of Bani Qaynuqa, the tribe of Abdullah bin Salam, and Jews of Bani Haritha, and all the other Jews of Al-Madina. Narrated Sa'id bin Jubayr, I mentioned to Ibn Abbas, Suratul Hashr. He said, call it Suratul Nadir. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, some people used to allot some date palm trees to the Prophet, peace be upon him, as a gift, till he conquered Bani Quraiza 
and Baniyanadil, whereupon he started returning their date palms to them. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, burned and cut down the date palm trees of Baniyanadil at a place called Al-Buwayra. Allah then revealed, What you, O Muslims, cut down of the date palm trees of the enemy, or you left them standing on their stems. It was by the leave of Allah. Quran, chapter 59, verse 5. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet, peace be upon him, burnt the date palm trees of Bani Nadil. Hassan bin Thabit said the following poetic verses about the event. The terrible burning of Al-Buwayra has been received indifferently by the nobles of Bani Lawi, the masters and nobles of Quraysh. Abu Sufyan bin Al-Harith, that is the Prophet's cousin, who was still a disbeliever then, replied to Hassan, saying in poetic verses, May Allah bless that burning, and set all its, that is Al-Madinah's parts on burning fire. You will see who is far from it, that is Al-Buwayra, and which of our lands will be harmed by it, that is, the burning of Al-Buwayra. Footnote the masters and nobles of Quraysh here means Hassan is abusing Quraysh, who had tempted Bani al-Nadir to break the covenant with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and promised to help them in case he attacked them. But they did not keep their promise when the Prophet, peace be upon him, attacked and overcame them. Narrated Malik bin Aus al-Hadathan al-Nasri that once Umr ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, called him, and while he was sitting with him, his gatekeeper, Yarfa, came and said, Will you admit Uthman, Abdurrahman bin Auf, Azubair, and Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas, who are waiting for your permission? Umar said, Yes, let them come in. After a while, Yarfa came again and said, Will you admit Ali and Abbas, who are asking your permission? Umar said, Yes. So when the two entered, Abbas said, O chief of the believers, judge between me and this that is, Ali. Both of them had a dispute regarding the property of Bani al-Nadir, which Allah had given to his messenger peace be upon him as fa, that is, booty gained without fighting. Ali and Abbas started reproaching each other. The people, that is, Uthman and his companion said, O chief of the believers, give your verdict in their case and relieve each from the other. Umar said, Wait, I beseech you, by Allah, by whose permission both the heaven and the earth exist. Do you know that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, We, prophets, our properties are not to be inherited, and whatever we leave is to be spent in charity. And he said it about himself? They, that is, Uthman and his companions said, No doubt he said so. Umar then turned towards Ali and Abbas and said, I beseech you both, by Allah, do you know that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said so? They replied in the affirmative. He said, Now I am talking to you about this matter. Allah, the Glorified, favored his Messenger, peace be upon him, with something of this fa, which he did not give to anybody else. Allah said, And what Allah gave as booty, fa, to his Messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him, from them, for which you made no expedition with either cavalry or camelry, up to, able to do all things. Quran, chapter 59, 
verse 6. So this property was especially granted to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. But by Allah, the Prophet peace be upon him neither took it all for himself only, nor deprived you of it, but he gave it to all of you and distributed it amongst you, till only this remained out of it. And from this, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him used to spend the yearly maintenance for his family, and whatever used to remain, he used to spend it where Allah's property is spent, that is, in charity. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him kept on acting like that during all his life. Then he died, and Abu Bakr said, I am the successor of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. So he, Abu Bakr, took charge of this property and disposed it in the same manner as Allah's Messenger peace be upon him used to do. And all of you at that time knew all about it. Then Umar turned towards Ali and Abbas and said, You both remember that Abu Bakr disposed it in the way you, Ali and Abbas have both seen. And Allah knows that, in that matter, he was sincere, pious, rightly guided, and the follower of the right. Then Allah caused Abu Bakr to die. And I said, I am the successor of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and Abu Bakr. So I kept this property in my possession for the first two years of my rule, that is, caliphate. And I used to dispose it in the same way as Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and Abu Bakr used to do. And Allah knows that I have been sincere, pious, rightly guided, and the follower of the right in this manner. Later on, both of you, that is, Ali and Abbas came to me, and the claim of you both was one and the same. Or Abbas, you also came to me. So I told you both that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Our property is not inherited, but whatever we leave is to be spent in charity. Then when I thought that I should better hand over the property to you both, I said to you, If you wish, I will hand over this property to you both on the condition that you will promise and pledge before Allah that you will dispose it in the same way as Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and Abu Bakr did, and as I have done since the beginning of my caliphate, or else you should not speak to me about it. So both of you said to me, Hand it over to us on this condition. And on this condition, I handed it over to you. Do you want me now to give a decision other than that decision? By Allah, with whose permission both the heaven and the earth exist, I will never give any decision other than that decision till the hour is established. But if you are unable to manage it, that is, that property, then return it to me, and I will manage on your behalf. The sub-narrator said, I told Urwa bin Az-Zubayr of this hadith, and he said, Malik bin Aus has told the truth. I heard Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, saying, The wives of the Prophet peace be upon him sent Uthman to Abu Bakr demanding from him their one-eighth of the fa, which Allah had granted to his messenger peace be upon him. But I used to oppose them and say to them, Will you not fear Allah? Don't you know that Prophet peace be upon him used to say, Our property is not inherited, but whatever we leave is to be given in charity? The Prophet peace be upon him mentioned that regarding himself. He, peace be upon him, added, The family of Muhammad, peace be upon him, can take their sustenance from this property. So the wives of the Prophet peace be upon him stopped demanding it when I told them of that. So this property of Sadaqah 
was in the hands of Ali, who withheld it from Abbas and overpowered him. Then it came in the hands of Hassan bin Ali, then in the hands of Hussein bin Ali, and then in the hands of Ali bin Hussein and Hassan bin Hassan, and each of the last two used to manage it in turn. Then it came in the hands of Zayd bin Hassan, and it was truly Salaga of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Fatima, peace be upon her, and Al-Abbas came to Abu Bakr, claiming their inheritance of the Prophet's land of Fadak and his share from Khaybal. Abu Bakr said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, Our property is not inherited, and whatever we leave is to be given a sadaqa in charity. But the family of Muhammad, peace be upon him, can take their sustenance from this property. By Allah, I would love to do good to the kif and kin of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, rather than to my own kif and kin. Chapter on the Killing of Ka'ab bin Al-Ashraf Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, Who will kill Ka'ab bin Al-Ashraf, who has hurt Allah and his Messenger? Thereupon, Muhammad bin Maslama got up, saying, O Allah's Messenger, would you like that I kill him? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Yes. Muhammad bin Muslama said, Then allow me to say a thing, that is, to deceive Garab. The Prophet said, You may say it. Then Muhammad bin Muslama went to Garab and said, That man, that is Muhammad, peace be upon him, demands sadaqah from us, and he has troubled us, and I have come to borrow something from you. On that, Garab said, By Allah, you will get tired of him. Muhammad bin Maslama said, Now as we have followed him, we do not want to leave him unless and until we see how his end is going to be. Now, we want you to lend us a camel load or two of food. Some difference between narrators about a camel load or two. Garb said, Yes, I will lend you, but you should mortgage something to me. Muhammad bin Maslama and his companion said, What do you want? Garb replied, Mortgage your women to me. They said, how can we mortgage our women to you, and you are the most handsome of the Arabs? Garb said, Then mortgage your sons to me. They said, How can we mortgage our sons to you? Later, they would be abused by the people saying that so-and-so has been mortgaged for a camel load of food. That would cause us great disgrace, but we will mortgage our arms to you. Muhammad bin Maslama and his companion promised Garb that they, or he, Muhammad bin Maslama, would return to him. He came to Garb at night along with Garb's foster brother, milk-suckling brother, Abu Naila. Garb invited them to come into his fort, and then he went down to them. His wife asked him, Where are you going at this time? Garb replied, None but Muhammad bin Maslama and my foster milk-suckling brother, Abu Naila, have come. His wife said, I hear a voice as if blood is dropping from him. Garb said, there are none but my brother Muhammad bin Maslama and my foster milk-suckling brother Abu Naila. A generous man should respond to a call at night, even if invited to be killed. Muhammad bin Maslama went with two men. Some narrators mention the men as Abu Abs bin Jabr, Al-Harith bin Aus, and Abad bin Bishr. So Muhammad bin Maslama went in together with two men and said to them, When Garb comes, I will touch his hair and smell it. And when you see that I have got hold of his head, strike him. 
The sub-narrator also mentioned that Muhammad bin Maslama said to his companions, I will let you smell his head. Ka'ab bin Al-Ashraf came down to them, wrapped in his clothes and diffusing perfume. Muhammad bin Maslama said, I have never smelled a better scent than this. Ka'ab replied, I have got the best Arab women who know how to use the high class of perfume. Muhammad bin Maslama requested Ka'ab, Will you allow me to smell your head? Ka'ab said, Yes. Muhammad smelled it and made his companions smell it as well. Then he requested Garb again. Will you let me smell your head? Garb said, Yes. When Muhammad got a strong hold of him, he said to his companions, Get at him. So they killed him and went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and informed him. Chapter on the Killing of Abu Rafir, Abdullah bin Abi al-Huqayq, and he was also called Salam bin Abi al-Huqayq, who used to live in Khaybar, and some said, that he used to live in his castle in the land of Hijaz. Az-Zuhri said, He, Abu Rafir, was killed after Qarab bin al-Ashraf. Narrated al-Bara bin Azib, May Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent a group of men to Abu Rafir. Sir Abdullah bin Atiq entered his house at night while he, Abu Rafir, was sleeping and killed him. See Hadith number 4039. Narrated al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent some men from Ansar to kill the Jew Abu Rafir and appointed Abdullah bin Atiq as their leader. Abu Rafir used to hurt Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and help his enemies against him. He lived in the castle in the land of Hijaz. When those men approached the castle after the sun had set and the people had brought back their livestock to their homes, Abdullah bin Atiq said to his companions, Sit down at your places. I am going, and I will try to play a trick on the gatekeeper so that I may enter the castle. Sir Abdullah proceeded towards the castle, and when he approached the gate, he covered himself with his clothes, pretending to answer the call of nature. The people had gone in, and the gatekeeper considered Abdullah as one of the castle's servants, addressing him, saying, O Allah, slave, enter if you wish for I want to close the gate. Abdullah added in his story, So I went in the castle and hid myself. When the people got inside, the gatekeeper closed the gate and hung the keys on a fixed wooden peg. I got up and took the keys and opened the gate. Some people were staying late at night with Abu Rafir for a pleasant night chat in one of his room. When his companions of nightly entertainment went away, I ascended to him, and whenever I opened a door, I closed it from inside. I said to myself, Should these people discover my presence, they will not be able to catch me till I have killed him. So I raised him and found him sleeping in a dark place, house amidst his family. I could not recognize his location in the house. So I shouted, O Abu Rafir, Abu Rafir said, Who is it? I proceeded towards the source of the voice and hit him with the sword. And because of my perplexity, I could not kill him. He cried loudly, and I came out of the house and waited for a while, and then went to him again and said, What is this voice, O Abu Rafir? He said, Woe to your mother. A man in my house has hit me with a sword. I again hit him severely, but I did not kill him. Then I drove the point of the sword into his belly and pressed it through till it touched his back, and I realized that I have killed him. I then opened the door, one by one, till I reached the staircase 
and thinking that I had reached the ground, I stepped out and fell down, and got my leg broken in a moonlit night. I tied my leg with a turban, and proceeded on till I sat at the gate, and said, I will not go out tonight till I know that I have killed him. So when, early in the morning, the cock crowed, the announcer of the casualty stood on the wall saying, I announce the death of Abu Rafir, the merchant of Hijaz. Thereupon, I went to my companions and said, Let us save ourselves, for Allah has killed Abu Rafir. So I, along with my companions, proceeded and went to the Prophet peace be upon him and described the whole story to him. He said, Stretch out your broken leg. I stretched it out and he rubbed it and it became all right, as if I never had any ailment whatsoever. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent Abdullah bin Atiq and Abdullah bin Utbah with a group of men to Abu Rafir to kill him. They proceeded till they approached his castle, whereupon Abdullah bin Atiq said to them, Wait here, and in the meantime I will go and see. Abdullah said later on, I played a trick in order to enter the castle. By chance, they lost a donkey of theirs and came out carrying a flaming light to search for it. I was afraid that they would recognize me. So I covered my head and legs and pretended to answer the call of nature. The gatekeeper called. Whoever wants to come in should come in before I close the gate. So I went in and hid myself in a stall of a donkey near the gate of the castle. They took their supper with Abu Rafir and had a chat till late at night. Then they went back to their homes. When the voices vanished and I no longer detected any movement, I came out. I had seen where the gatekeeper had kept the keys of the castle in a hole in the wall. I took it and unlocked the gate of the castle, saying to myself, If these people should notice me, I will run away easily. Then I locked all the doors of their houses from outside while they were inside, and ascended to Abu Rafir by a staircase. I saw the house in complete darkness with its light off, and I could not know where the man was. So I called, O Abu Rafir. He replied, Who is it? I proceeded towards the voice and hit him. He cried loudly, but my blow was futile. Then I came to him, pretending to help him, saying with a different tone of my voice, What is wrong with you, O Abu Rafir? He said, Are you not surprised? Woe on your mother! A man has come to me and hit me with a sword. So again I aimed at him and hit him, but the blow proved futile again. And on that, Abu Rafi cried loudly, and his wife got up. I came again and changed my voice as if I were a helper, and found Abu Rafi lying straight on his back. So I drove the sword into his belly and bent on it till I heard the sound of a bone break. Then I came out, filled my astonishment and went to the staircase to descend, but I fell down from it and got my leg dislocated. I bandaged it and went to my companions limping. I said to them, Go and tell Allah's messenger peace be upon him of this good news. But I will not leave this place till I hear the news of his, that is Abu Rafir, death. When dawn broke, an announcer climbed over the wall and announced, I convey to you the news of the death of Abu Rafir. I got up and proceeded without feeling any pain, till I caught up with my companions before they reached the Prophet peace be upon him, to whom I conveyed the good news. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Uhud Footnote Uhud is a well-known mountain in Al-Madinah, 
where the battle took place in the month of Shawwal, in the third year of Hijrah between Muslims and Quraysh Mushrikun. And the statement of Allah, And remember, when you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, left your household in the morning to post the believers at their stations for battle of Uhud. And Allah is all-hearer, all-knower. Quran, chapter 3, verse 121. Also the statement of Allah. So do not become weak against your enemy, nor be sad, and you will be superior in victory if you are indeed true believers. If a wound and killing has touched you, be sure a similar wound and killing has touched the others. And so are the days, good and not so good. We give to men by turns that Allah may test those who believe, and that he may make martyrs from among you. And Allah likes not the zalimun, wrongdoers, polytheists, and that Allah may test or purify the believers from sins and destroy the disbelievers. Do you think that you will enter paradise before Allah tests those of you who fought in his cause and also tests those who are as-sabirin, the patient? You did indeed wish for death. Ash-Shahada, martyrdom, before you met it. Now you have seen it openly with your own eyes. Quran, chapter 3, verse 139 to 143. And his statement, And Allah did indeed fulfill his promise to you when you were killing them, your enemy, till the end of the verse. And Allah is most gracious to the believers. Quran, chapter 3, verse 152. And his statement, Think not of those as dead who are killed in the way of Allah. Quran, chapter 3, verse 169. Narrated Ibn Abbas, May Allah be pleased with them. On the day of the battle of Uhud, the Prophet peace be upon him said, This is Jibreel, Gabriel, holding the head of his horse and equipped with war weapons. Narrated Uqba bin Amir, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, offered the funeral prayers of the martyrs of the Battle of Uhud eight years after their death, as if bidding farewell to the living and the dead. Then he ascended the pulpit and said, I am your predecessor before you, and I am a witness over you, and your promised place to meet me will be Al-Hawth, that is, Tank Al-Kawfar, on the Day of Resurrection. And I am now looking at it from this place of mine. I am not afraid that you will worship others besides Allah, but I am afraid that worldly life will tempt you and cause you to compete with each other for it. The narrator added, That was the last look which I cast on Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him. We faced Al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger Muhammad peace be upon him on that day of the battle of Uhud and the Prophet peace be upon him placed a batch of archers at a special place and appointed Abdullah bin Jubair as their commander and said do not leave this place and if you should see us conquering the enemy do not leave this place and if you should see them conquering us do not come to help us so when we face the enemy they took to their heel till I saw their women running towards the mountain, lifting up their clothes from their legs, revealing their leg bangles. The Muslims started saying, The booty, 
the booty. Abdullah bin Jubayr said, The Prophet peace be upon him had taken a firm promise from me not to leave this place. But his companions refused to stay. So when they refused to stay there, Allah confused them so that they could not know where to go, and they suffered seventy casualties. Abu Sufyan ascended a high place and said, Is Muhammad peace be upon him present amongst the people? The Prophet peace be upon him said, Do not answer him. Abu Sufyan said, Is the son of Abu Quhafa present among the people? The Prophet peace be upon him said, Do not answer him. Abu Sufyan said, Is the son of Al-Khattab amongst the people? He then added, All these people have been killed, for were they alive, they would have replied. On that, Umar could not help saying, You are a liar, O enemy of Allah. Allah has kept what will make you unhappy. Abu Sufyan said, Hi, maybe Hubal. Footnote Hubal was one of their idols. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said to his companions, Reply to him. They asked, What may we say? He said, Say, Allah is more high and more majestic. Abu Sufyan said, We have the idol, Al-Uzza, whereas you have no Uzza. The Prophet peace be upon him said to his companions, Reply to him. They asked, What may we say? The Prophet peace be upon him said, Say, Allah is our Mawla, helper. And you have no Mawla, helper. Abu Sufyan said, This day compensates for our loss at Badr. And in the battle, the victory is always undecided and shared in turns by the belligerents. You will see some of your dead men mutilated. But neither did I urge this action, nor am I sorry for it. Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him. Some people took wine in the morning of the day of Uhud and were then killed as martyrs. Narrated Sa'ad bin Ibrahim A meal was brought to Abdul Rahman bin Auf while he was observing fast. He said, Musab bin Umayr was martyred, and he was better than I. Yet he was shrouded in a burda, that is, a sheet, so that if his head was covered, his feet became bare, and if his feet were covered, his head became bare. Abdul Rahman added, Hamza was martyred, and he was better than I. Then worldly wealth was bestowed upon us, and we were given thereof too much. We were afraid that the reward of our deeds have been given to us in this life. Abdul Rahman then started weeping so much that he left the food. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Uhud, a man came to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, Can you tell me where I will be if I should get martyred? The Prophet peace be upon him replied, In paradise. The man threw away some dates he was carrying in his hand and fought till he was martyred. Narrated Khabbab bin al-Arad, May Allah be pleased with him, We emigrated in the company of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, seeking Allah's pleasure. So our reward became due and sure with Allah. Some of us have been dead without enjoying anything of their rewards in this life. And one of them was Musab bin Umayr, who was martyred on the day of the Battle of Uhud, and did not leave anything except a namira, that is, a sheet in which he was shrouded. If we covered his head with it, his feet became bare. And if we covered his feet with it, his head became bare. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to us, 
covered his head with it and put some ilkhir, that is, a kind of grass over his feet, or said, throw ilkhir over his feet. But some amongst us have got the fruits of their labor ripened, and they are collecting them. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, his uncle, Anas bin An-Nadir, was absent from the battle of Badr, and he said, I was absent from the first battle of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that is, the battle of Badr. And if Allah should let me participate in a battle with the Prophet, peace be upon him, Allah will see how valiantly I will fight. So he encountered the day of the battle of Uhud. The Muslims fled, and he said, O Allah, I appeal to you to excuse for what these people, that is the Muslims, have done, and I am clear from what al-Mushrikun have done. Then he went forward with his sword and met Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, fleeing, and asked him, Where are you going, O Sa'ad? I am smelling the aroma of paradise before Uhud. Then he proceeded on and was martyred. Nobody was able to recognize him till his sister recognized him by a mole on his body, or by the tips of his fingers. He had over eighty wounds caused by stabbing, striking, or shooting with arrows. Narrated Zayd bin Thabit, may Allah be pleased with him, When we wrote the Qur'an, I missed one of the verses of Suratul Ahzab, which I used to hear Allah's Messenger peace be upon him reciting. Then we searched for it and found it with Khuzayma bin Thabit al-Ansari. The verse was, Among the believers are men who have been true to their covenant with Allah, that is, they had gone out for jihad, holy fighting, and showed not their backs to the disbelievers of them. Some have fulfilled their obligations to Allah, that is, they have been martyred, and some of them are still waiting. Quran, chapter 33, verse 23. So we wrote this in its place in the Quran. Narrated Zayd bin Sabit, may Allah be pleased with him, when the Prophet peace be upon him set out for the battle of Uhud, some of those who had gone out with him returned. The companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, were divided into two groups. One group said, We will fight them, that is, the enemy. And the other group said, We will not fight them. So there came the divine revelation. Then what is the matter with you, that you are divided into two parties about the hypocrites? Allah has cast them back to disbelief because of what they have earned. Quran Chapter 4, verse 88. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said, That is Thayba, that is the city of Al-Madina. It clears out the sins, or clears one from his sins, as the fire expels out the impurities of silver. Chapter on when two parties from among you were about to lose heart, but Allah was their wali, protector and supporter. Quran Chapter 3, verse 122 Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, This verse, when two parties from among you were about to lose heart, was revealed in our connection, that is, Bani Salama and Bani Haditha. And I would not have liked that, if it was not revealed, for Allah said, But Allah was their wali, protector, and supporter. Quran Chapter 3, verse 122 Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to me, Have you got married, O Jabir? I replied, Yes. He asked, What, a virgin or a matron? 
I replied, Not a virgin, but a matron. He said, Why did you not marry a young girl who would have fondled with you? I replied, O Allah's Messenger, my father was martyred on the day of the Battle of Uhud and left nine orphan daughters, who are my nine sisters. So I disliked to have another young girl of their age, but I sought an elderly woman who could comb their hair and look after them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, You have done the right thing. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, that his father was martyred on the day of the Battle of Uhud and was in debt and left six orphan daughters. Jabir added, When the season of plucking the dates came, I went to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and said, You know that my father was martyred on the day of the Battle of Uhud, and he was heavily in debt, and I would like that the creditors should see you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Go and pile every kind of dates separately. I did so and called him, the Prophet, peace be upon him. When the creditors saw him, they started claiming their debts from me in such a harsh manner as they had never done before. So when he saw their attitude, he went round the biggest heap of dates thrice, and then sat over it and said, O Jabil, call your companions, that is, the creditors. Then he kept on measuring and giving to the creditors their due till Allah paid all the debt of my father. I would have been satisfied to retain nothing of those dates for my sisters, after Allah had paid the debts of my father. But Allah saved all the heaps of dates, so that when I looked at the heap where the Prophet peace be upon him had been sitting, it seemed as if not a single date had been taken away thereof. Narrated Sa'ad bin Abi Baqals, May Allah be pleased with them, I saw Allah's Messenger peace be upon him on the day of the Battle of Uhud, accompanied by two men fighting on his behalf. They were dressed in white and were fighting with extreme bravery. I had never seen them before, nor did I saw them later on. It is said that they were Angel Jibril, Gabriel, and Angel Mikael, Michael. Narrated Sa'ad bin Abi Baqals, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him took out a quiver of arrows for me on the day of the battle of Uhud and said, Throw arrows. Let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Footnote. By saying so, the Prophet, peace be upon him, expressed his satisfaction. Narrated Sa'ad, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, mentioned both his father and his mother for me on the day of the battle of Uhud. Narrated Ibn al-Musaykib, Sa'ad bin Abi Baqas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, mentioned both his father and mother for me on the day of the Battle of Uhud. He meant when the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Sa'ad while the latter was fighting, Let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, I have never heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioning both his father and mother for anybody other than Sa'ad. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, I have never heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioning his father and mother for anybody other than Sa'ad bin Malik, that is, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas. I heard him saying on the day of Uhud, O Sa'ad, throw arrows, let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Narrated Murtamir's father, Usman said, that on the day of the battle of Uhud, none remained with the Prophet, peace be upon him, but Fulha and Sa'ad. Narrated as bin Yazid, 
I have been in the company of Abdurrahman bin Auf, Talha bin Ubaidullah, Al-Miqdad, and Sa'ad. May Allah be pleased with them. And I heard none of them narrating anything from the Prophet peace be upon him, but Talha, whom I heard narrating about the day of the battle of Uhud. Narrated Qais, I saw Talha's paralyzed hand with which he had protected the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of the battle of Uhud. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, when it was the day of the battle of Uhud, the people left the Prophet peace be upon him, while Abu Talha was in front of the Prophet peace be upon him, shielding him with his leather shield. Abu Talha was a skillful archer, who used to shoot strongly. He broke two or three arrow bows on that day. If a man carrying a quiver full of arrows passed by, the Prophet peace be upon him would say to him, Put, scatter, its contents for Abu Talha. The Prophet peace be upon him would raise his head to look at the enemy, whereupon Abu Talha would say, Let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Do not raise your head, lest an arrow of the enemy should hit you. Let my neck be struck rather than your neck. I saw Aisha, the daughter of Abu Bakr, and Umm Salim rolling up their dresses so that I saw their leg bangles while they were carrying water skins on their backs and emptying them in the mouths of the wounded people. They would return to refill them and again empty them in the mouths of the wounded people. The sword fell from Abu Talha's hand twice or thrice on that day. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, when it was the day of the battle of Uhud, al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger Muhammad peace be upon him were defeated. Then Satan, Allah's curse be upon him, cried loudly, O Allah's worshippers, beware of what is behind. On that, the front files of the Muslim forces turned their backs and started fighting with the back files. Hudayfa looked and on seeing his father Al-Yaman, he shouted, O Allah's worshippers, my father, my father. But by Allah, they did not stop till they killed him. Hudayfa said, May Allah forgive you. The sub-narrator Urwa said, By Allah, Hudayfa continued asking Allah's forgiveness for the killers of his father till he met Allah, that is, died. Chapter on the Statement of Allah Those of you who turned back on the day the two hosts met, that is, the battle of Uhud. It was Shaytan, Satan, who caused them to backslide, run away from the battlefield because of some sins they had earned. But Allah indeed has forgiven them. Surely, Allah is oft forgiving, most forbearing. Quran, Chapter 3, Verse 155 Narrated Uthman bin Mohab a man came to perform the Hajj to Allah's house. Seeing some people sitting, he said, Who are these sitting people? Somebody said, They are the Quraysh people. He said, Who is the old man? They said, Ibn Umar. He went to him and said, I want to ask you about something. Will you tell me about it? I ask you with the respect due to the sanctity of this sacred house. Do you know that Uthman bin Affan fled on the day of Urhud. Ibn Umar said, Yes. He said, Do you know that he, 
that is, Uthman, was absent from the battle of Badr and did not join it. Ibn Umar said, Yes. He said, Do you know that he was absent from Ar-Ridwan pledge, that is, Bayara, pledge at the Hudaybiyah, and did not witness it? Ibn Umar replied, Yes. He then said, Allahu Akbar. Ibn Umar said, Come along. I will inform you and explain to you what you have asked. As for the flight of Uthman on the day of the battle of Uhud, I testify that Allah forgave him. As regards his absence from the battle of Bavr, he was married to the daughter of Allah's messenger peace be upon him, and she was ill. So the Prophet peace be upon him said to him, Stay with your sick wife, and you will get a reward, and a share of the booty similar to a man who has fought the battle of Bavr. As for his absence from the Ar-Ridwan pledge, if there had been anybody more respected by the Meccans than Uthman bin Affan, the Prophet peace be upon him would surely have sent the man instead of Uthman. So the Prophet sent him, that is, Uthman, to Mecca, and Ar-Ridwan pledge took place after Uthman had gone to Mecca. The Prophet peace be upon him raised his right hand saying, this is the hand of Uthman, and clapped it over his other hand, and said, This is for Uthman. Ibn Umar then said to the man, Go now, after taking this information. Chapter on Allah's Statement And remember, when you ran away dreadfully without even casting a side glance at anyone, up to all that you do. Quran, Chapter 3, Verse 153 Narrated Al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him appointed Abdullah bin Jubair as the commander of the cavalry archers on the day of the battle of Uhud. Then they returned defeated, and that is what is referred to by Allah's statement. And the messenger, Muhammad peace be upon him, was in your rear, calling you back. Quran, chapter 3, verse 153. Chapter on Allah's statement. Then after the distress, he sent down security for you. Slumber. Quran, chapter 3, verse 154. Abu Talha, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I was amongst those who were overtaken by slumber till my sword fell from my hand on several occasions. The sword fell, and I picked it up, and again it fell, and I picked it up. Chapter on Allah's Statement not for you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, but for Allah is the decision, whether he turns in mercy to pardon them or punishes them. Verily, they are the zalimun, polytheists, and wrongdoers, disobedience. Quran, chapter 3, verse 128. Anas bin Malik said, On the day of the battle of Uhud, the face of the Prophet, peace be upon him, was wounded, and he said, how can a nation who injured their prophet's face be successful? Then the following verse was revealed. Not for you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, is the decision. Quran, chapter 3, verse 128. Narrated Salim's father that he heard Allah's messenger peace be upon him when raising his head from bowing of the first raqa'ah of the Fajr prayer, saying, O Allah, curse so and so, and so and so and so and so. After he had said, Allah hears him who sends his praises to him. Our Lord, all the praises are for you. 
So Allah revealed, Not for you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the decision. Till the end of verse. They are indeed the Zalimun, polytheists, disobedience, and wrongdoers. Quran, chapter 3, verse 128. Salim bin Abdullah said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to invoke evil upon Safwan bin Umayyah, Suhail bin Amr, and Al-Harith bin Hisham. So the verse was revealed. Not for you, O Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the decision. Till the end of verse. They are indeed Zalimun, polytheists, disobedience, and wrongdoers. Quran, chapter 3, verse 128. Chapter on narration regarding Umm Salith. Narrated Tha'laba bin Abi Malik. Umr ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, distributed woolen clothes amongst some women of Al-Madina, and a nice woolen garment remained. Some of those who were sitting with him said, O chief of the believers, give it to the daughter of Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, who is with you. And by that they meant Umm Kulthum, the daughter of Ali. Umar said, Umm Salith has got more right than she. Umm Salith was amongst those Ansari women who had given the bay'ah, pledge to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Umar added, She, Umm Salith, used to carry the filled water skins for us on the day of the Battle of Uhud. Chapter on the Martyrdom of Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib. May Allah be pleased with him. Narrated Jafir bin Amr bin Umayyah. I went out with Ubaidullah bin Adi al-Khiyar. When we reached Hims, that is a town in Syria, Ubaidullah bin Adi said to me, Would you like to see Wahshi so that we may ask him about the killing of Hamza? I replied, Yes. Wahshi used to live in Hims. We inquired about him and somebody said to us, He is there in the shade of his palace as if he looked like a full water skin. So we went up to him. And when we were at a short distance from him, we greeted him, and he greeted us in return. Ubaidullah was wearing his turban, and Wahshi could not see except his eyes and feet. Ubaidullah said, O Wahshi, do you know me? Wahshi looked at him and then said, No, by Allah, but I know that Adi bin al-Khiyar married a woman called Umm Qital, the daughter of Abu Laris, and she delivered a boy for him at Mecca, and I looked for a wet nurse for that child. Once I carried that child along with his mother, and then I handed him over to her. And your feet resemble that child's feet. Then Ubaidullah uncovered his face and said to Wahshi, Will you tell us the story of the killing of Hamza? Wahshi replied, Yes. Hamza killed Fu'ima bin Adi bin Al-Khiyar at Badr battle. So my master, Jubayr bin Mutarim, said to me, If you kill Hamza in revenge for my uncle, then you will be set free. When the people set out for the battle of Uhud in the year of Ainain, Ainain is a mountain near the mountain of Uhud, and between it and Uhud there is a valley. I went out with the people for the battle. When the army aligned for the fight, Sibar came out and said, Is there any Muslim to accept my challenge to a duel? Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib came out and said, O Sibar, O Ibn Ummi Ammar, the one who circumcises other ladies, do you challenge Allah and his messenger peace be upon him? Then Hamza attacked and killed him, causing him to be non-extent like the bygone yesterday. I hid myself under a rock, and when he, that is Hamza, came near me, I threw my spear at him, 
driving it into his umbilicus so that it came out through his buttocks, causing him to die. When all the people returned to Mecca, I too returned with them. I stayed in Mecca till Islam spread in it, that is, Mecca. Then I left for Thaif, and when the people of Thaif sent their messengers to Allah's messenger peace be upon him, I was told that the Prophet peace be upon him did not harm the messengers. So I too went out with them till I reached Allah's messenger peace be upon him. When he saw me, he said, Are you Wahshi? I said, Yes. He said, Was it you who killed Hamza? I replied, What happened is what you have been told of. He said, Can you hide your face from me? So I went out when Allah's messenger peace be upon him died. And Musaylima al-Kathab appeared, claiming to be a prophet. I said, I will go out to Musaylima so that I may kill him and make amends for killing Hamza. So I went out with the people to fight Musaylima and his followers. And then, famous events took place concerning that battle. Suddenly, I saw a man, that is Musaylima, standing near a gap in a wall. He looked like an ash-colored camel, and his hair was disheveled. So I threw my spear at him, driving it into his chest, in between his breasts, till it passed out through his shoulders. And then, an Ansari man attacked him, and struck him on the head with a sword. Abdullah bin Umar said, A slave girl on the roof of a house, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Alas, the chief of the believers, that is Musaylima, has been killed by a black slave. Footnote Regarding statement, If you kill Hamza in revenge for my uncle, then you will be set free. Wahshi was then slave belonging to Jubail. Footnote The Prophet peace be upon him said, Can you hide your face from me? Means, the Prophet peace be upon him did not want to see the man who killed his uncle, Hamza. Chapter on the wounds inflicted on the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of the Battle of Uhud. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him pointing to his broken canine tooth said, Allah's wrath has become severe on the people who harmed his Prophet. Allah's wrath has become severe on a man who is killed by a messenger of Allah in Allah's cause. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's wrath became severe on him whom the Prophet peace be upon him had killed in Allah's cause. Allah's wrath became severe on the people who caused the face of Allah's Prophet peace be upon him to bleed. Narrated Abu Hazim that he heard Sahal bin Sa'ad being asked about the wounds of Allah's messenger peace be upon him, saying, By Allah, I know who washed the wounds of Allah's messenger peace be upon him and who poured water for washing them and with what he was treated. Sahal added, Fatima, peace be upon her, the daughter of Allah's messenger peace be upon him, used to wash the wounds and Ali ibn Abi Talib used to pour water from a shield. When Fatima saw that the water aggravated the bleeding, she took a piece of a mat, burnt it, and inserted its ashes into the wound so that the blood was congealed and bleeding stopped. His, that is, the Prophet's canine tooth got broken on that day, and his face was wounded, and his helmet was broken on his head. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's wrath gets severe on a person killed by a Prophet and Allah's wrath became severe on him who had caused the face of Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, to bleed. Chapter on Allah's Statement Those who answered the call of Allah and the messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him. Quran, Chapter 3, 
verse 172. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, regarding the holy verse, Those who answered the call of Allah and the Messenger, Muhammad peace be upon him, after being wounded, for those of them who did good deeds and feared Allah, there is a great reward. Quran chapter 3 verse 172 She said to Urwa, O my nephew, your father, Az-Zubayr and Abu Bakr were amongst them, that is, those who answered the call of Allah and the Messenger on the day of the battle of Uhud. When Allah's Messenger peace be upon him suffered what he suffered on the day of the battle of Uhud, and Al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah, and in his Messenger Muhammad peace be upon him left, the Prophet peace be upon him was afraid that they might return. So he said, Who will go on there that is Mushrikun's track? He then selected 70 men from amongst them for this purpose. The sub-narrator added, Abu Bakr and Az-Zubayr were amongst them. Chapter on the Muslims who were killed on the day of the Battle of Uhud. Amongst them were Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, Al-Yaman, Al-Nadhir bin Anas, and Musa'ab bin Umayr. Narrated Qadadah, We do not know of any tribe amongst the Arab tribes who had more martyrs than Al-Ansar and they will have superiority on the day of resurrection. Anas bin Malik told us that 70 from the Ansar were martyred on the day of the battle of Uhud, and 70 men on the day of the battle of Bi'ri Ma'una, and 70 men on the day of Al-Yamama. Anas added, The battle of Bi'ri Ma'una took place during the lifetime of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, and the battle of Al-Yamama during the Caliphate of Abu Bakr and It was the day when Musaylima al-Kathab was killed. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to shroud two martyrs of Uhud in one sheet, and then say, Which of them knew the Qur'an more? When one of the two was pointed out, he would put him first in the grave. Then he said, I will be a witness on them on the day of resurrection. He ordered them to be buried with their blood on their bodies. Neither was the funeral prayer offered for them, nor were they washed with a ghusl, a bath, a washing of the whole body. See Hadith 1343, 1344, and 1346. Jabir added, When my father was martyred, I started weeping and, and uncovering his face by removing the clothes from it. The companions of the Prophet peace be upon him stopped me from doing so. But the Prophet peace be upon him did not stop me. Then the Prophet peace be upon him said, O Jabir, don't weep over him. For the angels kept on covering him with their wings till his body was carried away for burial. Narrated Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet peace be upon him said, I saw in a dream that I moved a sword and its blade got broken. And that symbolized the casualties which the believers suffered on the day of the battle of Uhud. Then I moved it again, and it became as perfect as it had been. And that symbolized the conquest of Mecca, which Allah helped us to achieve, and the union of the believers. I also saw cows in the dream, and what Allah does is always beneficial. Those cows appeared to symbolize the faithful believers who were martyred on the day of the battle of Uhud. Narrated Khabbab, may Allah be pleased with him, We emigrated with the Prophet peace be upon him for Allah's cause, 
so our reward became due with Allah. Some of us passed away, died, without enjoying anything from their reward, and one of them was Musar bin Umair, who was killed, that is, martyred, on the day of the Battle of Uhud. He did not leave behind except a sheet of striped woolen cloth. If we covered his head with it, his feet became bare, and if we covered his feet with it, his head became bare. The Prophet peace be upon him said to us, Cover his head with it, and put idkhil, that is, a kind of grass over his feet, or said, Put some idkhil over his feet. But some of us have got their fruits ripened, and they are collecting them. Chapter on Uhud is a mountain that loves us and is loved by us. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him said, This is a mountain, Uhud, that loves us and is loved by us. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, when the mountain of Uhud appeared before Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, he said, This is a mountain that loves us and is loved by us. O Allah, Ibrahim, Abraham made Mecca a sanctuary, and I have made Al-Madina, that is, the area between its two mountains, a sanctuary. Narrated Uqba, one day the Prophet peace be upon him went out and offered the funeral prayer for the people, that is, martyrs of Uhud, as he used to offer a funeral prayer for any dead person. And then, after returning, he ascended the pulpit and said, I am your predecessor before you, and I am a witness over you, and I am looking at my hawth, tank al-Kawthar, just now, and I have been given the keys of the treasures of the world, or the keys of the world. By Allah, I am not afraid that you will worship others besides Allah after me, but I am afraid that you will compete with each other for the pleasures of this world. Chapter on the Ghazwa, that is, Battle of Ar-Rajir, Ri'al, Vakwan, and Bi'ri Ma'una, and the narration about the tribes of Adol and Al-Qara, and the story of Asim bin Thabit, Khubayb, and his companions. Narrated Ibn Ishaq, Asim bin Umar said, It, that is, the Ghazwa of Ar-Rajir, happened after the Battle of Uhud. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him sent a sariya of spies and appointed Asim bin Thabit, the grandfather of Aslim bin Umar ibn al-Khattab, as their leader. So they set out, and when they reached a place between Usfan and Mecca, they were mentioned to one of the branch tribes of Bani Hudayl called Lihyan. So, about 100 archers followed their traces till they that is, the archers came to a journey station where they, that is, Asim and his companions had encamped and found stones of dates they had brought as journey food from Al-Madinah. The archers said, These are the dates of Al-Madinah, and followed their traces till they found them over. When Aslim and his companions were not able to go ahead, they went up a high place, and their pursuers encircled them and said, You have a covenant and a promise that if you come down to us, we will not kill any one of you. Aslim said, As for me, I will never come down on the security of an infidel. O Allah, inform your Prophet peace be upon him about us. So they fought with them till they killed Aslim along with seven of his companions with arrows. And there remained Khubayb, Zayd, and another man, to whom they gave a promise and a covenant. So when the infidels gave them the covenant and promise, they came down. 
When they captured them, they opened the strings of their arrow bows and tied them with it. The third man who was with them said, This is the first breach in the covenant, and refused to accompany them. They dragged him and tried to make him accompany them, but he refused, and they killed him. Then they proceeded on taking Khobayb and Zayd till they sold them in Mecca. The sons of Al-Harith bin Amr bin Nawfil bought Khobayb. It was Khobayb who had killed Al-Harith bin Amr on the day of the Battle of Badr. Khobayb stayed with them for a while as a captive till they decided unanimously to kill him. At that time, Khobayb borrowed a razor from one of the daughters of Al-Harith to shave his pubic hair. She gave it to him. She said later on, I was heedless of a little baby of mine who moved towards Khubayb, and when it reached him, he put it on his thigh. When I saw it, I got scared so much that Khubayb noticed my distress while he was carrying the razor in his hand. He said, Are you afraid that I will kill it? If Allah will, I will never do that. Later on, she used to say, I have never seen a captive better than Khubayb. Once I saw him eating from a bunch of grapes, Although at that time no fruits were available in Mecca, and he was fettered with iron chains, and in fact, it was nothing but food bestowed upon him by Allah. So, they took him out of the sanctuary of Mecca to kill him. He said, Allow me to offer to rock our prayer. Then he went to them and said, Had I not been afraid that you would think I was afraid of death, I would have offered prayer for a longer time. So it was Hubayb who first set the tradition of offering two rakah prayer before being executed. He then said, O Allah, count them one by one, and added, When I am being martyred as a Muslim, I do not care in what way I receive my death for Allah's sake, because this death is in Allah's cause. If he wishes, he will bless the cut limbs. Then Uqba bin al-Hadith got up and martyred him. The narrator added, the Quraysh infidels sent some people to Asim in order to bring a part of his body so that his death might be known for certain. For Asim had killed one of their chiefs on the day of the Battle of Badr. But Allah sent a cloud of wasps which protected his body from their messengers who could not harm his body consequently. Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, the person who killed Khubayb was Abu Sarwa, that is, Uqba bin al-Harith. Narrated Abdul Aziz, Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, said, The Prophet peace be upon him sent seventy men, called Al-Qurra, for some purpose. The two groups of Bani Sulaim, called Ri'il and Thakwan, appeared to them near a well called Bi'ri Ma'una. The people, that is Al-Qurra, said, By Allah, we have not come to harm you, but we are passing by you on our way to do something for the Prophet peace be upon him. But the infidels killed them. The Prophet peace be upon him therefore invoked evil upon them for a month during the morning salah, prayer. That was the beginning of Al-Qunut, and we used not to say Qunut before that. A man asked Anas about Al-Qunut, saying, Is it to be said after the bowing in the salah or after finishing the recitation, that is, before bowing? Anas replied, No, but it is to be said after finishing the recitation. Footnote Qunut means invocation in the salah, prayer. Narrated Anas, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Al-Qunut for one month after the posture of bowing, invoking evil upon some Arab tribes. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, the tribes of Ri'l, Zakwan, Rusiyah, 
And Bani Lihyan asked Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to provide them with some men to support them against their enemy. He therefore provided them with 70 men from the Ansar, whom we used to call Al-Qurra, in their lifetime. They used to collect wood by daytime and offer salah, prayer at night. When they were at the well of Maruna, the infidels killed them by betraying them. When this news reached the Prophet peace be upon him, he said, Al-Qunud for one month in the morning, salah, prayer, invoking evil upon some of the Arab tribes upon Ri'al, Vakwan, Rosiya, and Bani Lihyan. We used to read a verse of the Qur'an revealed in their connection, but later the verse was cancelled. It was, Convey to our people on our behalf the information that we have met our Lord, and He is pleased with us, and has made us pleased. Anas bin Malik added, Allah's Prophet, peace be upon him, said Qunut for one month in the morning salah, prayer, invoking evil upon some of the Arab tribes, namely Ri'al, Zakwan, Rusiya, and Bani Lihyan. Anas added, Those seventy Ansari men were killed at the well of Maruna. Narrated Anas that the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent his uncle, the brother of Umm Salim, as the head of seventy riders. The chief of Al-Mushriqun, Amir bin At-Tufail, proposed three suggestions to the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, Choose one of the three alternatives. 1. That the Bedouins will be under your command and the townspeople will be under my command. 2. Or, that I will be your successor. 3. Or, otherwise, I will attack you with 2,000 men from Bani Ghotafan. But Amir was infected with plague in the house of Umm So-and-so. He said, Shall I stay in the house of a lady from the family of So-and-so, after having a swelled gland like that she-camel? Get me my horse. So he died on the back of his horse. Then Haram, the brother of Umm Salim, and a lame man along with another man from So-and-so tribe went towards Al-Mushrikun, that is, the tribe of Amir. Haram said to his companions, Stay near to me, for I will go to them. If they, that is, infidels, should give me protection, you will be near to me. And if they should kill me, then you should go back to your companions. Then Haram went to them and said, Will you give me protection so as to convey the message of Allah's messenger peace be upon him? So he started talking to them, but they signaled to a man to kill him. And he went behind him and stabbed him with a spear. He that is Haram, said, Allahu Akbar, I have succeeded, by the Lord of the Kaaba. The companion of Haram was pursued by the infidels, and then they, that is, Haram's companions, were all killed except the lame man who was at the top of a mountain. Then Allah revealed to us a verse that was among the cancelled ones later on. It was, We have met our Lord, and He is pleased with us, and has made us pleased. After this event, the Prophet peace be upon him invoked evil on the infidels every morning for 30 days. He invoked evil upon the tribes of Ri'al, Zakwan, Bani Lihyan, and Rusiya, who disobeyed Allah and his messenger peace be upon him. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, that when Haram bin Milhan, his uncle, was stabbed on the day the battle of Bi'ri Maruna, he sprinkled his blood over his face and his head this way and then said, I have succeeded by the Lord of the Kaaba. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, 
Abu Bakr asked the Prophet peace be upon him to allow him to go out of Mecca when he was greatly annoyed by the infidels. But the Prophet peace be upon him said to him, Wait. Abu Bakr said, O Allah's Messenger, do you hope that you will be allowed to emigrate? Allah's Messenger peace be upon him replied, I hope so. So Abu Bakr waited for him till one day Allah's Messenger peace be upon him came at noontime and addressed him saying, Let whoever is present with you should leave. Abu Bakr said, None is present but my two daughters. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Do you know that I have been allowed to go out to emigrate? Abu Bakr said, O Allah's Messenger, I would like to accompany you. The Prophet peace be upon him said, You will accompany me. Abu Bakr said, O Allah's Messenger, I have got two she-camels which I had prepared and kept ready for our going out. So he gave one of the two she-camels to the Prophet peace be upon him, and it was called Al-Jadar. They both rode and proceeded till they reached the cave at the mountain of Thawr, where they hid themselves. Amr bin Fuhayra was the slave of Abdullah bin At-Tufayl bin Sakhbara, Aisha's brother from her mother's side. Abu Bakr had a milch she-camel. Amr used to go with it, that is, the milch she-camel, in the afternoon and come back to them before noon by setting out towards them in the early morning, when it was still dark, and then he would take it to the pasture, so that none of the shepherds would be aware of his job. When the Prophet peace be upon him and Abu Bakr went away from the cave, he, that is Amir, too, went along with them, and they both used to make him ride at the back of their camels in turns, till they reached Al-Madinah. Amir bin Fuhira was martyred on the day of the battle of Bi'ri Maruna. Narrated Urwa, when those Muslims at Bi'ri Maruna were martyred and Amr bin Umayyah al-Damri was taken prisoner, Amr bin al-Tufayl pointed at a killed person, asked, Amr, who is this? Amr bin Umayyah said to him, He is Amr bin Fuhira. Amr bin al-Tufayl said, I saw him lifted to the sky after he was killed till I saw the sky between him and the earth and then he was brought down upon the earth. Then the news of the killed Muslims reached the Prophet peace be upon him, and he announced the news of their death, saying, Your companions of Bi'ri Maruna have been killed, and they have asked their Lord, saying, O our Lord, inform our brothers about us, as we are pleased with you, and you are pleased with us. So Allah informed them, that is, the Prophet peace be upon him and his companions about them, that is, Martyrs of Bi'ri Maruna. On that day, Urwa bin Asma bin Assalt, who was one of them, was killed. And Urwa bin Zubair was named after Urwa bin Asma, and Munzir bin Zubair was named after Munzir bin Amr, who had also been martyred on that day. Footnote. I saw him lifted to the sky after he was killed, till I saw the sky between him and the earth. Means, the angels hid him from Al-Mushrikun. Narrated Anas. May Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, recited Al-Ghunud after bowing, that is, Al-Rukur, for one month, invoking evil upon the tribes of Ril and Zakwan. He used to say, Usayyah disobeyed Allah and his messenger. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, invoked evil for thirty days in the morning prayer upon those people who killed his companions at Bi'ri Maruna. He invoked evil upon tribes of Ri'al, Lihyan, and Usayya, who disobeyed Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him.
Allah revealed a Quranic verse to his Prophet peace be upon him regarding those who had been killed. That is, the Muslims at Bi'ri Maruna. And we recited the verse till later it was cancelled. The verse was, Inform our people that we have met our Lord, and he is pleased with us, and we are pleased with him. Narrated Asim al-Ahwal, I asked Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, regarding al-Qunuth during the Salah, prayer. Anas replied, Yes, al-Qunuth was recited by the Prophet peace be upon him in the Salah, prayer. I asked, Is it before bowing or after bowing? Anas replied, It was recited before bowing. I said, So and so informed me that you told him that it was recited after bowing. Anas replied, He was mistaken, for Allah's Messenger peace be upon him recited Al-Qunuth after bowing for one month. The Prophet peace be upon him had sent some people called Al-Qura, who were seventy in number, to some mushrikun who had concluded a peace treaty with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. But those who had concluded the treaty with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him violated the treaty and martyred all the seventy men. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, recited Al-Qunuth after bowing in the Salah for one month, invoking evil upon them. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Al-Khandaq, which is called Al-Ahzab Battle. Musa bin Uqba said, This battle took place in the month of Shawwal, in the fourth year of the Islamic calendar. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, inspected him on the day of the battle of Uhud, while he was fourteen years old, and the Prophet peace be upon him did not allow him to take part in the battle. He was inspected again by the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of the Battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, Battle of the Trench, while he was fifteen years old, and the Prophet peace be upon him allowed him to take part in the battle. Narrated Sahal bin Sa'id, May Allah be pleased with him. We were with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him in the trench, and some were digging the trench while we were carrying the earth on our shoulders. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, there is no life except the life of the hereafter. So please, forgive the immigrants and the Ansar. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, went out towards the Khandaq, that is, trench, and saw the immigrants and the Ansar digging the trench in the cold morning. They had no slaves to do that work for them. When the Prophet peace be upon him saw their hardship and hunger, he said, O oh Allah, the real life is the life of the hereafter. So please, forgive Ansar and the immigrants. They said in reply to him, We are those who have given the bay'ah, pledge, to Muhammad peace be upon him, for to observe jihad, holy fighting, as long as we live. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, Al-Muhajirun, that is, the emigrants and the Ansar, were digging the trench around Al-Madina and were carrying the earth on their backs while saying, We are those who have given the bay'ah, pledge, to Muhammad peace be upon him for Islam as long as we live. The Prophet peace be upon him said in reply to their saying, O Allah, there is no goodness except the goodness of the hereafter. So please, Grant your blessing to the Ansar and the emigrants. The people used to bring a handful of barley, and a meal used to be prepared thereof by cooking it with a cooking material, that is, oil, fat, and butter, having a change in color and smell. And it used to be presented to the people, 
that is, workers, who were hungry, and it used to stick to their throats and had a nasty smell. Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, we were digging the trench on the day of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench, and we came across a big solid rock. We went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, Here is a rock appearing across the trench. He said, I am coming down. Then he got up, and a stone was tied to his belly, for we had not eaten anything for three days. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, took the spade and struck the big solid rock, and it became like sand. I said, O Allah's Messenger, allow me to go home. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, allowed me, I said to my wife, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, in a state that I cannot tolerate or treat with patience. Have you got something for him to eat? She replied, I have barley and a she-goat. So I slaughtered the she-kid, and she ground the barley. Then we put the meat in the earthenware cooking pot. Then I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, when the dough had become soft and fermented, and the meat in the pot over the stone trivet had nearly been well cooked, and said, I have got a little food prepared, so get up, O Allah's Messenger, you and one or two men along with you for the food. The Prophet, peace be upon him, asked, How much is that food? I told him about it. He said, It is abundant and good. Tell your wife not to remove the earthenware pot from the fire, and not to take out any bread from the oven till I reach there. Then he said to all his companions, Get up. So the Muhajirun, that is, emigrants, and the Ansar got up. When I came to my wife, I said, Allah's mercy be upon you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, is coming, along with the Muhajirun and the Ansar, and those who were present with them. She said, Did the Prophet, peace be upon him, ask you how much food you had? I replied, Yes. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Enter and do not throng. The Prophet, peace be upon him, started cutting the bread into pieces and put the cooked meat over it. He covered the earthware pot and the oven whenever he took something out of them. He would give the food to his companions and take the meat out of the pot. He went on cutting the bread and scooping the meat for his companions, till they all ate their fill. And even then, some food remained. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to my wife, Eat and present to others as the people are struck with hunger. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, when the trench was dug, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, in a state of severe hunger. So I returned to my wife and said, Have you got anything to eat? For I have seen Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, in a state of severe hunger. She brought out for me a bag containing one sar of barley, and we had a domestic she-animal, that is, a kid, which I slaughtered then, and my wife ground the barley, and she finished at the time I finished my job, that is, slaughtering the kid. Then I cut the meat into pieces and put it in an earthenware cooking pot and returned to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. My wife said, Do not disgrace me in front of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and those who are with him. So I went to him and said to him secretly, O Allah's Messenger, I have slaughtered a she-animal, that is, kid of ours, and we have ground a sara of barley which was with us. So please come, you and another person along with you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, raised his voice and said, O people of Trench, Jabir has prepared a meal, so let us go. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to me, Don't put down your earthenware meat pot from the fireplace, or bake your dough till I come. So I came to my house, and Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, too, came, proceeding before the people, 
When I came to my wife, she said, May Allah do so and so to you. I said, I have told the Prophet peace be upon him of what you said. Then she brought out to him, that is the Prophet peace be upon him, the dough, and he spat in it and invoked for Allah's blessings in it. Then he proceeded towards our earthenware meat pot and spat in it and invoked for Allah's blessings in it. Then he said to my wife, Call a lady baker to bake along with you and keep on taking out scoops from your earthenware meat pot and do not put it down from its fireplace. There were one thousand who took their meals and by Allah they all ate. And when they left the food and went away, our earthenware pot was still bubbling, full of meat, as if it had not decreased, and our dough was still being baked, as if nothing had been taken from it. Footnote. She said, May Allah do so and so to you. She means, You have invited too many people, though we do not have enough food. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, as regards the following Quranic verse. When they came upon you from above you and from below you, and when the eyes grew wild, and the hearts reached up to the throats. Quran, chapter 33, verse 10. That happened on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, was carrying earth on the day of Al-Khandaq, till his abdomen was fully covered with dust. And he was saying, By Allah, without Allah we would not have been guided. Neither would we have given in charity, nor would we have offered salah, prayer. So, O Allah, please send sakina, that is, tranquility, peace, reassurance, and calmness upon us, and make our feet firm if we meet the enemy as the enemy have rebelled against us. And if they intended affliction, that is, want to frighten us and fight against us, then we would not flee, but withstand them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, used to raise his voice saying, Abayna, Abayna, that is, we would not, we would not. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I have been made victorious by Aslaba, that is, an easterly wind, and the Ad nation was destroyed by Ad-Dabur, that is, westerly wind. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, when it was the day of the battle of Al-Ahzab, that is, the Confederates, and Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, dug the trench, I saw him carrying earth out of the trench till dust made the skin of his abdomen out of my sight, and he was a hairy man. I heard him reciting the poetic verses composed by Ibn Rawaha while he was carrying the earth. O oh Allah, without you, we would not have been guided, nor would we have given in charity, nor would we have offered salah, prayer. So, O oh Allah, please send Sakina, that is, tranquility, peace, reassurance, and calmness upon us, and make our feet firm if we meet the enemy, as they have rebelled against us. And if they intend affliction, that is, want to frighten us, and fight against us, then we would not flee but withstand them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, would then prolong his voice at the last words. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, the first day, that is Ghazwa, I participated in, was the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench. Narrated Ikrama bin Khalid, Ibn Umar said, I went to Hafla while water was dribbling from her twined braids. I said, the condition of the people is as you see. 
and no authority has been given to me. Hafsa said to me, Go to them, and as they, that is the people, are waiting for you, and I am afraid your absence from them will produce division amongst them. So Hafsa did not leave Ibn Umar till he went to them. When the people deferred, Muraviyah addressed the people saying, If anyone wants to say anything in this matter of the caliphate, he should show up and not conceal himself, for we are more rightful to be a caliph than he and his father. On that, Habib bin Maslama said to Ibn Umar, Why don't you reply to him? That is Muraviyah. Abdullah bin Umar said, I untied my garment that was going round my bag and legs while I was sitting and was about to say, He who fought against you and against your father for the sake of Islam is more rightful to be a caliph. But I was afraid that my statement might produce differences amongst the people and cause bloodshed, and my statement might be interpreted not as I intended. So I kept quiet, remembering what Allah has prepared in the gardens of paradise for those who are patient and prefer the hereafter to this worldly life. Habib said, You did what kept you safe and secure. That is, you were wise in doing so. Footnote The condition of the people is as you see means the fighting between Ali and Muraviyah in Sifin. Footnote Regarding statement, he who fought against you and against your father, Ibn Umar means Ali ibn Abi Talib, who had fought against Muraviyah and Abu Sufyan, that is Muraviyah's father, in the battles of Uhud and Al-Khandaq. Narrated Sulaiman bin Surad On the day of the battle of Al-Ahzab, that is, the Confederates, the Prophet peace be upon him said, After his battle, we will go to attack them, that is, the infidels, and they will not come to attack us. Narrated Sulaiman bin Surad When the Confederates were driven away, I heard the Prophet peace be upon him saying, From now onwards, we will go to attack them, that is, the infidels, and they will not come to attack us, but we will go to them. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Let Allah fill there, that is, the infidels, houses and graves with fire, just as they have prevented us from offering the middle salah, prayer, that is, asr prayer, till the sun had set. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, Umar ibn al-Khattab, May Allah be pleased with him came on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq after the sun had set and he was abusing the infidels of Quraysh saying O Allah's messenger I was unable to offer the Asr prayer till the sun was about to set the prophet peace be upon him said by Allah I have not offered this that is Asr prayer so we came down along with the prophet peace be upon him to Buthan where he performed ablution for the salah prayer and then he performed the ablution for it Then he offered the Asr prayer after the sun had set, and after it he offered the Maghrib prayer. Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of Al-Ahzab, that is the Confederates, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Who will bring us the news of the people, that is, the Confederates of Quraysh infidels? Az-Zubair said, I. The Prophet peace be upon him again said, Who will bring us the news of the people? Az-Zubair said, I. The Prophet peace be upon him again said, Who will bring us the news of the people? Az-Zubayr said, I. The Prophet peace be upon him then said, Every Prophet has his Hawari, that is, disciple, special helper. My Hawari is Az-Zubayr. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, 
Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu. None has the right to be worshipped but Allah alone, who honored his soldiers and made his slave victorious. And he alone defeated the Ahzab, confederates. So there is nothing after him. Narrated Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, invoked evil upon the Ahzab, confederates, saying, O Allah, the revealer of the holy book, that is, the Qur'an, the quick-taker of the accounts, please defeat the Ahzab, confederates, O Allah, defeat them and shake them. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, whenever Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, returned from Aghazawa, Hajj, or Umrah, he used to start saying, Allahu Akbar, thrice, and then he would say, La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah alone, who has no partners, to him belongs the kingdom, all praises are for him, and he is able to do all things, that is, he is omnipotent. We are returning with repentance to Allah, worshipping, prostrating, and praising our Lord. Allah has fulfilled his promise, made his slave victorious, and he alone defeated the Ahzab, confederates. Chapter on the return of the Prophet, peace be upon him, from the battle of the Ahzab, confederates, and his going out to Bani Qurayza, and his besieging them. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, returned from the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench, and laid down his arms, and took a bath, angel Jibreel, Gabriel, peace be upon him, came and said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, You have laid down your arms? By Allah, we angels have not laid them down yet. So set out for them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Where to go? Jibreel said, Towards this side, pointing towards Banu Qurayza. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, went out towards them. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, as if I am just now looking at the dust rising in the street of Banu Qan, in Al-Madina, because of the marching of Jibreel's, Gabriel's, regiment, when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, set out to Banu Qurayza to attack them. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Al-Ahzab, the confederates, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, None of you Muslims should offer the Asr prayer, but at Banu Qurayza's place. The Asr prayer became due for some of them on the way. Some of them said, We will not offer it till we reach it, the place of Banu Qurayza, while some others said, No, we will offer at this spot, for the Prophet peace be upon him did not mean that for us. Later on, it was mentioned to the Prophet peace be upon him, and he did not blame any of the two groups. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, some of the Ansar used to present date palm trees to the Prophet peace be upon him till Banu Qurayza and Banu An-Nadir were conquered. Then he returned to the people their date palms. My people ordered me to ask the Prophet peace be upon him to return some or all the date palms they had given to him. But the Prophet peace be upon him had given those trees to Ummi Ayman. On that, Ummi Ayman came and put the garment around my neck and said, No, by him except whom none has the right to be worshipped. He will not return those trees to you as he, that is the Prophet peace be upon him, has given them to me. The Prophet peace be upon him said to her, Return those trees, and I will give you so much instead of them. But she kept on refusing, saying, No, by Allah, 
till he gave her ten times the number of her date palms. Narrated Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, may Allah be pleased with him, the people of Banu Qurayza agreed to accept the verdict of Sa'ad bin Mu'adh. So the Prophet peace be upon him sent for Sa'ad and the latter came riding a donkey. And when he approached the mosque, the Prophet peace be upon him said to the Ansar, Get up for your chief or for the best among you. Then the Prophet peace be upon him said to Sa'ad, These, that is, Banu Qurayza, have agreed to accept your verdict. Sa'ad said, Kill their men warriors and take their offspring as captives. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said, You have judged according to Allah's judgment, or said, according to the kings, Allah's judgment. Footnote Regarding statement, Get up for your chief or for the best among you here, the Prophet peace be upon him asked them to help Sa'ad because he was sick. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Sa'ad was wounded on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is, the trench when a man from Quraysh called Hibban bin Al-Ariqa hit him with an arrow. The man was Hibban bin Qais from the tribe of Bani Ma'iz bin Amr bin Law'i, who shot an arrow on Sa'ad's medial arm vein, or main artery of the arm. The Prophet peace be upon him pitched a tent for Sa'ad in the mosque so that he might be near to the Prophet peace be upon him to visit. When the Prophet peace be upon him returned from the battle of Al-Khandaq, that is the trench, and laid down his arms and took a bath, Jibril, Gabriel, peace be upon him, came to him while he, that is, Jibril, was shaking the dust off his head, and said, You have laid down the arms. By Allah, I have not laid them down. Go out to them to attack them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Where? Angel Jibril pointed towards Bani Qurayza. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, went to them, that is, Banu Qurayza, and besieged them. They then surrendered to the Prophet's judgment, but he directed them to Sa'ad to give his verdict concerning them. Sa'ad said, I give my judgment that their warriors should be killed, their women and children should be taken as captives, and their properties distributed. Narrated Hisham, my father informed me that Aisha said, Sa'ad said, O Allah, you know that there is nothing more beloved to me than to fight in your cause against those who disbelieved your messenger peace be upon him, and turned him out of Mecca. O Allah, I think you have put to an end the fight between us and them, that is, Quraysh infidels. And if there still remains any fight with the Quraysh infidels, then keep me alive till I fight against them for your sake. But if you have brought the war to an end, then let this wound burst and cause my death thereby. So blood gushed from the wound. There was a tent in the mosque belonging to Banu Qithar, who were surprised by the blood flowing towards them. They said, O people of the tent, what is this thing which is coming to us from your side? Behold, blood was flowing profusely out of Sa'ad's wound. Sa'ad then died because of that. Narrated Al-Bara' May Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet peace be upon him said to Hassan, Abuse them with your poems. And angel Jibril, Gabriel is with you. Through another group of sub-narrators, Al-Bara' bin Azib said, On the day of Qurayza's siege, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to Hassan bin Thabith, Abuse them with your poems, and Jibril is with you. Chapter on the Ghazwa, that is, Battle of Dhatir Riqar. This was the Ghazwa carried on by the Muslims against the tribes of Muharib, Khosafa from Banu Thalaba 
from Rothafan. The Prophet, peace be upon him, halted at Nahul. This ghazwa took place after the conquest of Khaybar, as Abu Musa came to Al-Madinah from Ethiopia after the ghazwa of Khaybar. Footnote. Since it has become certain that Abu Musa participated in the ghazwa of Dhat al-Riqar, since his arrival at Al-Madinah coincided with the ghazwa of Khaybar, we infer that the ghazwa of Dhat al-Riqar took place after that of Khaybar. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him led his companions in fear prayer in the seventh ghazwa, that is, the ghazwa of Dhat al-Riqar. Ibn Abbas said, the Prophet peace be upon him offered the fear prayer at a place called the Qarad. Footnote. Fear prayer means salah, prayer performed at the same time of battle when the Muslims confront the enemy. Jabir said that the Prophet peace be upon him led the people in the fear prayer on the day of Muharib and Thalaba, that is, the day of the battle of Dhat al-Riqar. Jabir added, the Prophet peace be upon him set out for the battle of Dhat al-Riqar at a place called Nahl, and he met a group of people from Ghatafan, but there was no clash between them, and the people were afraid of each other, and the Prophet peace be upon him offered the two rakara of the fear prayer. Narrated Salama, I fought in the battle of the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of Al-Qarad. Narrated Abu Burda, Abu Musa said, We went out in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him for a ghazwa, and we were six persons having one camel which we rode in rotation. So, due to excessive walking, our feet became thin, and my feet became thin, and my nails dropped. And we used to wrap our feet with the pieces of cloth. And for this reason, the ghazwa was named Dhatir as we wrapped our feet with rags. When Abu Musa narrated this hadith, he felt regretful to do so and said, as if he disliked to have disclosed a good deed of his. Footnote, Dhatir literally means of the rags. Narrated Salih bin Khuwat, or Salih bin Abi Hathma, concerning those who witnessed the fear prayer that was performed in the battle of Dhat al-Riqar, in the company of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. One batch lined up behind him, with another batch lined up facing the enemy. The Prophet, peace be upon him, led the batch that was with him in one rakara, and he stayed in the standing posture, while that batch completed their two rakara prayer by themselves and went away, lining in the face of the enemy. While the other batch came, and he, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered his remaining rakara with them, and then kept on sitting till they completed their salah, prayer by themselves. And he then finished his salah, prayer with taslim, along with them. Narrated Ibn Zubayl, Jabir said, We were with the Prophet, peace be upon him, at Nahl, and then he mentioned the fear prayer. Narrated Al-Qasim bin Muhammad, The Prophet, peace be upon him, offered the fear prayer in the ghazwa of Banu Anmar. Narrated Sahal bin Abi Hathma, describing the fear prayer. The Imam stands up facing the Qibla, and one batch of them, that is the army, out of the two offers salah prayers along with him, and the other batch faces the enemy. The Imam offers one rak'ah with the first batch, and then they themselves stand up alone and offer one bowing and two prostrations while they are still in their place, and then go away to relieve the second batch. And the second batch comes and takes the place of the first batch in the salah, prayer, 
behind the imam, and he offers the second rak'ah with them. So he completes his two rak'ah with taslim. And then the second batch gets up for the second rak'ah, bows and prostrates two prostrations. That is, complete their second rak'ah, and thus all complete their salah prayer. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, I took part in a ghazwa towards Najd along with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, and we clashed with the enemy, and we lined up for them. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him led the fear prayer with one of the two batches of the army, while the other batch faced the enemy. Then the first batch went away after offering one rak'ah and took places of their companions, that is, second batch. And the second batch came, and he, peace be upon him, led his second rak'ah with them. Then he, that is, the Prophet peace be upon him, finished his salah, prayer, with taslim. And then, each of the two batches got up and completed their remaining one rak'ah. Narrated Sinan and Abu Salama, Jabir mentioned that he had participated in a ghazwa towards Najd in the company of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, that he fought in a ghazwa towards Najd along with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. And when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, returned, he too returned along with him. The time of the afternoon nap overtook them when they were in a valley full of thorny trees. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, dismounted, and the people dispersed amongst the thorny trees, seeking the shade of the trees. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, took shelter under a Samurah tree and hung his sword on it. We slept for a while, when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, suddenly called us, and we went to him to find a Bedouin sitting with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, This Bedouin took my sword out of its sheath while I was asleep. When I woke up, the naked sword was in his hand, and he said to me, Who can save you from me? I replied, Allah. Now here he is sitting. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, did not punish him for that. Through another group of narrators, Jabir said, We were in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the battle of Zathir and we came across a shady tree, and we left it for the Prophet, peace be upon him, to take rest under its shade. A man from Al-Mushrikun came while the Prophet's sword was hanging on the tree. He took it out of its sheath secretly and said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, Are you afraid of me? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, No. He said, Who can save you from me? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Allah. The companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, threatened him. Then the iqama for the salah prayer was announced and the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered a two-raka'ah fear prayer with one of the two batches, and that batch went aside. Then he offered again a two-raka'ah prayer with the second batch. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered four raka'ah, but the people offered two-raka'ah only. The sub-narrator, Abu Bishr, added, The man was Ghawrath bin al-Harith, and the battle was waged against Muharib Khasafa. Jabir added, we were with the Prophet, peace be upon him, at Nahu, and he offered the fear prayer. Abu Huraira said, I offered the fear prayer with the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the Ghazwa, that is, the battle of Najd. Abu Huraira came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the days of Khaybar. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Banu al-Mustaliq, which belongs to the tribe of Uzar, 
It is also called the Ghazwa of Al-Muraisi. Ibn Ishaq said, It took place in the sixth year of the Hijrah. Musa bin Uqba said, It was in the fourth year of the fourth statement against Aisha, which was during the Ghazwa of Al-Muraisi. Narrated Ibn Muhaydiz, I entered the mosque and saw Abu Sayyid al-Khudri and sat beside him and asked him about al-Azl, that is, coitus interruptus. Abu Sa'id said, We went out with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, for the ghazwa of Banu al-Mustaliq, and we received captives from among the Arab captives, and we desired women, and calibacy became hard on us, and we loved to do coitus interruptus. So when we intended to do coitus interruptus, we said, How can we do coitus interruptus without asking Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, while he is present among us? We asked him about it, and he said, It is better for you not to do so. There is no person that is destined to exist, but will come to existence till the day of resurrection. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, we took part in the ghazwa of Najd along with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. And when the time for the afternoon rest approached, while he was in a valley with plenty of thorny trees, he dismounted under a tree and rested in its shade and hung his sword on it. The people dispersed amongst the trees in order to have shade. While we were in this state, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, called us, and we came and found a Bedouin sitting in front of him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, This Bedouin came to me while I was asleep, and he took my sword stealthily. I woke up while he was standing by my head, holding my sword without its sheath. He said, Who will save you from me? I replied, Allah. So he sheathed it, that is, the sword, and sat down. And here he is. But Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, did not punish him. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Anmar Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah al-Ansari, may Allah be pleased with them, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, offering his Nawafil prayer on his mount facing the east during the Ghazwa of Anmar. Chapter on the narration of al-Ifq, that is, slander, the story of the forged statement against Aisha, which the hypocrites invented. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. Whenever Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, intended to go on a journey, he used to draw lots amongst his wives. And Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to take with him the one on whom the lot fell. He drew lots amongst us during one of the Ghazawad which he fought. The lot fell on me and I proceeded with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, after Allah had decreed the use of hijab, veil. I was carried on the back of a camel in a howdaj and dismounted while still in it, when we came to a halt. So we went on till Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had finished from his, that, Ghazawa, and returned. We camped as we approached near the city of Al-Madinah. Then he announced for departure at night. I got up when they announced the departure and went away from the army camps, and after finishing from the call of nature, I came back to my riding animal. I touched my chest to find that my necklace, which was made of zifar beads, that is, Yemenite beads, partly black and partly white, was missing. So I returned to look for my necklace, and my search for it detained me. In the meanwhile, the people who used to carry me on my camel came and took my haldaj and put it on the back of my camel, on which I used to ride, as they considered that it was in it. In those days, women were light in weight for they did not get fat, 
and flesh did not cover their bodies in abundance, as they used to eat only a little food. So those people did not feel the difference in the heaviness of the howdaj while lifting it, and they put it near the camel. At that time I was still a young lady. They made the camel rise, and all of them left along with it. I found my necklace after the army had gone. Then I came to their camping place to find no call maker of them, nor one who would respond to the call. So I intended to go to the place where I used to stay, thinking that they would miss me and come back to me in my search. While I was sitting in my resting place, I was overwhelmed by sleep and slept. Safwan bin al-Mu'attal al-Sulami al-Zakawani was behind the army. When he reached my place in the morning, he saw the figure of a sleeping person and he recognized me on seeing me as he had seen me before the order of compulsory veiling was prescribed. So I woke up when he recited, Istirja, that is, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. As soon as he recognized me, I veiled my face with my head cover at once, and by Allah, we did not speak a single word. And I did not hear him saying any word besides his istirja. He dismounted from his camel and made it kneel down putting his leg on its front legs, and then I got up and rode on it. Then he set out leading the camel that was carrying me till we overtook the army in the extreme heat of midday, while they were at a halt, taking a rest. Because of the event, some people brought destruction upon themselves by slandering Aisha, and the one who spread the ifk, the slander, more, was Abdullah bin Ubay ibn Salul. Urwa said, the people propagated the slander and talked about it in his, that is, Abdullah's presence, and he confirmed it and listened to it and asked about it to let it prevail. Rorwa also added, None was mentioned as members of the slanderous group besides Abdullah, except Hassan bin Thabit and Misthar bin Ruthatha in Hamna bin Dijahash, along with others about whom I have no knowledge. But they were a group as Allah said, and as for him, who has the greater share therein. Qur'an, chapter 24, verse 11. The slander was Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salul. Urwa added, Aisha disliked to have Hassan abused in her presence, and she used to say, It was he who said, My father and his, that is my father's father, and my honor are all for the protection of Muhammad's honor from you. Aisha added, After we returned to Al-Madina, I became ill for a month. The people were propagating the forced statements of the slanderers while I was unaware of anything of all that. But I felt that in my present ailment, I was not receiving the usual kindness from Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, which I used to receive when I got sick. But now, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him would only come, greet me and say, How is that, lady? And leave. That roused my doubts. But I did not discover the evil, that is, slander, till I recovered from my ailment and I went out with Ummi Mistah to Al-Manasi, where we used to answer the call of nature, and we used not to go out to answer the call of nature except at night, and that was before we had latrines near our houses. And this habit of our was similar to the habits of the old Arabs living in the open country, or away from houses for it would be troublesome for us to take latrines near our houses. So I and Ummi Mislah, who was the daughter of Abu Ruhm bin Al-Muttalib bin Abdi Manaf, whose mother was the daughter of Sakhar bin Amir and the aunt of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, and whose son was Mislah bin Urthatha bin Abad bin Al-Muttalib, went out. 
I and Umi Mistah returned to my house after we finished answering the call of nature. Umi Mistah stumbled by getting her foot entangled in her covering sheet, and on that she said, Let Mistah be ruined. I said, What a miserable word you have said. Do you abuse a man who took part in the Battle of Badr? On that she said, O Hanta, you there, didn't you hear what he, that is Mistah, said? I said, What did he say? Then she told me the slander of people of Ifk. So my ailment was aggravated, and when I reached my home, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, came to me, and after greeting me, said, How's that, lady? I said, Will you allow me to go to my parents? As I wanted to be sure about the news through them. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, allowed me, and I went to my parents, and asked my mother, O oh mother, what are the people talking about? She said, O oh my daughter, don't worry, for scarcely is there a charming woman who is loved by her husband, and whose husband has other wives besides herself, that they, that is women, should find faults with her. I said, Subhanallah, are the people really talking in this way? I kept on weeping that night till dawn. I could neither stop weeping nor sleep. Then in the morning again, I kept on weeping. When the divine revelation was delayed, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, called Ali bin Abi Talib and Usama bin Zayd to ask and consult them about divorcing me. Usama bin Zayd said what he knew of my innocence and the respect he had for me. Usama said, O Allah's Messenger, she is your wife, and we do not know anything except good about her. Ali bin Abi Talib said, O Allah's Messenger, Allah does not put you in difficulty, and there are plenty of women other than she. Yet, ask the maid servant, Aisha slave girl, who will tell you the truth. On that, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him called Barida, that is, the maid servant, and asked, O Barida, did you ever see anything which aroused your suspicion? Barida said to him, By him who has sent you with the truth, I have never seen anything in her, that is, Aisha, which I would conceal, except that she is a young girl who sleeps leaving the dough for her family exposed so that the domestic goats come and eat it. So, on that day, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him got up on the pulpit and complained about Abdullah bin Urbay bin Salul before his companions, saying, O you Muslims, who will relieve me from that man who has hurt me with his evil statement about my family? By Allah, I know nothing except good about my family, and they have blamed a man about whom I know nothing except good, and he never used to enter my home except in my company. Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, the brother of Banu Abdul Ashal, got up and said, O Allah's Messenger, I will relieve you from him. If he is from the tribe of Al-Arus, then I will chop his head off. And if he is from our brothers, that is Al-Khazraj, then order us, and we will fulfill your order. On that, a man from Al-Khazraj got up. Ummi Hassan was his cousin's sister, and he was from his branch tribe, and he was Sa'ad bin Ubadah, chief of Al-Khazraj. Before this incident, he was a pious man, but his love for his tribe goaded him into saying to Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, By Allah, you have told a lie. You shall not and cannot kill him. If he belonged to your people, you would not wish him to be killed. On that, Usaid bin Hulayr, who was the cousin of Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, got up and said to Sa'ad bin Urbada, By Allah, you are a liar. We will surely kill him. And you are a hypocrite, arguing on behalf of hypocrites. On this, 
The two tribes of Al-Aus and Al-Khazraj got so much excited that they were about to fight while Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was standing on the pulpit. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, kept on quietening them till they became silent, and so did he. All that day I kept on weeping. Neither my tears ceased, nor I could sleep. In the morning, my parents were with me, and I wept for two nights and a day. Neither my tears ceased, nor I could sleep, till I thought that my liver would burst from weeping. While my parents were sitting with me and I was weeping, an Ansari woman asked my permission to enter, and I allowed her to come in. She came in and sat down and started weeping with me. While we were in this state, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, came, greeted us, and sat down. He had never sat down with me since that day of the slander. A month had elapsed, and no divine revelation came to him about my case. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, then recited the shahud, that is, La ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah. None has the right to be worshipped but Allah, and Muhammad is Allah's Messenger. And then said, Amma ba'du, O Aisha, I have been informed such and such about you. If you are innocent, then soon Allah will reveal your innocence. And if you have committed a sin, then repent to Allah and ask Him for forgiveness. For when a person confesses his sins and asks Allah for forgiveness, Allah accepts his repentance. When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, finished his speech, my tears ceased flowing completely. And there remained not even a single drop of it. I said to my father, Reply to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, on my behalf, concerning what he has said. My father said, By Allah, I do not know what to say to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Then I said to my mother, Reply to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, on my behalf, concerning what he has said. She said, By Allah, I do not know what to say to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. In spite of the fact that I was a young girl and had a little knowledge of the Qur'an, I said, By Allah, no doubt, I know that you heard this slanderous speech so that it has got fixed up in your minds and you have taken it as a truth. Now, if I tell you that I am innocent, you will not believe me. And if I confess to you falsely, then I am guilty. And Allah knows that I am innocent. You will surely believe me. By Allah, I find no similitude for me and you except that of Yusuf's, Joseph's father, when he said, So for me, patience is most fitting. And it is Allah alone whose help can be sought against that lie which you describe. Quran, chapter 12, verse 18. Then I turned to the other side of my bed, hoping that Allah would prove my innocence. By Allah, I never thought that Allah would reveal divine revelation in my case, as I considered myself too inferior to be talked of in the Qur'an. I had hoped that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, might have a dream in which Allah would prove my innocence. By Allah, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had not got up, and nobody had left the house before the divine revelation came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. So there overtook him the same state which used to overtake him when he used to be inspired divinely. The sweat was dropping from his body like pearls. Though it was a cold, wintry day, and that was because of the weighty statement which was being revealed to him. When that state of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was over, he got up smiling, and the first word he said was, O Aisha, Allah has declared your innocence. Then my mother said to me, Get up and go to him. That is, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. 
I replied, By Allah, I will not go to him, and will not thank but Allah. So Allah revealed the ten verses. Verily, those who brought forth the slander against Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, are a group among you. That is, Quran, chapter 24, verse 11 to 21. Allah revealed those Quranic verses to declare my innocence. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, who used to provide for Mislah bin Urthatha because of his relationship to him and his poverty, said, By Allah, I will never give to Mislah bin Urthatha anything after what he has said about Aisha. But Allah later revealed, And let not those among you who are blessed with graces and wealth swear not to give any sort of help to their kinsmen, al-Masakin, the poor, and those who left their homes for Allah's sake. Let them pardon and forgive. Do you not love that Allah should forgive you? And Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. Quran chapter 24 verse 22. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said, Yes, by Allah, I do love that Allah should forgive me, and resume giving Mistar the money he used to give him before. He also added, By Allah, I will never deprive him of it at all. Aisha further said, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him also asked Zainab binti Jahsh, that is his wife, about me saying, What do you know and what did you see? She replied, O Allah's Messenger, I refrain to claim hearing or seeing what I have not heard or seen. By Allah, I know nothing except good about Aisha. From amongst the wives of the Prophet peace be upon him, Zainab was my peer in beauty and in the love she received from the Prophet peace be upon him. Yet Allah protected her from being malicious, for she had piety. Her sister, Hamna, started struggling on her behalf, and she was destroyed along with those who were destroyed. The man who was blamed said, Subhanallah, by him in whose hand my soul is, I have never uncovered the cover, that is, veil of any female. Later on, the man was martyred in Allah's cause. Footnote Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. This saying literally means, Truly to Allah we belong, and truly to Him we shall return. Quran, chapter 2, verse 156. It is recommended to be said when one is in distress or difficulty. Footnote Her sister Hamna started struggling on her behalf means, by spreading the slander so that her sister would not have a rival in the love of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. Footnote. I have never uncovered the cover that is veil of any female. This is a figurative expression, meaning, I have never had sexual relation with any female. Narrated Az-Zuhri, Al-Walid bin Abdul Malik said to me, Have you heard that Ali was one of those who slandered Aisha? I replied, No, but two men from your people named Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman and Abu Bakr bin Abdul Rahman bin Al-Hadith have informed me that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, told them that Ali remained silent about her case. Narrated Masrur bin Al-Ajda, Ummi Ruman, the mother of Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said that while Aisha and she were sitting, an Ansari woman came and said, May Allah harm such and such a person. Ummi Ruman said to her, what is the matter? She replied, My son was amongst those who talked of the story of the slander. Umi Roman said, 
What is that? She said, so and so, and narrated the whole story. On that, Aisha said, Did Allah's Messenger peace be upon him hear about that? She replied, Yes. Aisha further said, And Abu Bakr too? She replied, Yes. On that, Aisha fell down fainting, and when she came back to her senses, she had got fever with rigors. I put her clothes over her and covered her. The Prophet peace be upon him came and asked, What is wrong with this lady? Umi Roman replied, O Allah's Messenger, she, that is, Aisha, has got fever with rigors. He said, Perhaps it is because of the story that has been talked about? She said, Yes. Aisha sat up and said, By Allah, if I took an oath that I am innocent, you would not believe me. And if I said that I am not innocent, you would not excuse me. My and your example is like that of Yaqub, Jacob, and his son, as Yaqub said. And it is Allah alone whose help can be sought against that lie which you describe. Quran, chapter 12, verse 18. Umi Roman said, The Prophet peace be upon him then went out saying nothing. Then Allah declared her innocence. On that, Aisha said to the Prophet peace be upon him, I thank Allah only. I thank neither anybody else nor you. Narrated Ibn Abi Mulaika. Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, used to recite the verse, إِذْ When you were propagating it with your tongues. Quran, chapter 24, verse 15. And she used to say, Al-Walaq, means telling a lie. She knew this verse more than anybody else, as it was revealed about her. Narrated Hisham's father, I started abusing Hassan in front of Aisha. She said, do not abuse him, as he used to defend Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, against the infidels. Raisha added, Once Hassan took the permission from the Prophet, peace be upon him, to say poetic verses against the infidels. On that, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, How will you exclude my forefathers from that? Hassan replied, I will take you out of them as one takes a hair out of the dough. Hisham's father added, I abused Hassan as he was one of those who spoke against Aisha. Narrated Masruq We went to Aisha while Hassan bin Thabit was with her, reciting poetry to her from some of his poetic verses, saying, A chaste, wise lady, about whom nobody can have suspicion. She gets up with an empty stomach, because she never eats the flesh of indiscreet ladies. Aisha said to him, But you are not like that. I said to her, Why do you grant him admittance? Though Allah said, And as for him among them who had the greater share therein, his will be a great torment. Quran, chapter 24, verse 11. On that, Aisha said, And what punishment is more than blinding? She added, Hassan used to defend or say poetry on behalf of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, against the infidels. Footnote She gets up with an empty stomach, because she never eats the flesh of indiscreet ladies. Here, eating the flesh of other people means backbiting them. Footnote Aisha said, And what punishment is more than blinding? Hassan had become blind then. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Al-Hudaybiyah And the Statement of Allah Indeed, Allah was pleased with the believers when they gave the bay'ah pledge to you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, under the tree. Quran, Chapter 48, Verse 18 Narrated Zayd bin Khalid, may Allah be pleased with him, 
we went out with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah. One night, it rained and Allah's Messenger peace be upon him led us in the Fajr morning prayer and after finishing it, turned to us and said, Do you know what your Lord has said? We replied, Allah and His Messenger know it better. He said, Allah said, Some of my slaves got up believing in me, and some of them disbelieving in me. The one who said, We have been given rain through Allah's mercy, and Allah's blessing, and Allah's bounty, then he is a believer in me, and is a disbeliever in the star. And whoever said, We have been given rain because of such and such star, then he is a disbeliever in the star, and is a disbeliever in me. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, performed four Umrah, all in the month of Dhil Qa'dah, except the one which he performed with his Hajj, that is, in Dhil Hijjah. He performed one Umrah from Al-Hudaybiyah in Dhil Qa'dah, another Umrah in the following year in Dhil Qa'dah, a third from Al-Ja'arana, where he distributed the war booty of Hunayn in Dhil Qa'dah, and the fourth Umrah he performed was with his Hajj. Narrated Abu Qatada, We set out with the Prophet peace be upon him in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah, and all his companions assumed the state of Ihram, but I did not. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, Do you people consider the conquest of Mecca, the victory referred to in the Qur'an, chapter 48, verse 1, was the conquest of Mecca a victory? We really consider the actual victory was the Ar-Ridwan pledge which we gave on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah to the Prophet peace be upon him. On the day of Al-Hudaybiyah, we were 1,400 men along with the Prophet peace be upon him. Al-Hudaybiyah was a well, the water of which we used up leaving not a single drop of water in it. When the Prophet peace be upon him was informed of that, he came and sat on its edge. Then he asked for a utensil of water, performed ablution from it, rinsed his mouth, invoked Allah, and poured the remaining water into the well. We stayed there for a while, and then the well brought forth what we required of water for ourselves and our riding animals. Narrated Al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with them, that they were in the company of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah, and their number was fourteen hundred or more. They camped at a well and drew its water till it was dried. When they informed Allah's Messenger peace be upon him of that, he came and sat over its edge and said, Bring me a bucket of its water. When it was brought, he spat and invoked Allah and said, Leave it for a while. Then they quenched their thirst and watered their riding animals from that well till they departed. Narrated Salim, Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, said, On the day of Al-Hudaybiyah, the people felt thirsty, and Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had a utensil containing water. He performed ablution from it, and then the people came towards him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, What is wrong with you? The people said, O oh Allah's Messenger, we haven't got any water to perform ablution with or to drink, except what you have in your utensil. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, put his hand in the utensil, and the water started spouting out between his fingers like springs. So we drank and performed ablution. I asked Jabir, what was your number on that day? He replied, Even if we had been one hundred thousand, that water would have been sufficient for us. Anyhow, we were fifteen hundred. 
narrated Qadada. I said to Sa'id bin al-Musayyib, I have been informed that Jabir bin Abdullah said that the number of al-Hudaybiyah Muslim warriors were 1400. Sa'id said to me, Jabir narrated to me that they were 1500 who gave the bay'ah pledge to the Prophet peace be upon him on the day of al-Hudaybiyah. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them. On the day of al-Hudaybiyah, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to us, You are the best people on the earth. We were 1400 then. If I could see now, I would have shown you the place of the tree beneath which the bay'ah pledge was given by us. Salim said, Our number was 1400. Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with him, said, The people who gave the bay'ah pledge under the tree numbered 1300 and the number of Bani Aslam was one-eighth of the emigrants. Narrated Mirdas al-Aslami, who was among those who had given the bay'ah pledge under the tree, pious people will die in succession and there will remain the drags of society who will be like the useless residues of dates and barley, and Allah will pay no attention to them. Narrated Marwan and Al-Miswar bin Mahrama, the Prophet, peace be upon him, went out in the company of 1300 to 1500 of his companions in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah, and when they reached Dhul-Hulayfa, he garlanded and marked his hadi and assumed the state of Ihram. Narrated Ka'ab bin Ujra that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, saw him with the lice falling from his head on his face. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, Are your lice troubling you? Ka'ab said, Yes. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, thus ordered him to shave his head while he was at Al-Hudaybiyah. Up to then, there was no indication that all of them would finish their state of Ihram, and they hoped that they would enter Mecca. Then the order of Al-Fidya was revealed. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, ordered Garb to feed six poor persons with one farq, a food, or slaughter a sheep, or observe salm, fast, for three days. Footnote The Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions were then in the state of Ihram. They could not enter Mecca in that year and had to finish their Ihram at Al-Hudaybiyah. Garb had to pay fidya for shaving his head because he shaved his head and finished his Ihram before the others were ordered to finish their ihram, when they learned that they could not enter Mecca. Narrated Aslam, Once I went with Umar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, to the market. A young woman followed Umar and said, O chief of the believers, my husband has died leaving little children. By Allah, they have not even a sheep's trotter to cook. They have no farms or animals. I am afraid that they may die because of hunger. And I am the daughter of Khufaf bin Ima' al-Ghifari. And my father witnessed the bay'ah pledge of al-Hudaybiyah with the Prophet peace be upon him. Umar stopped and did not proceed and said, I welcome my near relative. Then he went towards a strong camel which was tied in the house. He carried on to it two sacks. He had loaded with food grains and put between them money and clothes and give her its rope to hold and said, Lead it and this provision will not finish till Allah gives you a good supply. A man said, O chief of the believers, you have given her too much. Umar said disapprovingly, May your mother be bereaved of you. By Allah, I have seen her father and brother besieging a fort for a long time and conquering it, and then we were discussing what their shares they would have from that war booty.
narrated Sa'id bin al-Musayyib that his father said, I saw the tree of the Ar-Ridwan pledge, and when I returned to it, I was not able to recognize it. The sub-narrator, Mahmud said, al-Musayyib said, Then I forgot it, that is, the tree. Narrated Tariq bin Abdul Rahman, When I set out for Hajj, I passed by some people offering a salah, prayer. I asked, What is this mosque? They said, This is the tree where Allah's messenger peace be upon him took the bay'ar ridwan, pledge. Then I went to Sa'id bin al-Musayyib and informed him about it. Sa'id said, My father said that he was amongst those who had given the bay'ar, pledge, to Allah's messenger peace be upon him beneath the tree. He, that is my father, said, When we set out the following year, we forgot the tree and were unable to recognize it. Then Sa'id said, The companions of the Prophet peace be upon him could not recognize it. Nevertheless, you do recognize it. Therefore, you have a better knowledge. Narrated Sa'id bin al-Musayyib that his father was amongst those who had given the bayara pledge to the Prophet peace be upon him beneath the tree. And the next year, when they went towards the tree, they were not able to recognize it. Narrated Tariq The tree where Ar-Ridwan pledge was taken by the Prophet peace be upon him was mentioned before Sa'id bin al-Musayyib. On that he smiled and said, My father informed me about it, and he had witnessed it, that is, the pledge. Narrated Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, who was one of those who had given the bay'ara pledge to the Prophet peace be upon him beneath the tree. When the people brought sadaqa, that is, charity, etc., to the Prophet peace be upon him, He used to say, O Allah, bless them with your mercy. Once my father came with his sadaqah to him, whereupon he, that is, the Prophet peace be upon him, said, O Allah, bless the family of Abu Awfa. Narrated Abad bin Tamim, when it was the day of the battle of Al-Harrah, the people were giving bayar, pledge to Abdullah bin Hanzala. Ibn Zaid said, For what are the people giving bayar to Abdullah bin Hanzala? It was said to him, for death. Ibn Zaid said, I will never give the bay'ah for that to anybody else after Allah's messenger peace be upon him. Ibn Zaid was one of those who had witnessed the day of Al-Hudaybiyah with the Prophet peace be upon him. Footnote Al-Harrah A battle that took place between the army of Yazid bin Muawiyah and the people of Al-Madina. Footnote Abdullah bin Hanzala was the governor of Al-Madina appointed by Abdullah bin Az-Zubayr. Narrated Iyaz bin Salama bin Al-Aqwa. My father was amongst those who had given the bay'ara pledge to the Prophet peace be upon him beneath the tree. Said to me, We used to offer the Jumara prayer with the Prophet peace be upon him, and then depart at a time when the walls had no shade to shade ourselves therein. Narrated Yazid bin Abi Ubaid. I said to Salama bin Al-Aqwa, For what did you give the bay'ara pledge to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah? He replied, for death in the cause of Islam. Narrated Al-Musayyib, I met Al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with them, and said to him, May you live prosperously. You enjoyed the company of the Prophet peace be upon him and gave him the bayara pledge at Al-Hudaybiyah under the tree. On that, Al-Bara said, O my nephew, you do not know what we have done after him, that is, his death. Narrated Abu Qilaba that Thabit bin Abdahak had informed him that he was one of those who had given the bay'ara pledge at Al-Hudaybiyah 
beneath the tree. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, regarding Allah's statement. Verily, we have given you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, a manifest victory. Quran, chapter 48, verse 1. It refers to the Al-Hudaybiyah pledge, and the companions of the Prophet peace be upon him said to the Prophet peace be upon him, Congratulations and happiness for you, but what reward shall we get? So Allah revealed that he may admit the believing men and the believing women to gardens beneath which rivers flow. That is paradise. Quran, chapter 48, verse 5. Narrated Zahir al-Aslami, who was one of those who had witnessed the bay'ah pledge beneath the tree. While I was making fire beneath the cooking pots containing donkey's meat, the announcer of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him announced, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbids you to eat donkey's meat. The same narration was told by Majza' from a man called Uhban bin Aus, who was one of those who had witnessed the bay'ah pledge beneath the tree and who had some trouble in his knee, so that while doing prostrations, he used to put a pillow underneath his knee. Narrated Suwayd bin An-Nu'man, who was one of those who witnessed the bay'ah pledge beneath the tree. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and his companions were given sawiq, and they chewed it. Narrated Abu Jamra, I asked Ra'is bin Amr, may Allah be pleased with him, who was one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and one of those who gave the bay'ah pledge to the Prophet peace be upon him beneath the tree. Can the witr prayer be repeated in one night? He said, If you have offered it in the first part of the night, you should not repeat it in the last part of the night. See Fath al-Bari. Narrated Zaid bin Aslam. My father said, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him was proceeding at night on one of his journeys, and Umar ibn al-Khattab was going along with him. Umar ibn al-Khattab asked him about something, but Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, did not answer him. Umar asked him again, but he did not answer him. He asked him again for the third time, but he did not answer him. On that, Umar ibn al-Khattab addressed himself, saying, May your mother be bereaved of you, O Umar, for you have asked Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, thrice, yet he has not answered you. Umar said, then I made my camel run fast and took it in front of the other Muslims, and I was afraid that something might be revealed in my connection. I had hardly waited for a moment when I heard somebody calling me. I said, I was afraid that something might have been revealed about me. Then I came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and greeted him. He, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Tonight, there has been revealed to me a surah which is dearer to me than all the world on which the sun rises. Then he recited, Verily, we have given you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, a manifest victory. Quran, Chapter 48, Verse 1 Narrated Al-Misr bin Mahrama and Marwan bin Al-Hakam, one of them said more than his friend, The Prophet peace be upon him set out in the company of more than one thousand of his companions in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah. And when he reached Dhul-Hulayfa, he garlanded his hadi, that is, sacrificing animal, assumed the state of Ihram for Umrah from that place, and sent a spy of his from Khuzah tribe. The Prophet peace be upon him proceeded on till he reached a village called Ghadir al-Ashtat. There his spy came and said, The Quraysh infidels have collected a great number of people against you, 
and they have collected against you the Ethiopians, and they will fight with you, and will stop you, and prevent you from entering the Karba. The Prophet peace be upon him said, O people, give me your opinion. Do you recommend that I should destroy the families and offspring of those who want to stop us from going to the Karba? If they should come to us for peace, then Allah would destroy a spy from Al-Mushrikun, or otherwise we will leave them in a miserable state. On that, Abu Bakr said, O Allah's Messenger, you have come with the intention of visiting this house, that is, Karba, and you do not want to kill or fight anybody. So proceed to it, and whoever should stop us from it, we will fight him. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Proceed on, in the name of Allah. Narrated Urwa bin al-Zubayr that he heard Marwan bin al-Hakam and al-Miswar bin Mahrama relating one of the events that happened regarding Allah's Messenger peace be upon him when he concluded the truce with Suhail bin Amr on the day of al-Hudaybiyah. One of the conditions which Suhail bin Amr stipulated was his saying to the Prophet peace be upon him, If anyone from us, that is infidels, ever comes to you, though he has embraced your religion, you should return him to us and should not interfere between us and him. Suhail refused to conclude the truce with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him except on this condition. The believers disliked this condition and got disgusted with it and argued about it. But when Suhail refused to conclude the truce with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him except on that condition, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him concluded it. Accordingly, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him then returned Abu Jandal bin Suhail to his father Suhail bin Amr and returned every man coming to him from them during that period, even if he was a Muslim. The believing women emigrants came to Al-Madinah and Umm Kulthum, the daughter of Uqba bin Abi Mu'ayyid, was one of those who came to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and she was a fully mature girl at that time. Her relatives came asking Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to return her to them. And in this connection, Allah revealed the verses dealing with the believing women. Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to test all the believing women who emigrated to him with the following verse, O Prophet, when believing women come to you to give you the bay'ah, pledge. Quran, chapter 60, verse 12. Urwa's uncle said, we were informed when Allah ordered His Messenger peace be upon him to return to Al-Mushrikun what they had given to their wives who lately emigrated to Al-Madina and we were informed that Abu Basir relating the whole narration. See Volume 3, Hadith number 2731, 2732 for details. Narrated Nafir, Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, set out for Umrah during the period of Al-Fitna trial, afflictions. And he said, If I should be stopped from visiting the Kaaba, I will do what we did when we were with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. He, Ibn Umar, was one of those who had assumed ihram for Umrah in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah. Narrated Nafir, Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, assumed ihram and said, If something should intervene between me and the Kaaba, then I will do what the Prophet peace be upon him did when the Quraysh infidels intervened between him and the Kaaba. Then Ibn Umar recited, Indeed in the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad peace be upon him, you have a good example to follow. Quran chapter 33 verse 21 Narrated Nafir, one of Abdullah's sons said to Abdullah bin Umar, I wish you would stay this year 
and not perform Hajj, as I am afraid that you will not be able to reach the Kaaba. On that, he, that is, Abdullah bin Umar, said, We went out with the Prophet, peace be upon him, for Umrah, and when the Quraysh infidels intervened between us and the Kaaba, the Prophet, peace be upon him, slaughtered his hadi and shaved his head, and his companions cut short their hair. Then, Abdullah bin Umar said, I make you witness that I have intended to perform Umrah, and if I am allowed to reach the Kaaba, I will perform the Tawaf, and if something, that is obstacles, intervenes between me and the Kaaba, then I will do what Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, did. Then after going for a while, he said, I consider the ceremonies of both Umrah and Hajj as one and the same, so I would like to witness that I have intended to perform Hajj along with my Umrah. So he performed only one Tawaf and one Sa'i, going between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and finished the Ihram of both Umrah and Hajj. Narrated Nafir, the people used to say that Ibn Umar had embraced Islam or given the Hudaybiyah pledge before Umar. This is not true. What happened is that Umar sent Abdullah to bring his horse from an Ansari man so as to fight on it. At that time, the people were giving the Bayara pledge to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, near the tree. And Umar was not aware of that. So Abdullah bin Umar gave the Bayara to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and went to take the horse and brought it to Umar. While Umar was putting on the armor to get ready for fighting, Abdullah informed him that the people were giving the bay'ah to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, beneath the tree. So Umar set out, and Abdullah accompanied him till he gave the bay'ah to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. And it was this event that made people say that Ibn Umar had embraced Islam or given the Hudaybiyah pledge before Umar. Abdullah bin Umar added, the people were along with the Prophet, peace be upon him, on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah, spreading in the shade of the trees. Suddenly, the people surrounded the Prophet, peace be upon him, and started looking at him. Umar said, O Abdullah, go and see why the people are encircling Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and looking at him. Abdullah bin Umar then saw the people giving the bay'ah to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So he also gave the bay'ah and returned to Umar, who went out in his turn and gave the bay'ah to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Narrated Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with him, we were in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he performed the Umrah. He performed the Tawaf, and we did the same. He offered the Salah, prayer, and we also offered the Salah, prayer, with him. Then he performed the Sa'i, that is, going between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and we were guarding him against the people of Mecca, so that nobody should harm him. Narrated Abu Wa'il, when Sahal bin Hunayf returned from the Battle of Sifin, a battle between Ali and Mu'awiyah, we went to ask him as to why he had come back. He replied, You should not consider me a coward, but blame your own opinions. I saw myself on the day of Abu Jandal, inclined to fight. And if I had the power of refusing the order of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, then I would have refused it and fought the infidels bravely. Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him, know what is convenient and better. Whenever we put our swords on our shoulders for any matter that terrified us, our swords led us to an easy agreeable solution before the present situation of disagreement and dispute between the Muslims. When we mend the breach in one side, it opened in another, and we do not know what to do about it. Footnote You should not consider me a coward, but blame your own opinions. Here, they blamed him for not fighting properly in that battle, 
but he blamed them for fighting their Muslim brethren. Footnote During the peace treaty of Al-Hudaybiyah, Abu Jandal, a new convert, sought refuge with the Prophet peace be upon him from the infidels who had persecuted him. But the Prophet peace be upon him, abiding by the conditions of the treaty, returned him to the infidels. The companions of the Prophet peace be upon him wished that he had not returned him and prepared to fight the infidels. Narrated Ka'ab bin Urdra, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him came to me at the time of Al-Hudaybiyah, pledge, while lice were falling on my face. He said, Are the lice of your head troubling you? I said, Yes. He said, Shave your head and observe salm, fast, for three days, or feed six poor persons, or slaughter a sheep as sacrifice. The sub-narrator, Ayyub, said, I do not know with which of these three options he started. Narrated Ka'ab bin Ujra, may Allah be pleased with him, We were in the company of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, at Al-Hudaybiyah, in the state of Ihram, and Al-Mushrikun did not allow us to proceed to the Ka'bah. I had thick hair, and lice started falling on my face. The Prophet, peace be upon him, passed by me and said, Are the lice of your head troubling you? I replied, Yes. The sub-narrator added, Then the following divine verse was revealed. And whosoever of you is ill or has an ailment in his scalp, necessitating shaving, he must pay a fidya, ransom of either observing salm, fasts, three days, or giving sadaqah, charity, feeding six poor, or offering sacrifice, one sheep. Quran, chapter 2, verse 196. Chapter on the story of the tribes of Urkul and Urayna. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. Some people of the tribe of Urkul and Urayna arrived at Al-Madinah to meet the Prophet, peace be upon him, and embraced Islam, and said, O Allah's Prophet, we are the owners of milch livestock, that is, we are Bedouins, and not farmers, that is, countrymen. They found the climate of Al-Madinah unsuitable for them. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, ordered that they should be provided with some milch camels and a shepherd and ordered them to go out of Al-Madinah and to drink the camel's milk and urine as medicine. So they set out, and when they reached Al-Harra, they reverted to heathenism after embracing Islam, and killed the shepherd of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and drove away the camels. When this news reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, he sent some people in pursuit of them. So they were caught and brought back to the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, gave his orders in their concern, so their eyes were branded with heated pieces of iron, and their hands and legs were cut off, and they were left away in Harra till they died in that state of theirs. See Volume 1, Hadith Number 233. Narrated Abu Raja, the freed slave of Abu Qilaba, who was with Abu Qilaba in Sham, Umar ibn al-Abdul Aziz consulted the people saying, What do you think of Qasama? They said, It is a right judgment with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and the caliphs before you acted on. Abu Qilaba was behind Umar's bed. Ambassa bin Sa'id said, But what about the narration concerning the people of Urkul and Urayna? Abu Qilaba said, Anas bin Malik narrated it to me and then narrated the whole story. See Volume 9 Hadith number 6899. Footnote. Qasama. If somebody is murdered somewhere and the people of that area deny the murder and of knowing about the murderer, then 50 of them should take an oath to confirm their claim. 
and if they take such an oath, qasama, then the government pays the blood money to the relatives of the deceased person. Footnote The Prophet, peace be upon him, did not ask the people of Uraina to take an oath concerning the murder of the shepherd, but he killed them. See Hadith number 4192 Chapter on Ghazawa that the Qarad, in which the infidels attacked and took away the she-camels of the Prophet, peace be upon him, three days before the Battle of Khaybar. Narrated Salama bin al-Aqwa Once I went from al-Madina towards al-Ghaba, before the first adhan of the Fajr prayer. The she-camels of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to graze at a place called the Qarad. A slave of Abdurrahman bin Auf met me on the way and said, The she-camels of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had been taken away by force. I asked, Who had taken them? He replied, The people of Ghathafan. I made three loud cries to the people of Al-Madina, saying, Ya Sabaha! I made the people between the two mountains of Al-Madina hear me. Then I rushed onward and caught up with the robbers while they were watering the camels. I started throwing arrows at them as I was a good archer, and I was saying, I am the son of Al-Aqwa, and today will perish the mean people. I kept on saying like that till I saved the she-camels of the Prophet peace be upon him. I also snatched thirty burda, that is garments, from them. Then the Prophet peace be upon him and the other people came there. And I said, O Allah's Prophet, I have stopped the people of Ghatafan from taking water, and they are thirsty now, so send some people after them now. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said, O the son of Al-Aqwa, you have overpowered them, so forgive them. Then we all came back, and Allah's Messenger peace be upon him seated me behind him on his she-camel, till we entered Al-Madinah. Footnote Ya Sabaha A Call for Help Chapter on the Ghazwa of Khaybar Narrated Suwaid bin An-Nurman I went out in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him in the year, the Battle of Al-Khaybar. And when we reached Al-Sahbah, which is the lower part of Khaybar, the Prophet peace be upon him offered the Asr prayer, and then asked the people to collect the journey food. Nothing was brought but Sawiq, which the Prophet peace be upon him ordered to be moistened with water. And then he ate it, and we also ate it. Then he got up to offer the Maghrib prayer. He washed his mouth, and we too washed our mouths. And then he offered the Salah, prayer, without repeating his ablution. Narrated Salama bin Al-Aqwa, may Allah be pleased with him, we went out to Khaybar in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him. While we were proceeding at night, a man from the group said to Amr, O Amr, won't you let us hear your poetry? Amr was a poet, so he got down and started reciting for the people poetry that kept pace with the camel's footsteps, saying, O Allah, without you we would not have been guided on the right path, neither would we have given sadaqah in charity nor would we have offered salah, prayer. So please forgive us. What we have committed, that is our defects, let all of us be sacrificed for your cause. And send sakina, that is, tranquility and calmness upon us, to make our feet firm when we meet our enemy. And if they will call us towards an unjust thing, we will refuse. The infidels have made a hue and cry to ask others' help against us. The Prophet peace be upon him on that asked, Who is that camel driver reciting poetry? The people said, He is Amir bin al Then the Prophet peace be upon him said, May Allah bestow his mercy on him. A man amongst the people said, O Allah's Prophet, has martyrdom been granted to him? Would that you let us enjoy his company longer? 
Then we reached and besieged Khaybar till we were afflicted with severe hunger. Then Allah helped the Muslims conquer it, that is, Khaybar. In the evening of the day of the conquest of the city, the Muslims made huge fires. The Prophet peace be upon him said, What are these fires? For cooking, what are you making the fire? The people replied, For cooking meat. He asked, What kind of meat? They, that is people said, The meat of donkeys. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Throw away the meat and break the pots. Someone asked, O Allah's Messenger, Shall we throw away the meat and wash the pots instead? He said, Yes, you can do that too. So when the army files were arranged in rows for the clash, Amir's sword was short and he aimed at the leg of a Jew to strike it. But the sharp blade of the sword returned to him and injured his own knee, and that caused him to die. When they returned from the battle, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, saw me in a sad mood. He took my hand and said, What is bothering you? I replied, Let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. The people say that the deeds of Amir are lost. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Whoever says so is mistaken, for Amir has got a double reward. The Prophet, peace be upon him, raised two fingers and added, He, that is, Amir, was a persevering struggler in the cause of Allah, and there are few Arabs who achieved the like of good deeds Amir had done. Footnote O Allah's Prophet, has martyrdom been granted to him? Here the man, Umar, inferred from the invocation of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that Amir would be granted martyrdom. Narrated Anas Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, reached Khaybar at night, and it was his habit that whenever he reached the enemy at night, he will not attack them till it was morning. When it was morning, the Jews came out with their spades and baskets, and when they saw him, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, they said, Muhammad, by Allah, Muhammad and his army. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Khaybar is destroyed, for whenever we approach a hostile nation to fight, then evil will be the mourning for those who have been warned. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, we reached Khaybar early in the morning, and the inhabitants of Khaybar came out carrying their spades, and when they saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, they said, Muhammad, by Allah, Muhammad and his army. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Allahu Akbar, Khaybar is destroyed. For whenever we approach a hostile nation to fight, then evil will be the mourning for those who have been warned. We then got the meat of donkeys and intended to eat it, but an announcement was made by the announcer of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, forbid you to eat the meat of donkeys, as it is rids, an impure thing. Footnote Regarding statement, we reached Khaybar early in the morning. They came at night and stayed near to Khaybar till morning when they attacked it. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, someone came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and said, The donkeys have been eaten by the Muslims. The Prophet, peace be upon him, kept quiet. Then the man came again and said, The donkeys have been eaten. The Prophet, peace be upon him, kept quiet. The man came to him the third time and said, The donkeys have been consumed. On that, the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered an announcer to announce to the people, Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, forbid you to eat the meat of donkeys. Then the cooking pots were upset, while the meat was still boiling in them. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, offered the Fajr morning prayer near Khaybar, when it was still dark, and then said, Allahu Akbar, Khaybar is destroyed. 
For whatever we approach a hostile nation to fight, then evil will be the morning for those who have been warned. Then the inhabitants of Khaybar came out running on the roads. The Prophet peace be upon him had their warriors killed, their offspring and women taken as captives. Sophia was amongst the captives. She first came in the share of Dhiya al-Kalbi, but later on she belonged to the Prophet peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him made her manumission as her mahar. Footnote The Prophet peace be upon him married her after manumitting her. Footnote Mahar Bridal money given by the husband to the wife at the time of marriage. Narrated Abdul Aziz bin Suhaib. Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, said, The Prophet peace be upon him took Sophia as a captive. He manumitted her and married her. Thabit asked Anas, What did he give her as mahar? Anas replied, Her mahar was herself, for he manumitted her. Narrated Abu Musa al-Ashari, may Allah be pleased with him, when Allah's Messenger peace be upon him fought the battle of Khaybar, or when Allah's Messenger peace be upon him proceeded towards it, and the people passed over a high place, overlooking a valley, they raised their voices saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the most great, La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah. On that, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to them, Lower your voices, for you are not calling a deaf or an absent one but you are calling a hearer, who is near, and he is with you. I was behind the riding animal of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and he heard me saying, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله There is neither might nor power but with Allah. On that he said to me, O Abdullah bin Qais, I said, لبيك, O Allah's Messenger. He said, Shall I tell you a sentence which is one of the treasures of paradise? I said, Yes, O Allah's Messenger. Let my father and mother be sacrificed for your sake. He said, It is, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله There is neither might nor power but with Allah. Narrated Sahal bin Sa'ad al-Sayyidi, May Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and his army met in a battle with al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his Messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him. And the two armies fought, and then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, returned to his army camp, and the others, that is, the enemy, returned to their army camps. Amongst the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there was a man who would follow and kill with his sword any mushrik going alone. Somebody said, None has benefited the Muslims today more than so and so. On that, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, Verily, he is from the people of the Hellfire. A man amongst the people, that is Muslims, said, I will accompany him to know the fact. So he went along with him, and whenever he stopped, he stopped with him, and whenever he hastened, he hastened with him. The brave man then got wounded severely, and seeking to die at once. He planted his sword into the ground and put its point against his chest in between his breasts, and then threw himself on it and committed suicide. On that, the person who was accompanying the deceased all the time came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and said, I testify that you are the Messenger of Allah. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Why is that? What makes you say so? He said, It is concerning the man whom you have already mentioned as one of the dwellers of the hellfire. The people were surprised by your statement, and I said to them, I will try to find out the truth about him for you. So I went out after him, and he was then inflicted with a severe wound. 
and because of that, he hurried to bring death upon himself by planting the handle of his sword into the ground and directing its tip towards his chest between his breasts, and then he threw himself over it and committed suicide. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him then said, A man may do what seemed to the people as the deeds of the dweller of paradise, but he is from the dwellers of the hellfire. And another may do what seemed to the people as the deeds of the dwellers of the hellfire, but he is from the dwellers of paradise. See Hadith number 2898. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, we witnessed the battle of Khaybar. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said about one of those who were with him and who claimed to be a Muslim. This man is from the dwellers of the hellfire. When the battle started, that fellow fought so violently and bravely that he received plenty of wounds. Some of the people were about to doubt the Prophet's statement. But the man, feeling the pain of his wounds, put his hand into his quiver and took out of it some arrows with which he slaughtered himself, committed suicide. Then some men amongst the Muslims came hurriedly and said, O Allah's Messenger, Allah has made your statement true. So and so has committed suicide. The Prophet peace be upon him said, O so and so, stand up and make an announcement that none will enter paradise but a believer, and that Allah may support the religion, Islam, with a fajr, a wicked, sinful man. Narration about the chain of the narrators Narrated Yazid bin Abi Ubaid I saw the trace of a wound in Salama's leg. I said to him, O Abu Muslim, what is this wound? He said, This was inflicted on me on the day of the battle of Khaybar. And the people said, Salama has been wounded. Then I went to the Prophet peace be upon him, and he blew with saliva, Nafatha on it. That is, the wound thrice. And since then, I have not had any pain in it till this hour. Narrated Sahel during one of the Ghazawad, the Prophet peace be upon him met in a battle with al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger peace be upon him. And the two armies fought, and then each of them returned to their army camps. Amongst the army of the Muslims, there was a man who would follow every single isolated Mushrik and strike him with his sword. It was said, O Allah's messenger, None has fought so satisfactorily as so-and-so, namely, that brave man. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, He is from the dwellers of the hellfire. The people said, Who amongst us will be of the dwellers of paradise if this man is from the dwellers of the hellfire? Then a man from amongst the people said, I will follow him and accompany him, whether he ran fast or slow. The man got wounded. He hurried to die quickly. So he put the handle of his sword on the ground and its tip in between his breasts and then threw himself over it, committing suicide. Then the man who had watched the deceased returned to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, I testify that you are the messenger of Allah. The Prophet peace be upon him said, What is this? The man told him the whole story. The Prophet peace be upon him said, A man may do what may seem to the people as the deeds of the dwellers of paradise but he is of the dwellers of the hellfire, and a man may do what may seem to the people as the deeds of the dwellers of the hellfire, but he is from the dwellers of paradise. Narrated Abu Imran, Anas looked at the people wearing tayalisa, that is, a special kind of head covering worn by Jews in olden days. On that, Anas said, At this moment, they, that is, those people, look like the Jews of Khaybar. Footnote because the Jews of Khaybar used to wear such dresses, 
Anas did not mean that the wearing of such clothes was disliked, but he disapproved of their yellow color. Narrated Salama, may Allah be pleased with him. Ali remained behind the Prophet peace be upon him during the Ghazwa of Khaybar, as he was suffering from eye trouble. He then said, How can I remain behind the Prophet peace be upon him? So he followed him. So when it was the preceding night of the conquest of Khaybar, the Prophet peace be upon him said, I will give the flag tomorrow, or said, Tomorrow the flag will be taken by a man who is loved by Allah and his messenger, and Khaybar will be conquered through him, with Allah's help. While every one of us was hopeful to have the flag, it was said, Here is Ali, and the Prophet peace be upon him gave him the flag, and Khaybar was conquered through him, with Allah's help. Narrated Sahal bin Sa'ad, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's messenger peace be upon him said, Tomorrow I will give this flag to a man through whose hands Allah will give us victory. He loves Allah and his messenger, and he is loved by Allah and his messenger. The people remained that night wondering as to who would be given the flag. In the morning, the people went to Allah's messenger peace be upon him, and every one of them was hopeful to receive it, that is, the flag. The Prophet peace be upon him asked, Where is Ali bin Abi Talib? It was said, He is suffering from eye trouble, O Allah's messenger. He said, Send for him. Ali was brought, and Allah's messenger peace be upon him spat in his eye and invoked good upon him. So, Ali was cured as if he never had any trouble. Then the Prophet peace be upon him gave him the flag. Ali said, O Allah's messenger, I will fight with them till they become like us. Allah's messenger peace be upon him said, Proceed and do not hurry. When you enter their territory, call them to embrace Islam and inform them of Allah's rights, which they should observe. For by Allah, even if a single man is led on the right path, Islam by Allah through you, then that will be better for you than the nice red camels. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, we arrived at Khaybar, and when Allah helped his messenger peace be upon him to open the fort, the beauty of Safiya bin Tihuyi bin Akhtab, whose husband had been killed while she was a bride, was mentioned to Allah's messenger peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him selected her for himself and set out with her, and when we reached a place called Sadda Sahba, Safiya became clean from her menses. Then Allah's Messenger peace be upon him married her. Hais, that is, an Arabian dish, was served on a small leather mat. Then the Prophet peace be upon him said to me, Invite the people around you. So that was the marriage banquet of the Prophet peace be upon him and Safiya. Then we proceeded towards Al-Madina, and I saw the Prophet peace be upon him making for her a kind of cushion with his cloak behind him on his camel. He then sat beside his camel and put his knee for Safiya to put her foot on in order to ride on the camel. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him stayed with Safiya bin Tihuyi for three days on the way of Khaybar, where he consummated his marriage with her. Safiya was amongst those who were ordered to use a veil. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him stayed for three nights between Khaybar and Al-Madinah and was married to Safiya. I invited the Muslims to his marriage banquet, and there was neither meat nor bread in that banquet. But the Prophet peace be upon him ordered Bilal to spread the leather mats on which dates, dried yogurt, and butter were served. The Muslims said amongst themselves, Will she, that is Sophia, be one of the mothers of the believers, that is, one of the wives of the Prophet peace be upon him, or just a lady captive of what his right hand possesses? Some of them said, 
If the prophet peace be upon him makes her observe the veil, then she will be one of the mothers of the believers. And if he does not make her observe the veil, then she will be his lady slave. So when he departed, he made a place for her behind him on his camel and made her observe the veil. Narrator Abdullah bin Mughaffal, may Allah be pleased with him, while we were besieging Khaybar, a person threw a leather container containing some fat and I ran to take it. Suddenly, I looked behind and behold, the Prophet peace be upon him was there, so I felt shy to take it then. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the eating of garlic and the meat of donkeys. See Volume 1, Hadith number 854. Narrated Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the mufar, that is, temporary marriage, and the eating of the meat of donkeys. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the eating of the meat of donkeys. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the eating of the meat of donkeys. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him forbade the eating of the meat of donkeys and allowed the eating of the meat of horses. Narrated Ibn Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with them, we were afflicted with severe hunger on the day of Khaybar. While the cooking pots were boiling and some of the food was well cooked, the announcer of the Prophet peace be upon him came to say, Do not eat anything of the meat of the donkey and upset the cooking pots. We then thought that the Prophet peace be upon him had prohibited such food because the hummus had not been taken out of it. Some others said, He prohibited the meat of donkeys forever because donkeys used to eat dirty things. Narrated Al-Bara and Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with them, that when they were in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him, they got some donkeys which they slaughtered and cooked. Then the announcer of the Prophet peace be upon him said, Turn the cooking pots upside down, that is, throughout the meat. Narrated Al-Bara and Ibn Abi Awfa, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, when the cooking pots were put on the fire with the meat of the donkeys, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Turn the cooking pots upside down. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with them. We took part in a ghazwa with the Prophet peace be upon him, same as hadith number 4223 and 4224. Narrated Al-Bara bin Azib, may Allah be pleased with him. During the ghazwa of Khaybar, the Prophet peace be upon him ordered us to throw away the meat of the donkeys, whether it was still raw or cooked. He did not allow us to eat it later on. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, I do not know whether the Prophet peace be upon him forbade the eating of donkey meat temporarily, because they were the beasts of burden for the people, and he disliked that their means of transportation should be lost, or he forbade it on the day of the battle of Khaybar permanently. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, on the day of the battle of Khaybar, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, divided the war booty of Khaybar with the ratio of two shares for the horse and one share for the foot soldier. The sub-narrator, Nafir, explained this, saying, If a man had a horse, he was given three shares, and if he had no horse, then he was given one share. Narrated Jubair bin Mutrim, may Allah be pleased with him, Uthman bin Affan, and I went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, 
you had given Banu al-Muttalib from the Khumus of Khaybar's booty and left us in spite of the fact that we and Banu al-Muttalib are on equal family status with you. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Banu Hashim and Banu al-Muttalib only are one and the same. So the Prophet peace be upon him did not give anything to Banu Abdish Shams and Banu Nawfil. Footnote Uthman belonged to Banu Abdish Shams and Jubair belonged to Banu Nawfil. Narrated Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with him, the news of the emigration of the Prophet peace be upon him from Mecca to Al-Madinah reached us while we were in Yemen. So we set out as Muhajirun, emigrants, towards him. We were three, I and my two brothers. I was the youngest of them, and one of the two was Abu Burla, and the other Abu Ruhm, and our total number was either 53 or 52 men from my people. We got on board a boat, and our boat took us to Najashi, Negus, in Ethiopia. There we met Jafar bin Abi Talib, and stayed with him. Then we all came to Al-Madinah and met the Prophet, peace be upon him, at the time of the conquest of Khaybar. Some of the people used to say to us, namely the people of the boat, We have emigrated before you. Asma bin Theomais, who was one of those who had come with us, came as a visitor to Hafsa, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him. She had emigrated along with those other Muslims who emigrated to Najashi. Umar came to Hafsa while Asma bin Theomais was with her. Umar, on seeing Asma, said, Who is this? She said, Asma bin Theomais. Umar said, Is she the Ethiopian? Is she the seafaring lady? Asma replied, Yes. Umar said, We have emigrated before you, people of the boat, so we have got more right than you over Allah's messenger, peace be upon him. On that, Asma became angry and said, No, by Allah, while you were with Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, who was feeding the hungry ones amongst you and advising the ignorant ones amongst you. We were in the far-off hated land of Ethiopia, and all that was for the sake of Allah, and then his messenger peace be upon him. By Allah, I will neither eat any food nor drink anything till I inform Allah's messenger peace be upon him of all that you have said. There we were harmed and frightened. I will mention this to the Prophet peace be upon him, and will ask him about it. By Allah, I will not tell a lie or curtail your saying or add something to it. So when the Prophet peace be upon him came, she said, O Allah's Prophet, Umar has said so and so. He, peace be upon him, said to Asma, What did you say to him? Asma said, I told him so and so. The Prophet peace be upon him said, He, that is Umar, has not got more right than you people over me, as he and his companions have the reward of only one emigration. And you? The people of the boat have the reward of two emigrations. Asma later on said, I saw Abu Musa and the other people of the boat coming to me in successive groups, asking me about this narration, and to them nothing in the world was more cheerful and greater than what the Prophet peace be upon him had said about them. Narrated Abu Burla, Asma said, I saw Abu Musa requesting me to repeat this narration again and again. Narrated Abu Burla, Abu Musa said, the Prophet peace be upon him said, I recognize the voice of the group of Al-Ash'ariyun when they recite the Qur'an, when they enter their homes at night, and I recognize their houses by listening to their voices when they are reciting the Qur'an at night, although I have not seen their houses where they stay during the daytime. Amongst them is Hakim, who, on meeting the cavalry, 
or said, the enemy used to say to them, that is, the enemy. My companions order you to wait for them. Narrated Abu Musa, We came upon the Prophet, peace be upon him, after he had conquered Khaybal. He then gave us a share from the booty. But apart from us, he did not give to anybody else who did not participate in the conquest. Narrated Abu Huraira, May Allah be pleased with him, When we conquered Khaybal, we gained neither gold nor silver as booty, but we gained cows, camels, goods, and gardens. Then we departed with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, to the valley of Al-Qura. And at that time, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had a slave called Midam, who had been presented to him by one of Banu Ad-Dibab. While the slave was dismounting the saddle of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, an arrow, the thrower of which was unknown, hit that slave. The people said, Congratulations to him for the martyrdom. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, No, by him in whose hand my soul is, the sheet of cloth which he had taken illegally on the day of the battle of Khaybal from the booty before the distribution of the booty has become a flame of fire burning him. On hearing that, a man brought one or two leather straps of shoes to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, These are the things I took illegally. On that, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, This is a strap, or these are two straps of fire. Narrated Umar ibn al-Khattab, May Allah be pleased with him, by him in whose hand my soul is, were I not afraid that the other Muslims might be left in poverty, I would divide the land of whatever village I may conquer among the fighters, as the Prophet peace be upon him divided the land of Khaybar. But I prefer to leave it as a source of a common treasury for them to distribute its revenue amongst themselves. Narrated Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, but for the other Muslims, that is, coming generations, I would divide the land of whatever villages the Muslims might conquer among the fighters, as the Prophet peace be upon him divided the land of Khaybar. Narrated Ambassa bin Sa'id, Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, came to the Prophet peace be upon him and asked him for a share from the Khaybar booty. On that, one of the sons of Sa'id bin Al-As said to him, O Allah's Messenger, do not give him. Abu Huraira then said to the Prophet peace be upon him, This is the murderer of Ibn Qawqal. Sa'id's son said, How strange! A guinea pig coming from Qadum al-Dhan. Footnote. Qadum al-Dhan is the name of a mountain in the land of Abu Huraira's tribe. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent Aban from Al-Madinah to Najd as the commander of Assyria. Aban and his companions came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, at Khaybar after the Prophet had conquered it. And the reins of their horses were made of the fiber of date palm trees. I said, O Allah's Messenger, do not give them a share of the booty. On that, Aban said to me, Strange, you suggest such a thing, though you are what you are, O guinea pig coming down from the top of Adal. On that, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O Aban, sit down, and did not give him any share. Narrated Sa'id Aban bin Sa'id came to the Prophet peace be upon him and greeted him. Abu Huraira said, O Allah's Messenger, this, Aban, is the murderer of Ibn Qawqal. On hearing that, Aban said to Abu Huraira, How strange your saying is, you, a guinea pig, descending from Qadum al-Dhan, blaming me for killing a person whom Allah favored with martyrdom, with my hand, and whom he forbade to degrade me with his hand. Footnote. Aban wants to say, if I had been killed by that person, I would have been among the people of the hellfire. Aban, before embracing Islam, 
killed Abu Qalqal, who was a Muslim. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Fatima, peace be upon her, the daughter of the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent someone to Abu Bakr when he was a caliph, asking for her inheritance of what Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had left of the property bestowed on him by Allah from the Fa, that is, booty gained without fighting, in Al-Madinah, and Fadak, and what remained of the Humus and of the Khaybar booty. On that, Abu Bakr said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, Our property is not inherited. Whatever we leave is sadaqah, charity. But the family of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, can eat of this property. By Allah, I will not make any change in the state of the sadaqah of Allah's Messenger and will leave it as it was during the lifetime of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and will dispose of it as Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, used to do. So Abu Bakr refused to give anything of that to Fatima. So she became angry with Abu Bakr and kept away from him and did not talk to him till she died. She remained alive for six months after the death of the Prophet peace be upon him. When she died, her husband Ali buried her at night without informing Abu Bakr and he offered the funeral prayer by himself. When Fatima was alive, the people used to respect Ali much, but after her death, Ali noticed a change in the people's attitude towards him. So Ali sought reconciliation with Abu Bakr and gave him the bay'ah, pledge. Ali had not given the bay'ah, pledge, during those months, that is, the period between the Prophet's death and Fatima's death. Ali sent someone to Abu Bakr saying, Come to us, but let nobody come with you, as he disliked that Umar should come. Umar said to Abu Bakr, No, by Allah, you shall not enter upon them alone. Abu Bakr said, What do you think they will do to me? By Allah, I will go to them. So Abu Bakr entered upon them, and then Ali uttered tashahud, and said to Abu Bakr, We know well your superiority, and what Allah has given you, and we are not jealous of the good what Allah has bestowed upon you. But you did not consult us in the question of the rule, and we thought that we have got a right in it, because of our near relationship to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. Thereupon, Abu Bakr's eyes flowed with tears. And when Abu Bakr spoke, he said, By him in whose hand my soul is, to keep good relations with the relatives of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him is dearer to me than to keep good relations with my own relatives. But as for the trouble which arose between me and you about his property, I will do my best to spend it according to what is good, and will not leave any rule or regulation which I saw Allah's Messenger peace be upon him following in disposing of it. But I will follow. On that, Ali said to Abu Bakr, I promise to give you the bay'ah, pledge, this afternoon. So when Abu Bakr had offered the Luhr prayer, he ascended the pulpit and uttered the tashahud, and then mentioned the story of Ali and his failure to give the bay'ah, pledge, and excused him, accepting what excuses he had offered. Then Ali got up and praying to Allah for forgiveness, he uttered tashahud, praised Abu Bakr's right and said that he had not done what he had done because of jealousy of Abu Bakr or as a protest of what Allah had favored him with. Ali added, But we used to consider that we too had some right in this affair of rulership and that he, that is Abu Bakr, did not consult us in this matter and therefore caused us to feel sorry. On that, all the Muslims became happy and said, You have done the right thing. The Muslims then became friendly with Ali as he did to what the people had done that is, giving the bayar pledge,
to Abu Bakr. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, when Khaybar was conquered, we said, now we will eat our fill of dates. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, we did not eat or fill except after we had conquered Khaybar. Chapter on the appointment of a ruler of Khaybar by the Prophet peace be upon him. Narrated Abu Sa'id al-Khudri and Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, appointed a man as the ruler of Khaybar, who later brought some janib, that is, dates of good quality, to the Prophet, peace be upon him. On that, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to him, Are all the dates of Khaybar like this? He said, No, by Allah, O Allah's Messenger, but we take one sara of these dates of good quality for two or three sara of other dates of inferior quality. On that, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, do not do so, as it is a kind of usury, riba fadl. But first, sell the inferior quality dates for money, and then with money, buy janib. Abu Sa'id and Abu Huraira said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, made the brother of Bani Adi from the Ansar as the ruler of Khaybar. Chapter on the dealing of the Prophet, peace be upon him, with the people of Khaybar. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, gave the land of Khaybar to the Jews of Khaybar, on condition that they would work on it and cultivate it, and they would have half of its yield. Chapter on the sheep which was poisoned, and presented to the Prophet, peace be upon him, at Khaybar. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. When Khaybar was conquered, a cooked sheep containing poison was given as a present to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Zayd bin Haritha. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, appointed Usama bin Zayd as the commander of some people. Those people criticized his leadership. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If you speak ill of his leadership, you have already spoken ill of his father's leadership before. By Allah, he deserved to be a commander, and he was one of the most beloved persons to me, and now this. That is, Usama is one of the most beloved persons to me after him. Chapter on the Umrah al-Qadha, that is, an Umrah performed in lieu of an abandoned or missed or being prevented Umrah. Narrated al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, when the Prophet peace be upon him proceeded to perform Umrah in the month of Dhul the people of Mecca stopped him from entering Mecca till he agreed to conclude a peace treaty with them by virtue of which he would stay in Mecca for three days only in the following year. When the agreement was being written, the Muslims wrote, this is the peace treaty, which Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, has concluded. The infidel said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, We do not agree with you on this, for if we knew that you are the Messenger of Allah, we would not have prevented you for anything, that is, entering Mecca, etc. But you are Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. Then he, peace be upon him, said to Ali, Erase the name of Messenger of Allah. Ali said, No, by Allah, I will never erase you. That is your name. Then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, took the writing sheet, and he did not know a better writing. And he wrote, or got it the following written. This is the peace treaty, which Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, has concluded. Muhammad should not bring arms into Mecca except sheathed swords, and should not take with him any person of the people of Mecca, even if such a person wanted to follow him. And if any of his companions wants to stay in Mecca, he should not forbid him. In the next year, when the Prophet peace be upon him entered Mecca, and when the stipulated period of stay elapsed, 
the infidels came to Ali and said, Tell your companion, Muhammad, peace be upon him, to go out, as the stipulated period of his stay has finished. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, departed from Mecca, and the daughter of Hamza followed him, shouting, O uncle, O uncle! Ali took her by the hand and said to Fatima, peace be upon her, Take the daughter of your uncle. So she made her ride on her horse. When they reached Al-Madina, Ali, Zaid, and Jarfa quarreled about her. Ali said, I took her for she is the daughter of my uncle. Jarfa said, She is the daughter of my uncle, and her aunt is my wife. Zaid said, She is the daughter of my brother. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him gave her to her aunt and said, The aunt is of the same status as the mother. He then said to Ali, You are from me, and I am from you. And said to Jarfar, You resemble me in appearance and character. And said to Zaid, You are our brother and our freed slave. Ali said to the Prophet peace be upon him, Won't you marry the daughter of Hamza? The Prophet peace be upon him said, She is the daughter of my foster milk-suckling brother. Narrated Ibn Umar, May Allah be pleased with them. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him set out with the intention of performing Umrah, but the infidels of Quraysh intervened between him and the Karba. So the Prophet peace be upon him slaughtered his hadi, that is, sacrificing animal, and shaved his head at Al-Hudaybiyah, and concluded a treaty with them, that is, the infidels, on condition that he would perform Umrah the next year, and that he would not carry arms against them except swords, and would not stay in Mecca more than what they would allow. So the Prophet peace be upon him performed the Umrah in the following year, and according to the peace treaty, he entered Mecca, and when he had stayed there for three days, the infidels ordered him to leave, and he left. Narrated Mujahid, Ulwa and I entered the mosque and found Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, sitting beside the dwelling place of Aisha. Ulwa asked, Ibn Umar, how many Umrah did the Prophet peace be upon him perform? Ibn Umar replied, four, one of which was in the month of Rajab. Then we heard Aisha brushing her teeth, whereupon Ulwa said, O mother of the believers, don't you hear what Abu Abdurrahman is saying? He is saying that the Prophet peace be upon him performed four Umrah one of which was in the month of Rajab. Aisha said, The Prophet peace be upon him did not perform any Umrah, but he, that is Ibn Umar, witnessed it, and he, the Prophet peace be upon him, never did any Umrah in the month of Rajab. Narrated Ibn Awfa, May Allah be pleased with them, when Allah's Messenger peace be upon him performed the Umrah, which he performed in the year following the Treaty of Al-Hudaybiyah, we were screening Allah's Messenger peace be upon him from the infidels and their boys, lest they should harm him. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and his companions arrived at Mecca, al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah, and in his Messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, There have come to you a group of people who have been weakened by the fever of Yathrib, that is, al-Madina. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered his companions to do Ramal in the first three rounds of Tawaf around the Kaaba, and to walk in between the two corners, that is, the black stone and the Yemenite corner. The only thing which prevented the Prophet peace be upon him from ordering them to do Rommel in all the rounds of Tawaf was that he pitied them. Ibn Abbas added, When the Prophet peace be upon him arrived at Mecca in the year of peace following that of Al-Hudaybiyah treaty with the Mushrikun of Mecca, he ordered his companions to do Rommel in order to show their strength to Al-Mushrikun and Al-Mushrikun were watching the Muslims from the hill of Turayqi'an.
Footnote. Ramal. Fast walking accompanied by the movements of the arms and legs to show one's physical strength. This is to be observed in the first three rounds of the Tlawaf around the Kaaba and is to be done by the men only and not by women. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him hastened in going around the Kaaba and between the Al-Safa and Al-Marwa in order to show Al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger Muhammad peace be upon him, his strength. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him married Maymuna during the Umrah al-Qadha while he was in the state of Ihram but he consummated that marriage after finishing that state. Maymuna died at Sarif, a place near Mecca. Ibn Abbas added, The Prophet peace be upon him married Maymuna during the Umrah al-Qadha that is, the Umrah performed in lieu of the Umrah which the Prophet peace be upon him could not perform because Al-Mushrikun prevented him to perform that Umrah. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Mauta in the land of Sham Narrated Nafir Ibn Umar informed me that on the day of the battle of Mauta he stood beside Jarfal who was dead, that is, killed in the battle, and he counted fifty wounds in his body caused by stabs or strokes, and none of those wounds was in his back. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, appointed Zayd bin Haditha as the commander of the army during the Ghazwa of Mauta, and said, If Zayd is martyred, Jarfal should take over his position, and if Jarfal is martyred, Abdullah bin Rawaha should take over his position. Abdullah bin Umar further said, I was present amongst them in that battle, and we searched for Jarfal bin Abi Talib and found his body amongst the bodies of the martyred ones, and found over ninety wounds over his body caused by stabs or shots of arrows. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him had informed the people of the martyrdom of Zayd, Jarfar, and Ibn Rawaha before the news of their death reached. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Zayd took the flag as the commander of the army and was martyred. Then Jarfar took it and was martyred. And then Ibn Rawaha took it and was martyred. At that time, the Prophet's eyes were overflowing with tears. He added, Then the flag was taken by a sword amongst the swords of Allah, that is, Khalid, and Allah made them, that is, the Muslims, victorious. Narrated Amra, I heard Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, saying, When the news of the martyrdom of Ibn Haditha, Jafar bin Abi Talib, and Abdullah bin Rawaha, may Allah be pleased with them, reached, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sat with sorrow explicit on his face. Aisha added, I was then peeping through a chink in the door. A man came to him and said, O Allah's Messenger, the women of Jarfar are crying. Thereupon the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him to forbid them to do so. So the man went away and returned, saying, I forbade them, but they did not listen to me. The Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered him again to go and forbid them. He went again and came, saying, by Allah, they overpowered me, that is, did not listen to me. Raisha added, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to him, Go and throw dust into their mouths. Raisha further added, I said, May Allah put your nose in the dust. By Allah, neither have you done what you have been ordered, nor have you relieved Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, from his distress. Narrated Amr, may Allah be pleased with him, whenever Ibn Umar greeted the son of Jarfar, he used to say to him, 
Assalamu alaika. That is, peace be on you, O the son of two-winged person. Narrated Khalid bin al-Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Mauta, nine swords were broken in my hand, and nothing was left in my hand except a Yemenite sword of mine. Narrated Khalid bin al-Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the battle of Mauta, nine swords were broken in my hand, and only a Yemenite sword of mine remained in my hand. Narrated An-Nurman bin Bashir, may Allah be pleased with them, Abdullah bin Rawaha fell down unconscious and his sister Amra started crying and was saying loudly, O Jabala, O so-and-so, so-and-so, and went on calling him by his good qualities one by one. When he came to his senses, he said to his sister, Whenever you said something, I was asked, Are you really so? That is, as he says. Footnote Jabal literally means mountain. Amra means, O oh my supporter. Narrated Ash-Shabi, An-Nu'man bin Bashir said, Abdullah bin Rawaha fell down unconscious and mentioned the above hadith, adding, Thereupon, when he died, she, that is, his sister, did not weep over him. Chapter on the dispatch of Usama bin Zayd by the Prophet peace be upon him towards Al-Hiraqat, a place of the tribe of Juhayna. Narrated Usama bin Zayd, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent us towards Al-Hiraqa, and in the morning we attacked them and defeated them. I and an Ansari man followed a man from among them, and when we took him over, he said, La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah. On hearing that, the Ansari man stopped, but I killed him by stabbing him with my spear. When we returned, the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to know about that, and he said, O Usama, did you kill him after he had said La ilaha illallah? I said, but he said so only to save himself. The Prophet, peace be upon him, kept on repeating that so often that I wished I had not embraced Islam before that day. Narrated Salama bin Alakwa, may Allah be pleased with him, I fought in seven Ghazawat, that is, battles, in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and fought in nine other battles, fought by armies dispatched by the Prophet, peace be upon him. Once Abu Bakr was our commander, and at another time, Usama was our commander. Narrated Salama in another narration. I fought seven Ghazawat, that is, battles, in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and also fought in nine other battles, in armies sent by the Prophet, peace be upon him. Once Abu Bakr was our commander, and another time, Usama was our commander. Narrated Salama bin Alakwa, may Allah be pleased with him, I fought in nine Ghazawat along with the Prophet, peace be upon him. I also fought along with Ibn Haditha, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, made him our commander. Narrated Yazid bin Abi Ubaid, Salama bin al-Aqwa said, I fought in seven Ghazawat along with the Prophet, peace be upon him. He then mentioned Khaybar, Al-Hudaybiyah, the day that is battle of Hunayn, and the day of Al-Qarab. I forgot the names of the other Ghazawat. Chapter on the Ghazawa of Al-Fatr And what Hathib bin Abi Baltar sent to the people of Mecca informing them about the Ghazawa of the Prophet peace be upon him. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent me, Az-Zubayl and Al-Miqdad, saying, Proceed till you reach Rauda Khokh, where there is a lady carrying a ladder, and take that ladder from her. 
So we proceeded on our way, with our horses galloping till we reached Rolda. And there we found the lady and said to her, Take out the letter. She said, I have no letter. We said, Take out the letter, or else we will take off your clothes to search for the letter. So she took it out of her braid, and we brought the letter to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. The letter was addressed from Hathib bin Abi Baltar to some mushrikun of Mecca, telling them about what Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, intended to do. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, O Hathib, what is this? Hathib replied, O Allah's Messenger, do not make a hasty decision about me. I was a person not belonging to Quraysh, but I was an ally to them from outside, and had no blood relation with them. And all the emigrants who were with you have got their kinsmen in Mecca who can protect their families and properties. So I like to do them a favor, so that they might protect my relatives, as I have no blood relation with them. I did not do this to renegade from my religion, Islam, nor did I do it to choose heathenism after Islam. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to his companions, As regards him, he, Hathlib, has told you the truth. Omar said, O Allah's Messenger, allow me to chop off the head of this hypocrite. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, He, Hathlib, has witnessed the battle of Badr, that is, fought in it. And what could tell you? Perhaps Allah looked at those who witnessed Badr and said, O the people of Badr, Badr Muslim warriors, do what you like, for I have forgiven you. Then Allah revealed the surah. O you who believe, take not my enemies and your enemies, that is, disbelievers and polytheists, as friends, showing affection towards them, while they have disbelieved in what has come to you of the truth, that is, Islamic monotheism, this Qur'an, and Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, to the end of verse. Then indeed, he has gone far astray, away from the straight path. Quran, chapter 60, verse 1. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Al-Fath was fought during Ramadan. Narrated Ubaidullah bin Abdullah bin Uthwa, Ibn Abbas said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, fought the Ghazwa, that is, battle of Al-Fath, during Ramadan. Narrated Az-Zuhri, Ibn al-Musayyib also said the same. Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, added. The Prophet, peace be upon him, observed Salm fast, and when he reached Al-Kadid, a place where there is water between Qudayd and Usfan, he broke his psalm, and did not observe psalm afterwards till the whole month had passed away. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him left Al-Madinah for Mecca in the company of 10,000 Muslim warriors in the month of Ramadan, and that was eight and a half years after his emigration to Al-Madinah. He and the Muslims who were with him proceeded on their way to Mecca. He was observing Salm, fast, and they were observing Salm, fast. But when they reached a place called Al-Kadid, which was a place of water between Usfan and Qudayd, he broke his Salm, fast, and so did they. As Zuhri said, one should take the last action of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and leave his early action, while taking a verdict. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, set out towards Hunayn in the month of Ramadan. And some of the people were observing Salm, fast, while some others were not observing Salm, fast. And when the Prophet, peace be upon him, mounted his she-camel, he asked for a tumbler of milk or water and put it on the palm of his hand or on his she-camel. 
And then the people looked at him, and those who were not observing Sloam fast told those who were observing Sloam fast to break their Sloam fast. That is, as the Prophet peace be upon him had done so. Ibn Abbas added, "The Prophet peace be upon him went to Hunayn in the year of the conquest of Mecca." Narrated Thaus, Ibn Abbas said, "Allah's Messenger peace be upon him traveled in the month of Ramadan, and he observed Sloam." Fast till he reached a place called Rusfan. Then he asked for a tumbler of water and drank it by the daytime, so that the people might see him. He broke his slum. Fast till he reached Mecca. Ibn Abbas used to say, "Allah's Messenger peace be upon him observed slum fast and sometimes did not observe slum fast while traveling. So one may observe slum fast or may not on journeys." Chapter on where did the Prophet peace be upon him fix the flag on the day of the conquest of Mecca? Narrated Hisham's father, when Allah's messenger peace be upon him set out towards Mecca during the year of conquest of Mecca, and this news reached the infidels of Quraysh, Abu Sufyan, Hakim bin Hizam, and Budayl bin Warqa came out to gather information about Allah's messenger peace be upon him. They proceeded on their way till they reached a place called Marra Zahran, which is near Mecca. Behold, there they saw many fires, as if they were the fires of Arafat. Abu Sufyan said, "What is this? It looked like the fires of Arafat." Budayl bin Warqa said, "Banu Amr are less in number than that. Some of the guards of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him saw them and took them over, caught them, and brought them to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him." Abu Sufyan embraced Islam. When the Prophet peace be upon him proceeded, he said to Al Arbas. Keep Abu Sufyan standing at the top of the mountain, so that he would look at the Muslims. So Al Arbas kept him standing at that place, and the tribes, with the Prophet peace be upon him, started passing in front of Abu Sufyan in military batches. A batch passed, and Abu Sufyan said, "O Abbas, who are these?" Abbas said, "They are Banu Ghifar." Abu Sufyan said, "I have got nothing to do with Ghifar." Then a batch of the tribe of Juhayna passed by, and Abu Sufyan said what he said before. Then a batch of the tribe of Saad bin Hussein passed by, and he said similarly as above. Then Banu Salim passed by, and he said similarly as above. Then came a batch the like of which Abu Sufyan had not seen. He said, "Who are these?" Abbas said, "They are the Ansar, headed by Saad bin Ubada, the one holding the flag." Saad bin Ubada said. O Abu Sufyan, today is the day of a great battle, and today what is prohibited in the Kaaba will be permissible. Abu Sufyan said, "O Abbas, how excellent the day of destruction is!" Then came another batch of warriors, which was the smallest of all the batches, and in it there was Allah's messenger peace be upon him and his companions, and the flag of the Prophet peace be upon him was carried by Azubair bin Al Awam. May Allah be pleased with him. When Allah's Messenger peace be upon him passed by Abu Sufyan, the latter said to the Prophet peace be upon him, "Do you know what Saad bin Urbada said?" The Prophet peace be upon him said, "What did he say?" Abu Sufyan said, "He said so and so." The Prophet peace be upon him said, "Saad told a lie, but today Allah will give superiority to the Kaaba, and today the Kaaba will be covered with a cloth covering." Allah's Messenger peace be upon him ordered that his flag be fixed at Al Hajun. Narrated Urwa, Nafi bin Jubair bin Mutarim said, 
I heard Al-Abbas saying to Az-Zubayr bin Al-Awam, O Abu Abdullah, did Allah's Messenger peace be upon him order you to fix the flag here? Allah's Messenger peace be upon him ordered Khalid bin Al-Walid to enter Mecca from its upper part from Qadar, while the Prophet peace be upon him himself entered from Qudah. Two men from the cavalry of Khalid bin Al-Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, named Hubaysh bin Al-Ashar and Kurz bin Jabir Al-Fihri, were martyred on that day. Narrated Abdullah bin Mughafal, may Allah be pleased with him, I saw Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, on the day of the conquest of Mecca over his she-camel, reciting Surah Al-Fatr in a vibrant, quivering tone. The sub-narrator, Mu'awiyah, added, Were I not afraid that the people may gather around me, I would recite in vibrant, quivering tone as he, that is, Abdullah bin Mughafal did, imitating Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Narrated Amr bin Uthman, Usama bin Zayd said during the conquest of Mecca, O Allah's Messenger, where will we encamp tomorrow? The Prophet peace be upon him said, But has Aqil left for us any house to lodge in? He then added, No believer will inherit an infidel's property, and no infidel will inherit the property of a believer. Az-Zuhri was asked, Who inherited Abu Talib? Az-Zuhri replied, Aqil and Talib inherited him. Narrated Abu Hurairah, May Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, If Allah makes us victorious, our encamping place will be Al-Khaif, the place where the infidels took an oath to be loyal to heathenism by boycotting Banu Hashim, the Prophet's folk. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, intended to carry on the Ghazwa of Hunayn, he said, Tomorrow, if Allah wished, our encamping place will be Khaif Bani Kinana, where the infidels took an oath to be loyal to heathenism. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, on the day of the conquest, the Prophet peace be upon him entered Mecca, wearing a helmet on his head. When he took it off, a man came and said, Ibn Khatal is clinging to the curtain of the Kaaba. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Kill him. Malik, a sub-narrator said, on that day, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was not in a state of ihram, as it appeared to us, and Allah knows better. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca on the day of the conquest of Mecca, there were 360 idols around the Kaaba. The Prophet, peace be upon him, started striking them with a stick he had in his hand and was saying, Al-Haq, the truth, that is Islamic monotheism, or this Qur'an, or jihad against polytheists has come, and al-Bathil, falsehood, that is, satin, or polytheism, vanished. Qur'an, chapter 17, verse 81. The truth, the Qur'an and Allah's revelation has come, and al-Bathil, falsehood, iblis, satin, can neither create anything nor resurrect anything. Qur'an, chapter 34, verse 49. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, arrived in Mecca, he refused to enter the Kaaba while there were idols in it. So, he ordered that they be taken out. The pictures of the prophets Ibrahim, Abraham, and Ismail, Ishmael, holding arrows of divination in their hands, were carried out. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, May Allah ruin them, that is, the infidels, for they knew very well that they that is, Ibrahim and Ismail never drew lots by their divination arrows. 
Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered the Kaaba and said, Allahu Akbar, in all its directions, and came out and did not offer any salah, prayer therein. Chapter on the Entrance of the Prophet, peace be upon him, from the Upper Part of Mecca. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, entered Mecca through its upper part, and he was riding his she-camel. Usama bin Zaid was his companion rider behind him, on the same she-camel. In his company were Bilal and Uthman bin Talha, who was one of the Al-Hajaba, who keep the key of the gate of the Karba. When he made his she-camel kneel down in the mosque, that is, Al-Masjid Al-Haram, he ordered him, that is, Uthman, to bring the key of the Karba. Then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, entered the Karba along with Usama bin Zaid, Bilal, and Uthman bin Talha. And he stayed in it for a long period, and then came out. The people rushed to get in, and Abdullah bin Umar was the first to enter, and he found Bilal standing behind the door. Ibn Umar asked Bilal, Where did Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, offer the salah, prayer? Bilal showed him the place where he, peace be upon him, had offered salah, prayer. Abdullah later on said, I forgot to ask Bilal how many prostrations, that is, Raqqa'ah, the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, during the year of the conquest of Mecca, the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca through Qadha, which was at the upper part of Mecca. Narrated Hisham's father, during the year of the conquest of Mecca, the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca through its upper part, through Qadha. Chapter on the Encamping Place of the Prophet, peace be upon him, on the day of the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Ibn Layla, none informed us that he saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, offering the duha, that is, forenoon, salah, prayer, except Ummihani, who mentioned that the Prophet, peace be upon him, took a bath in her house on the day of the conquest of Mecca, and then offered an eight raqar salah, prayer. She added, I never saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, offering a lighter salah, prayer, than that salah, prayer. But he was performing perfect bowings and prostrations. Chapter on Mention of Conquest of Mecca Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to say in his bowings and prostrations, Subhanakallahumma, Rabbana wa bihamdika, Allahumma ighfirli. Glorified be you, O Allah, our Lord. All the praises are for you, O Allah. Forgive me. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Umar used to make me sit with the elderly men who had fought in the battle of Badr. Some of them said to Umar, Why do you allow this young man to sit with us while we have sons of his age? Umar said, You know what a person he is. One day Umar called them and called me along with them. I had thought he called me on that day to show them something about me, that is, my knowledge. Umar asked them, What do you say about the surah? When there comes the help of Allah to you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, against your enemies, and the conquest of Mecca, and you see that the people enter Allah's religion, Islam, in crowds. Quran, chapter 110, verse 1 to 3. Some of them replied, We are ordered to praise Allah and repent to Him if we are helped and granted victory. Some said, We do not know. Others kept quiet. 
Umar then said to me, Do you say the same? I said, No. Umar said, What do you say then? I said, This verse indicates the approaching of the death of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, of which Allah informed him. When there comes the help of Allah to you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, against your enemies, and the conquest, that is, the conquest of Mecca, that will be the sign of your prophets approaching death. So glorify the praises of your Lord and ask for his forgiveness. Verily, he is the one who accepts the repentance and forgives. On that, Umar said, I do not know about it anything other than that what you know. Narrated Abu Shuraih al-Adawi that he said to Amr bin Said, while the latter was sending troops in batches to Mecca, O chief, allow me to tell you a statement which Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said on the day following the conquest of Mecca. My two ears heard it, and my heart comprehended it, and my two eyes saw him when he said it. He, that is, the Prophet peace be upon him, praised Allah, and then said, Mecca has been made a sanctuary by Allah and not by the people. So, it is not lawful for a person who believes in Allah and the last day, that is, a Muslim, to shed blood in it, or to cut its trees. And, if someone asks permission to fight in Mecca because Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was allowed to fight in it, say to him, Allah permitted his Messenger, peace be upon him, and did not allow you. And even he, that is, the Messenger, peace be upon him, was allowed for a few hours on that day of the conquest. And today, now, it's Mecca's sanctity is the same valid as it was before. So it is incumbent upon those who are present to convey it, this information, to those who are absent. Then Abu Shuraih was asked, What did Amr say to you? Abu Shuraih said, He said, I knew that better than you, O Abu Shuraih. The haram, that is Mecca, does not give refuge to a sinner or a fleeing murderer or a person running away after committing crimes. See Volume 1, Hadith Number 104. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, that he heard Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, saying in the year of the conquest of Mecca, while he was in Mecca, Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him, have made the selling of wine, that is, alcoholic drinks, unlawful. Chapter on the stay of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in Mecca, during the period of the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, we stayed in Mecca for ten days along with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and used to offer shortened salah, prayer, that is, journey salah, prayer. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed in Mecca for nineteen days during which he prayed two rakara in each salah, prayer. Narrated Ikrama, may Allah be pleased with him, Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, we stayed for 19 days with the Prophet, peace be upon him, on a journey, during which we used to offer shortened salah, prayers. Ibn Abbas added, We offer the qasr salah, prayer, that is, shortened salah, prayer, if we stay up to 19 days as travelers. But if we stay longer, we offer complete salah, prayer. Chapter on Mention of Conquest of Mecca Narrated Abdullah bin Thalaba bin Surayr whose face was rubbed by the Prophet peace be upon him during the year of the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Az-Zuhri, 
While we were in the company of Ibn al-Musayyib, Sunayn Abi Jamila informed us a hadith. Abu Jamila said that he lived during the lifetime of the Prophet peace be upon him and that he had accompanied him to Mecca during the year of the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Amr bin Salama We were at a place which was a thoroughfare for the people and the caravans used to pass by us and we would ask them What is wrong with the people? What is wrong with the people? Who is that man? They would say That man claims that Allah has sent him as a messenger that he has been inspired divinely that Allah has revealed to him such and such. I used to memorize that divine talk and feel as if it was inculcated in my chest, that is, mind. And the Arabs, other than Quraysh, delayed their conversion to Islam till the conquest of Mecca. They used to say, leave him, that is, Muhammad peace be upon him and his people, Quraysh. If he overpowers them, then he is a true prophet. So when Mecca was conquered, then every tribe rushed to embrace Islam and my father hurried to embrace Islam before the other members of my tribe. When my father returned from the Prophet peace be upon him to his tribe, he said, By Allah, I have come to you from the Prophet peace be upon him for sure. The Prophet peace be upon him afterwards said to them, Offer such and such salah, prayer at such and such time. And when the time for the salah, prayer becomes due, then one of you should pronounce the avan for the salah and let the one amongst you who knows the Qur'an most should lead the salah, prayer. So they looked for such a person, and found none who knew more of the Qur'an than I, because of the Qur'anic verses which I used to learn from the caravans. They therefore made me their imam to lead the salah, prayer. And at that time, I was a boy of six or seven years, wearing a burda, that is, a black square garment, proved to be very short for me and my body became partly exposed. A lady from the tribe said, Won't you cover the buttocks of your reciter for us? So they bought a piece of cloth and made a shirt for me. I had never been so happy with anything before as I was with that shirt. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Utbah bin Abi Waqas authorized his brother Sa'ad to take the son of the slave girl of Zama'ah into his custody. Utbah said to him, He is my son. When Allah's Messenger peace be upon him arrived in Mecca during the conquest of Mecca, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas took the son of the slave girl of Zamara to the Prophet peace be upon him. Abd bin Zamara too came along with him. Sa'ad said, This is the son of my brother, and the latter has informed me that he is his son. Abd bin Zamara said, O Allah's Messenger, this is my brother, who is the son of the slave girl of Zamara, and was born on his, that is, Zamara's bed. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, cast a glance at the son of the slave girl of Zamara and noticed that he of all the people had the greatest resemblance to Utbah bin Abi Waqas. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, then said to Abd, He is yours. He is your brother, O Abd bin Zamara, as he was born on the bed of your father. At the same time, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to his wife, Sauda, O Sauda, screen yourself from him, that is, the son of the slave girl, because of their resemblance he noticed between him and Utbah bin Abi Waqas. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, added, The boy is for the bed, that is, for the owner of the bed where he is born, and stone is for the adulterer. Ibn Shihab said, 
Abu Huraira used to say publicly that that is the last statement of the Prophet peace be upon him in the above hadith, number 4303. Footnote. Sauda was the daughter of Zamar and the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him. The son of the slave girl of Zamara proved not to be the son of Zamara, and consequently not a relative to Sauda. Footnote. Regarding the boy is for the bed, that is, for the owner of the bed, where he is born, and stone is for the adulterer. The adulterer is to be stoned to death, if he or she is a married one, according to Islamic law. Narrated Urwa bin Zubayr. A lady committed theft during the lifetime of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, in the Ghazwa of Al-Fadr, that is, the conquest of Mecca. Her folk went to Usama bin Zayd to intercede for her, with the Prophet, peace be upon him. When Usama interceded for her with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, the color of the face of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, changed, and he said, Do you intercede with me in a matter involving one of the legal punishments prescribed by Allah? Usama said, O Allah's Messenger, ask Allah's forgiveness for me. So in the afternoon, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, got up and addressed the people. He praised Allah as he deserved, and then he said, Amma ba'du, then after, the nations before you were destroyed because if a noble amongst them stole, they used to excuse him. And if a poor person amongst them stole, they would apply Allah's legal punishment to him. By him, in whose hand Muhammad's soul is, if Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad, stole, I would cut her hand. Then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, gave his order in the case of that woman, and her hand was cut off. Afterwards, her repentance proved sincere. And she got married. Aisha said, That lady used to visit me, and I used to convey her demands to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Narrated Mujashi, I took my brother to the Prophet, peace be upon him, after the conquest of Mecca, and said, O Allah's Messenger, I have come to you with my brother so that you may take a bayah, pledge from him for emigration. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, The people of emigration, that is those who emigrated to Al-Madina before the conquest, enjoyed the privileges of emigration. That is, there is no need for emigration anymore. I said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, For what will you take his bayara? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I will take his bayara for Islam, Iman, belief, and for jihad, that is, fighting in Allah's cause. Narrated Mujashi bin Masud. I took Abu Marbad to the Prophet, peace be upon him, in order that he might give him the bayara, pledge for emigration. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Emigration has gone along with its people, but I take the bayara, pledge from him, that is Abu Marbad, for Islam and Jihad. Footnote. Emigration has gone along with its people means. Emigration is no longer required after the conquest of Mecca. Before that, emigration was rewardable. But it is not so after the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Mujahid, I said to Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, I want to emigrate to Sham. He said, there is no emigration but jihad for Allah's cause. Go and offer yourself for jihad. And if you find an opportunity for jihad, stay there. Otherwise, come back. In another narration, Ibn Umar said, there is no emigration today, or said, after Allah's Messenger, and completed his statement as above. Narrated Mujahid bin Jabr, Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to say, 
There is no immigration after the conquest of Mecca. Narrated Atta bin Abi Rabah. Ubaid bin Umair and I visited Aisha and he asked her about the immigration. She said, There is no immigration today. A believer used to flee with his religion to Allah and his Prophet peace be upon him for fear that he might be put to trial as regards his religion. Today, Allah has rendered Islam victorious. Therefore, a believer can worship his Lord, Allah, wherever he wishes. But there is jihad for Allah's cause and intentions. See Volume 4, Hadith Number 2783 for its explanation. Narrated Mujahid Allah's Messenger peace be upon him got up on the day of the conquest of Mecca and said, Allah has made Mecca a sanctuary since the day he created the heavens and the earth, and it will remain a sanctuary by virtue of the sanctity Allah has bestowed on it till the day of resurrection. It, that is, fighting in it, was not made lawful to anyone before me, nor will it be made lawful to anyone after me. And it was not made lawful for me except for a short period of time. That is, between morning and mid-afternoon. Its game should not be chased, nor should its tree be cut, nor its vegetation or grass uprooted, nor its lukatha, that is, lost things picked up except by one who makes a public announcement about it. Al-Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib said, O Allah's Messenger, accept the ilkhir, as it is indispensable for blacksmiths and houses. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him kept quiet and then said, Accept the ilkhir, as it is lawful to cut. Chapter on the Statement of Allah Truly, Allah has given you victory on many battlefields. And on the day of Hunayn battle, when you rejoiced at your great number, up to, of forgiving, most merciful. Quran, Chapter 9, Verse 25-27 to Narrated Ismail, I saw a healed scar of hit blow over the hand of Ibn Abi Awfa, who said, I received that hit blow in the battle of Hunayn in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him. I asked, Did you take part in the battle of Hunayn? He replied, Yes, and in other battles before it. Narrated Abu Ishaq, I heard Al-Bara, narrating when a man came and said to him, O Abu Umayrah, did you flee on the day of the battle of Hunayn? Al-Bara replied, I testify that the Prophet peace be upon him did not flee, but the new converts, hasty people, ran away and the people of Hawazin threw arrows at them. At that time, Abu Sufyan bin Al-Hadith was holding the white mule of the Prophet peace be upon him by the head, and the Prophet peace be upon him was saying, I am the Prophet without a lie. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Narrated Abu Ishaq, Al-Bara was asked while I was listening, Did you flee before the enemy, along with the Prophet peace be upon him, on the day of the Battle of Hunayn? He replied, As for the Prophet peace be upon him, he did not flee. The enemy were good archers, and the Prophet peace be upon him was saying, I am the Prophet without a lie. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Narrated Abu Ishaq that he heard Al-Bara, narrating when a man from Qais tribe asked him, did you flee leaving Allah's Messenger peace be upon him on the day of the Battle of Hunayn? Al-Bara replied, But Allah's Messenger peace be upon him did not flee. The people of Hawazin were good archers, and when we attacked them, they fled. But rushing towards the booty, we were confronted by the arrows of the enemy.
I saw the Prophet peace be upon him riding his white mule, while Abu Sufyan was holding its reins. And the Prophet peace be upon him was saying, I am the Prophet without a lie. Israel and Zuhair said, The Prophet peace be upon him dismounted from his mule. Narrated Marwan and Al-Miswar bin Mahrama, When the delegate of Hawazin came to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, declaring their conversion to Islam and asked him to return their properties and captives, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him got up and said to them, There is involved in this matter the people whom you see with me, and the most beloved talk to me is the truth. So, choose one of two alternatives, either the captives or the properties. I have been waiting for you, that is, have not distributed the booty. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had delayed the distribution of their booty over ten nights after his return from Ta'if. So, when they came to know that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him was not going to return to them, but one of the two, they said, We prefer to have our captives. So Allah's Messenger peace be upon him got up amongst the Muslims and praising Allah as he deserved and then said, Amma ba'du, then after, your brothers have come to you with repentance, and I see it logical to return their captives. So whoever of you likes to do that as a favor, then he can do it. And whoever of you likes to stick to his share till we give him from the very first booty, which Allah will give us, then he can do so. The people said, We do that. That is, return the captives willingly as a favor, O Allah's Messenger. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, we do not know which of you have agreed to it and which have not. So go back and let your chiefs forward us your decision. They went back and their chiefs spoke to them. And they, that is the chiefs, returned to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and informed him that all of them had agreed to give up their captives with pleasure, and had given their permission, that is, that the captives be returned to their people. The sub-narrator said, that is what has reached me about the captives of Hawazin tribe. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, when we returned from the battle of Hunayn, Umar asked the Prophet peace be upon him about a vow which he had made during the pre-Islamic period of ignorance that he would perform irtikaf. The Prophet peace be upon him ordered him to fulfill his vow. Narrated Abu Qatada, we set out along with the Prophet peace be upon him during the year of the battle of Hunayn. And when we faced the enemy, the Muslims, with the exception of the Prophet peace be upon him, and some of his companions retreated before the enemy. I saw one of al-Mushrikun, pagans, overpowering one of the Muslims. So I struck the Mushrik, pagan, from behind his neck, causing his armor to be cut off. The Mushrik, pagan, headed towards me and pressed me so forcibly that I felt as if I was dying. Then death took him over and he released me. Afterwards, I followed Umar and said to him, What is wrong with the people? Why are they fled? He said, The matter or the decision is with Allah. Then the Muslims returned to the battle after the fight and after overcoming the enemy. The Prophet peace be upon him sat and said, Whoever had killed an infidel and has an evidence to this issue will have the salb, that is, the belonging of the deceased, for example, clothes, arms, horses, etc. I stood up and said, Who will be my witness? And then sat down. Then the Prophet peace be upon him repeated his question. Then the Prophet peace be upon him said the same for the third time. I got up and said, Who will be my witness? And then sat down. The Prophet peace be upon him repeated the question again.
So I got up. The Prophet peace be upon him said, What is the matter, O Abu Qatada? So I narrated the whole story. A man said, Abu Qatada had spoken the truth, and the salb, the belongings, spoils of the deceased is with me. So please compensate Abu Qatada on my behalf. Abu Bakr said, No, by Allah, it will never happen that the Prophet peace be upon him will leave a lion of Allah who fights for the sake of Allah and his messenger peace be upon him and give his spoils to you. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Abu Bakr has spoken the truth. Give it, the spoils, back to him, O man. So he gave it to me and I bought a garden in the land of Banu Salama with it, that is, the spoils. And that was the first property I got after embracing Islam. Narrated Abu Qatada, when it was the day of the Battle of Hunayn, I saw a Muslim man fighting with one of al-Mushrikun, pagan, and another Mushrik, pagan, was hiding himself behind the Muslim in order to kill him. So I hurried towards the Mushrik, pagan, who was hiding behind the Muslim to kill him, and he raised his hand to hit me, but I hit his hand and cut it off. That man got hold of me and pressed me so hard that I was afraid that I would die. Then he knelt down and his grip became loose, and I pushed him and killed him. The Muslims, except the Prophet peace be upon him and some of his companions, started fleeing, and I too fled with them. Suddenly, I met Umar ibn al-Khattab amongst the people, and I asked him, What is wrong with the people? He said, The matter or the decision is with Allah. Then the people returned to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him after defeating the enemy. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Whoever produces a proof that he has killed an infidel, will have the spoils of the killed man. So I got up to look for an evidence to prove that I had killed an infidel, but I could not find anyone to bear witness for me. So I sat down. Then it came to my mind that I should speak of it, and I mentioned the case to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. A man from the persons who were sitting with him, that is the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, The arms of the deceased one whom he, that is, Abu Qatada, has mentioned, are with me. So please compensate him for it that is, the spoils. Abu Bakr said, No, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, will not give it, that is, the spoils, to a weak, humble person from Quraysh and leave one of Allah's lions, who fights on behalf of Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, then got up and gave that spoils to me. And I bought with it a garden, which was the first property I got after embracing Islam. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Awtas Narrated Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with him, when the Prophet peace be upon him had finished from the battle of Hunayn, he sent Abu Amr as the head of an army to Awtas. He, that is Abu Amr, met in a combat against Duraid ibn Sammah, and Duraid was killed and Allah defeated his companions. The Prophet peace be upon him sent me with Abu Amr. Abu Amr was shot at his knee with an arrow which a man from Jusham had shot and the arrow got fixed into his knee. I went to him and said, O oh, uncle, who shot you? He pointed me out that man, saying, That is the man who shot me with an arrow. So I headed towards him and overtook him. And when he saw me, he fled, and I followed him and started saying to him, Won't you be ashamed? Won't you stop? So that person stopped, and we exchanged two hits with the swords, and I killed him. Then I said to Abu Amr, Allah has killed your assailant. He said, Take out this arrow. So I removed it, and water oozed out of the wound. He then said, O son of my brother, convey my compliments to the Prophet peace be upon him, and request him to ask Allah's forgiveness for me. 
Abu Amr made me his successor in commanding the people, that is, troops. He survived for a short while and then died. Later I returned and entered upon the Prophet peace be upon him at his house and found him lying in a bed made of stalks of date palm leaves knitted with ropes and on it there was bedding. The strings of the bed had their traces over his back and sides. Then I told the Prophet peace be upon him about our and Abu Amr's news and that he, Abu Amr, had said, Tell him, the Prophet peace be upon him, to ask for Allah's forgiveness for me, Abu Amr. The Prophet peace be upon him asked for water, performed ablution, and then raised his hands, saying, O Allah, forgive Ubaid Abu Amr. At that time I saw the whiteness of the Prophet's armpits. The Prophet peace be upon him then said, O Allah, make him, that is Abu Amr, on the day of resurrection superior to many of your human creatures. I said, Will you ask Allah's forgiveness for me? On that, the Prophet peace be upon him said, O Allah, forgive the sins of Abdullah bin Qais, the name of Abu Musa al-Ashari, and admit him to a nice entrance, that is, paradise on the day of resurrection. Abu Burda said, One of the invocations was for Abu Amr, and the other was for Abu Musa, that is, Abdullah bin Qais. Chapter on the Ghazwa of At-Ta'if was in the month of Shawwal, during the eighth year of Al-Hijrah. Musa bin Uqba said so. Narrated Umm Salama, may Allah be pleased with her. The Prophet peace be upon him came to me while there was an effeminate man sitting with me, and I heard him, that is, the effeminate man, saying to Abdullah bin Abi Umayyah, O Abdullah, see, if Allah should make you conquer At-Ta'if tomorrow, then take the daughter of Ghailan in marriage as she is so beautiful and fat that she shows four folds of flesh when facing you, and eight when she turns her back. The Prophet peace be upon him then said, These effeminate men should never enter upon you, O women. Ibn Juraid said, That effeminate man was called Heath. Narrated Hisham the above narration and added, That at that time the Prophet peace be upon him was besieging a taif Footnote when she turns her back, the ends of the four folds appear on both sides. And that is what is meant by the eight folds at her back. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, besieged a taif and could not conquer its people, he said, We will return to Al-Madinah, if Allah will. That distressed the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and they said, Shall we go away without conquering it? that is, the fort of At-Ta'if. Once the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Let us return. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to them, Fight tomorrow. They fought, and many of them got wounded. Whereupon, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, We will return to Al-Madinah tomorrow, if Allah will. That delighted them. Whereupon, the Prophet, peace be upon him, smiled. The sub-narrator, Sufyan, said once, The Prophet, peace be upon him, smiled. Footnote Fath al-Bari quoted that the narrator was Abdullah bin Umar. Narrated Abu Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, I heard from Sa'ad, the first man who has thrown an arrow in Allah's cause, and from Abu Bakr, who jumped over the wall of At-Ta'if for it, along with a few persons, and came to the Prophet peace be upon him. They both said, We heard the Prophet peace be upon him saying, If somebody claims to be the son of somebody other than his father knowingly, he will be forbidden to enter paradise. That is, paradise will be illegal for him. That is, he will not enter paradise.
Narrated Marmal from Asim from Abu al-Aliya or Abu Uthman al-Nahdi who said, I heard Sa'd and Abu Bakra narrating on the authority of the Prophet peace be upon him. Asim said, I said to him, The most trustworthy persons have narrated that to you. He said, Yes, one of them was the first to throw an arrow in Allah's cause and the other came to the Prophet peace be upon him in a group as the third of the twenty-three persons from Al-Ta'if. Narrated Abu Burda, Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I was with the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he was encamping at Al-Jarana, a place between Mecca and Al-Madina, and Bilal was with him. A Bedouin came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, Won't you fulfill what you have promised me? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Rejoice at what I will do for you. The Bedouin said, You have said to me, Rejoice, too often. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, turned to me, that is, Abu Musa and Bilal, in an angry mood, and said, The Bedouin has refused the good tidings, so you both accept them. Bilal and I said, We accept them. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, asked for a drinking bowl containing water, and washed his hands and face in it, and then took a mouthful of water and threw it therein, saying to us, Drink some of it, and pour some over your faces and chests, and be happy at the good tidings. So they both took the drinking bowl, and did as instructed. Umm Salama called from behind a screen, Keep something of the water for your mother. So they left some of it for her. Narrated Safwan bin Ya'la bin Umayyah. Ya'la used to say, I wish I could see Allah's Messenger peace be upon him at the time when he is being inspired divinely. Ya'la added, While the Prophet peace be upon him was at Al-Jarana, shaded with a sheet of cloth, in the form of a tent, and there were staying with him some of his companions under it. Suddenly, there came to him a Bedouin wearing a cloak scented with perfume. He said, O Allah's Messenger, what is your opinion regarding a man who assumes the state of Ihram for Umrah, wearing a cloak after applying perfume to his body? Umrah signaled with his hand to Ya'la to come near. Ya'la came and put his head underneath that cloth sheet and saw the Prophet peace be upon him in a state of having a red face. And when that state of the Prophet peace be upon him was over, he said, Where is he who has asked me about the Umrah? The man was looked for and brought to the Prophet peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him said to him, As for the perfume you have applied to your body, wash it off your body thrice, and take off your cloak, and then do in your Umrah the same ceremonies as you do in your Hajj. Narrated Abdullah bin Zayd bin Asim, when Allah gave to his messenger, peace be upon him, the war booty on the day of the battle of Hunayn, he distributed that booty amongst the people to attract the hearts of those who have been inclined towards Islam, but did not give anything to the Ansar. So they seemed to have felt angry and sad, as they did not get the same as other people had got. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then delivered a khutbah, religious talk, before them, saying, O the assembly of Ansar, didn't I find you astray? And then Allah guided you on the right path through me. You were divided into groups, and Allah brought you together through me. You were poor, and Allah made you rich through me. Whatever the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, they, that is the Ansar, said, Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, have more favors on us. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then said, What stops you from answering the messenger of Allah? But whatever he said to them, they replied, Allah and his messenger have more favors on us. The Prophet peace be upon him then said, 
If you wish you could say, you came to us in such and such state at Al-Madina, wouldn't you be happy to see the people go away with sheep and camels, while you go with the Prophet, peace be upon him, to your homes? But for the emigration, I would have been one of the Ansar, and if the people took their way through a valley or a mountain path, I would select the valley or the mountain path of the Ansar. The Ansar are Shi'ara, that is, those clothes which are in direct contact with the body and worn inside the other garments. And the people are the thar, that is, those clothes which are not in direct contact with the body and are worn over other garments. No doubt, you will see other people favored over you, so you should be patient till you meet me at Al-Hawth. Tank Al-Kawthar Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, when Allah gave His Messenger, peace be upon him, what He gave of the properties of the Hawazin tribe as a war booty, the Prophet, peace be upon him, started giving some men hundred camels each. The Ansar then said, May Allah forgive Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, as He gives to Quraysh and leaves us, although our swords are still dribbling with their blood. Allah's Messenger was informed of their statement. So He sent for the Ansar and gathered them in a leather tent and did not call anybody else along with them. When they all gathered, the Prophet peace be upon him got up and said, What is this talk being informed to me about you? The learned men amongst the Ansar said, O Allah's Messenger, our chiefs did not say anything, but some people amongst us who are younger in age said, May Allah forgive Allah's Messenger peace be upon him as he gives of the booty to Quraysh and leaves us, though our swords are still dribbling with their blood. The Prophet peace be upon him said, I give to these men who have newly deserted heathenism and embraced Islam so as to attract their hearts. Won't you be happy that the people take the wealth while you take the Prophet peace be upon him with you to your homes? By Allah, what you are taking is better than whatever they are taking. They, that is the Ansar, said, O Allah's Messenger, we are satisfied. The Prophet peace be upon him then said to them, You will find others favored over you greatly. So be patient till you meet Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon him, and I will be at the Al-Hawth, Tank Al-Kawthar. Then Anas added, but they did not remain patient. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. When it was the day of the conquest of Mecca, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, distributed the war booty amongst the people of Quraysh, which caused the Ansar to become angry. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Won't you be pleased that the people take the worldly things and you take Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, with you. They said, Yes. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If the people took their way through a valley or mountain path, I would take my way through the Ansar's valley or mountain path. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, when it was the day of the Battle of Hunayn, the Prophet, peace be upon him, confronted the tribe of Hawazin, while there were ten thousand men besides the Tulaqah, that is, those who had embraced Islam on the day of the conquest of Mecca, with the Prophet peace be upon him. When they, that is Muslims, fled, the Prophet peace be upon him said, O oh, the group of Ansar, they replied, Labaik, O Allah's Messenger, and Sardaik, we are under your command. Then the Prophet peace be upon him got down from his mule and said, I am Allah's slave and his messenger. Then Al-Mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, Idolaters and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger Muhammad peace be upon him were defeated.
The Prophet, peace be upon him, distributed the war booty amongst the Tulaqa and Muhajirun, that is, emigrants, and did not give anything to the Ansar. So the Ansar spoke, that is, were dissatisfied, and he called them and made them enter a leather tent and said, Won't you be pleased that the people take the sheep and camels, and you take Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, along with you? The Prophet, peace be upon him, added, If the people took their way through a valley, and the Ansar took their way through a mountain path, then I would take the mountain path of the Ansar. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, gathered some people of Ansar and said, The people of Quraysh are still close to their period of ignorance and have suffered a lot, and I want to help them and attract their hearts by giving them the war booty. Won't you be pleased that the people take the worldly things and you take Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, with you to your homes? They said, Yes, that is, we are pleased with this distribution. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If the people took their way through a valley, and the Ansar took their way through a mountain path, then I would take the Ansar's valley, or the Ansar's mountain path. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, When the Prophet, peace be upon him, distributed the war booty of Hunayn, a man from the Ansar said, He that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not intend to please Allah in this distribution. So I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and informed him of that statement. Whereupon, the color of his face changed, and he said, May Allah bestow his mercy on Musa, Moses, for he was troubled with more than this, but he remained patient. Footnote Regarding a man from the Ansar, Al-Waqidi says, The man was a hypocrite, Murtab bin Qashir. Narrated Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, when it was the day of the battle of Hunayn, the Prophet peace be upon him favored some people over some others in the distribution of the booty. He gave Al-Aqra one hundred camels and gave Wa'ina the same and also gave other people of Quraysh. A man said, Allah's pleasure was not the aim in this distribution. I said, I will inform the Prophet peace be upon him about your statement. The Prophet peace be upon him said, May Allah bestow mercy on Musa, Moses, for he was troubled more than this, but he remained patient. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, when it was the duty of the Battle of Hunayn, the tribes of Hawazin and Ghatafan and others, along with their animals and offspring and wives, came to fight against the Prophet peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him had with him 10,000 men from the Tulaqa, new converts to Islam from Mecca. So they fled, leaving the Prophet, peace be upon him, alone. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then made two calls, which were clearly distinguished from each other. He turned right and said, O the group of Ansar, they said, Labaik, O Allah's Messenger, rejoice, for we are with you. Then he turned left and said, O the group of Ansar, they said, Labaik, O Allah's Messenger, rejoice, for we are with you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, at that time was riding on a white mule. Then he dismounted and said, I am Allah's slave and his messenger. The infidels then were defeated. And on that day, the Prophet, peace be upon him, gained a large amount of booty, which he distributed amongst the Muhajirun and the Tulaqa, and did not give anything to the Ansar. The Ansar said, When there is a difficulty, we are called but the booty is given to others. The news reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, 
And he gathered them in a leather tent and said, What is this news reaching me from you, O the group of Ansar? They kept silent. He added, O the group of Ansar, won't you be happy that the people take the worldly things, and you take Allah's messenger peace be upon him to your homes, reserving him for yourself? They said, Yes. Then the Prophet peace be upon him said, If the people took their way through a valley, and the Ansar took their way through a mountain path, surely I would take the Ansar's mountain path. Hisham said, O Abu Hamza, that is Anas, did you witness that? He replied, And how could I be absent from that? Chapter on the Sariya, that is an army unit sent by the Prophet peace be upon him, which was sent towards Najd. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet peace be upon him sent a sariyah towards Najd, and I was in it, and our share from the booty amounted to twelve camels each, and we were given an additional camel each, so we returned with thirteen camels each. Chapter on the Prophet peace be upon him sent Khalid bin al-Walid to fight with Banu Jazima. Narrated Salim's father, the Prophet peace be upon him sent Khalid bin al-Walid to the tribe of Jazima, and Khalid invited them to Islam. But they could not express themselves by saying, Aslamna, that is, we have embraced Islam. But they started saying, Sabana, Sabana, that is, we have come out of one religion to another. Khalid kept on killing some of them and taking some of them as captives, and gave every one of us his captive, till the day when Khalid ordered that each man that is, Muslim soldier, should kill his captive. I said, By Allah, I will not kill my captive, and none of my companions will kill his captive. When we reached the Prophet peace be upon him, we mentioned to him the whole story. On that, the Prophet peace be upon him raised both his hands and said twice, O Allah, I am free from what Khalid has done. Chapter on the Sariya of Abdullah bin Huzaifa al-Sahmi and Alqama bin Mujassis al-Mudliji and it is said that it was called the Sariya of the Ansar. Narrated Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him sent a Sariya under the command of a man from the Ansar and ordered the soldiers to obey him. He, that is the commander, became angry and said, Didn't the Prophet peace be upon him order you to obey me? They replied, Yes. He said, Collect firewood for me. So they collected it. He said, Make a fire. When they made it, he said, Enter it, that is, the fire. So they intended to do that and started holding each other and saying, We have run to words, that is, followed or taken refuge with the Prophet peace be upon him, in order to save ourselves from the fire. They kept on saying that till the fire was extinguished and the anger of the commander abated. When that news reached the Prophet peace be upon him, he said, If they had entered it, that is, the fire, they would not have come out of it till the day of resurrection. Obedience to somebody is required when he enjoins what is al-ma'ruf, Islamic monotheism, and all that Islam orders one to do and all that is good. Chapter on the sending of Abu Musa and Mu'adh to Yemen before the Hajjul Wada. Narrated Abu Burda, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent Abu Musa and Mu'adh bin Jabal to Yemen. He sent each of them to administer a province as Yemen consisted of two provinces. The Prophet peace be upon him said to them, Make things easy for the people and do not make things difficult for them. 
Be kind and lenient, both of you, with the people, and do not be hard on them. And give the people glad tidings, and do not repel them. That is, to make them to run away from Islam. So each of them went to carry on his job. So when any one of them toured his province, and happened to come near the border of the province of his companion, he would visit him and greet him. Once Mu'adh toured that part of his province which was near the border of the province of his companion, Abu Musa. Mu'adh came riding his mule till he reached Abu Musa and saw him sitting, and the people had gathered around him. Behold, there was a man with his hands tied behind his neck. Mu'adh said to Abu Musa, Or Abdullah bin Qais, what is this? Abu Musa replied, This man has turned renegade to disbelief after embracing Islam. Mu'adh said, I will not dismount till he is killed. Abu Musa replied, He has been brought for this purpose, so come down. Mu'adh said, I will not dismount till he is killed. So Abu Musa ordered that he be killed, and he was killed. Then Mu'adh dismounted and said, O Abdullah bin Qais, how do you recite the Qur'an? Abu Musa said, I recite the Qur'an regularly at intervals and piecemeal. How do you recite it, O Mu'adh? Mu'adh said, I sleep in the first part of the night and then get up after having slept for the time devoted for my sleep, and then recite as much as Allah has written for me. So I seek Allah's reward for both my sleep as well as my prayer at night. See Hadith number 6124. Footnote. Muraz hopes for reward for his sleep, as by sleeping he intends to get strong enough to worship Allah. Narrated Abu Burda. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari said that the Prophet peace be upon him had sent him to Yemen and he asked the Prophet peace be upon him about certain alcoholic drinks which used to be prepared there. The Prophet peace be upon him said, What are they? Abu Musa said, Al-Bith and Al-Mizr. He said, Al-Bith is an alcoholic drink made from honey and Al-Mizr is an alcoholic drink made from barley. The Prophet peace be upon him said, All intoxicants are prohibited. Narrated Abu Burda that the Prophet peace be upon him sent his, that is, Abu Burda's father, Abu Musa, and Muraz to Yemen, and said to both of them, Make things easy for the people, that is, be kind and lenient, and do not make things difficult for people, and give them glad tidings, and do not repel them, that is, make them to run away from Islam, and both of you should obey each other. Abu Musa said, O Allah's Prophet, in our land, there is an alcoholic drink prepared from barley called al-Misr, and another prepared from honey called al-Bith. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, All intoxicants are prohibited. Then both of them proceeded and Muraz asked Abu Musa, How do you recite the Qur'an? Abu Musa replied, I recite it while I am standing, sitting, or riding my riding animals, at intervals and piecemeal. Muraz said, but I sleep and then get up. I sleep and hope for Allah's reward for my sleep as I seek His reward for my night salah, prayer. Then he, that is Muraz, pitched a tent and they started visiting each other. Once Muraz paid a visit to Abu Musa and saw a chained man. Muraz asked, What is this? Abu Musa said, He was a Jew who embraced Islam and has now turned apostate. Muraz said, Chop off his neck. See Hadith number 6125. Narrated Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, may Allah be pleased with him, 
Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent me as a governor to the land of my people. And I came while Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was encamping at a place called Al-Abtah. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Have you made the intention to perform the Hajj, O Abdullah bin Qais? I replied, Yes, O Allah's Messenger. He said, What did you say? I replied, I said, Labaik, and expressed the same intention as yours. He said, Have you driven the Hadi along with you? I replied, No, I did not drive the Hadi. He said, So perform the Tawaf of the Kaaba, and then the Sa'i between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and then finish the state of Ihram. So I did the same, and one of the women of the tribe of Banu Qais combed my hair. We continued following that till the Caliphate of Umar. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to Mu'az bin Jabal, when he sent him to Yemen, You will come to the people of Scripture, and when you reach them, invite them to testify that La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah, and that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the Messenger of Allah. And if they obey you in that, then tell them that Allah has enjoined on them five compulsory congregational salah, prayers, to be performed every day and night in 24 hours. That is, iqam salah And if they obey you in that, then tell them that Allah has enjoined on them sadaqah, that is, zakat, to be taken from the rich amongst them and given to the poor amongst them. And if they obey you in that, then be cautious. Don't take their best properties as zakat. And be afraid of the curse of an oppressed person as there is no screen between his invocation and Allah. See volume 9, hadith number 7371, 7372. Narrated Amr bin Maymun. When Muraz, may Allah be pleased with him, arrived at Yemen, he led them, that is, the people of Yemen, in the Fajr prayer and recited, And Allah did take Ibrahim, Abraham, as a Khalil, an intimate friend. Quran, chapter 4, verse 125. A man behind him said, How glad the mother of Ibrahim is. Chapter on the sending of Ali ibn Abi Talib and Khalid bin al-Walid, may Allah be pleased with them to Yemen before Hajjat al-Wada. Narrated al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent us to Yemen along with Khalid bin al-Walid. Later on, he sent Ali ibn Abi Talib in his place. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Ali, Give Khalid's companions the choice of either staying with you in Yemen or returning to Al-Madina. I was one of those who stayed with him, that is, Ali, and got several awaq of gold from the war booty. Narrated Buraydah, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent Ali to Khalid to bring the khumus of the booty, and I hated Ali and Ali had taken a bath after a sexual act with a slave girl from the Khumus. I said to Khalid, Don't you see this? That is Ali. When we reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, I mentioned that to him. He said, O Burayda, do you hate Ali? I said, Yes. He said, Don't hate him, for he deserves more than that from the Khumus. Footnote Burayda hated Ali because he had taken a slave girl from the booty and considered that as something hateful. Narrated Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, sent a piece of gold not yet taken out of its ore 
in a tamed leather container to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, distributed that amongst four persons, Uayna bin Badr, Aqra bin Habis, Zayd al-Khayl, and the fourth was either Al-Qama or Amr bin al-Tufayl. On that, one of his companions said, We are more deserving of this gold than these persons. When that news reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, Don't you trust me, though I am the trustworthy man of the one in the heavens, and I received the news of heaven, that is, divine revelation, both in the morning and in the evening. There got up a man with sunken eyes, raised cheekbones, raised forehead, a thick beard, a shaven head, and a waist sheet that was tucked up, and he said, O Allah's Messenger, be afraid of Allah. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Woe to you! Am I not of all the people of the earth the most entitled to fear Allah? Then that man went away. Khalid bin al-Walid said, O Allah's Messenger, shall I chop his neck off? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, No. Maybe he offers salah, prayers. Khalid said, Numerous are those who offer salah, prayers, and say by their tongues, that is mouths, what is not in their hearts. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, I have not been ordered by Allah to search the hearts of the people or cut open their bellies. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, looked at him, that is, that man, while the latter was going away and said, From the offspring of this man, there will come out people who will recite the Qur'an continuously and elegantly, but it will not exceed their throats. They will neither understand it nor act upon it. They would go out of the religion, that is Islam, as an arrow goes out through a game's body. I think, he also said, if I should be present at their time, I would kill them as the nations of Thamud were killed. Narrated Ata, Jabir said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered Ali to keep the state of Haram. Jabir added, Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, returned from Yemen when he was a governor of Yemen. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, With what intention have you assumed the state of Haram? Ali said, I have assumed Ihram with the same intention as that of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Offer a hadi and keep the state of Ihram in which you are now. Ali slaughtered a hadi on his behalf. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, the Prophet, peace be upon him, assumed the state of Ihram for Umrah and Hajj, and we too assumed it for Hajj with him. When we arrived at Mecca, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Whoever does not possess a hadith should regard his ihram for umrah only. The Prophet, peace be upon him, had a hadith with him. Ali ibn Abi Talib came to us from Yemen with the intention of performing hajj. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, With what intention have you assumed the ihram, for your wife is with us? Ali said, I assumed the ihram with the same intention as that of the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Keep on the state of Ihram as we have got the Hadi. Chapter on Ghazawa Dhul Khalasa Narrated Jarir, may Allah be pleased with him. In the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, there was a house called Dhul Khalasa, or Al-Kaaba Al-Yamaniyya, or Al-Kaaba Al-Shamiyya. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to me, Won't you relieve me from Dhul Khalasa? So I set out with 150 riders and we dismantled it and killed whoever was present there. Then I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and informed him. 
and he invoked good upon us and Al-Hamas. Tribe. See Volume 4, Hadith Number 3020. Narrated Qais, Jarir, may Allah be pleased with him, said to me, The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to me, Won't you relieve me from Dhul Khalasa? And that was a house in Yemen belonging to the tribe of Khatham, called Al-Garba Al-Yamaniya. I proceeded with 150 cavalrymen from Ahmas tribe, who were excellent knights. It happened that I could not sit firm on horses. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, stroked me over my chest till I saw the marks of his fingers over my chest. And then he said, O Allah, make him, that is Jarir, firm. Make him a guiding and rightly guided man. So Jarir proceeded to it, dismantled and burnt it, and then sent a messenger to Allah's messenger, peace be upon him. The messenger of Jarir said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, By him who sent you with the truth, I did not leave that place till it was like a scabby camel, that is, completely mirrored and spoiled. The Prophet, peace be upon him, invoked for Allah's blessing for the horses of Ahmas and their men five times. See Volume 4, Hadith Number 3020. Narrated Qais, Jarid said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to me, Won't you relieve me from the Khalasa? I replied, Yes. I will relieve you. So I proceeded along with 150 cavalrymen from Ahmas tribe, who were excellent knights. It happened that I could not sit firm over horses. So I informed the Prophet, peace be upon him, of that, and he stroked my chest till I saw his finger marks over my chest. And he said, O Allah, make him firm, and make him a guiding and rightly guided man. Since then, I have never fallen from a horse. Dhul-Khalasa was a house in Yemen, belonging to the tribes of Qassam and Bajila, and in it there were idols which were worshipped, and it was called Al-Kaaba. Jarir went there, burned it with fire and dismantled it. When Jarir reached Yemen, there was a man who used to foretell and give good omens by casting arrows of divination. Someone said to him, The Messenger of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, is present here and if he should get hold of you, he would chop off your neck. One day, while he was using them, that is, arrows of divination, Jedi stopped there and said to him, Break them, that is, the arrows, and testify that La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah, or else I will chop off your neck. So the man broke those arrows and testified that La ilaha illallah. Then Jedi sent a man called Abu Arqa, from the tribe of Ahmas to the Prophet, peace be upon him, to convey the good news of destroying Dhul Khalasa. When the Messenger reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, O Allah's Messenger, by him who sent you with the truth, I did not leave it till it was like a scabby camel. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, invoked for Allah's blessings for the horses of Ahmas and their men five times. Chapter on the Ghazwa of Zat al-Salasil which is the Ghazwa of Lakhm and Juzam. Urwa said, It is the land of the tribe of Bala, Udra, and Bani Al-Qain. Narrated Abu Uthman, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent Amr bin Al-As as the commander of the troops of Zat al-Thalathil. Amr bin Al-As said, On my return, I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, Which people do you love most? He replied, Aisha. I said, from amongst the men, 
He replied, Her father, Abu Bakr. I said, Whom do you love next? He replied, Umar. Then he counted the names of many men, and I became silent for a fear that he might regard me as the last of them. Chapter on the Departure of Jarir to Yemen Narrated Jarir, may Allah be pleased with him, While I was at Yemen, I met two men from Yemen called Dhukalar and Dhu Amr, and I started telling them about Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. Dhu Amr said to me, If what you are saying about your friend, that is the Prophet peace be upon him, is true, then he has died three days ago. Then both of them accompanied me to Al-Madinah, and when we had covered some distance on the way to Al-Madinah, we saw some riders coming from Al-Madinah. We asked them and they said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, has died, and Abu Bakr has been appointed as the Caliph, and the people are in a good state. Then they said, Tell your friend, Abu Bakr, that we have come to visit him, and if Allah will, we will come again. So they both returned to Yemen. When I told Abu Bakr their statement, he said to me, I wish you had brought them to me. Afterwards, I met Dhu Amr, and he said to me, O Jarir, You have done a favor to me, and I am going to tell you something. You, the nation of Arabs, will remain prosperous as long as you choose and appoint another chief whenever the former one is dead. But if authority is obtained by the power of the sword, then the rulers will become kings who will get angry, as kings get angry, and will be delighted as kings get delighted. Chapter on the Ghazwa of the Sea Coast It took place when they, that is, Muslims, were waiting for the caravan of Mushrikun of Quraysh, the commander of the troops being Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah. May Allah be pleased with him. Narrated Wahab bin Kaysan, Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent troops to the sea coast and appointed Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah as their commander. And there were three hundred men. Jabir added, We set out, and we had covered some distance on the way, our journey food ran short. So Abu Ubaidah ordered that all the food present with the troops be collected, and it was collected. Our journey food was dates, and Abu Ubaidah kept on giving us our daily ration from it, little by little, piecemeal, till it decreased to such an extent that we did not receive except a date each. I asked Jabir, How could one date benefit you? He said, We came to know its value when even that finished. Jabir added, Then we reached the sea coast where we found a fish like a small mountain. The people, that is troops, ate of it for eighteen nights, that is, days. Then Abu Ubaidah ordered the two of its ribs be fixed on the ground in the form of an arch, and that a she-camel be ridden and passed under them. So it passed under them without touching them. Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, May Allah be pleased with them. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, sent us, and we were three hundred riders under the command of Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah in order to watch the caravan of the Quraysh Mushrikun, pagans. We stayed at the seashore for half a month and were struck with such severe hunger that we ate even the khabat, that is, the leaves of the salam, a thorny desert tree. And because of that, the army was known as Jaysh al-Khabat, Then the sea threw out an animal, that is a fish, called al-ambar. And we ate of that for half a month, and rubbed its fat on our bodies till our bodies returned to their original state.
that is, became strong and healthy. Abu Ubaidah took one of its ribs, fixed it on the ground, then he went to the tallest man of his companions to let him pass under the rib. Once, Sufyan said, he took a rib from its parts and fixed it, and then took a man and camel, and then passed from underneath it without touching it. Jabir added, There was a man amongst the people who slaughtered three camels, and then slaughtered another three camels, and then slaughtered other three camels. And then Abu Ubaidah forbade him to do so. Narrated Abu Salih, Qais bin Sa'ad said to his father, I was present in the army and the people were struck with severe hunger. He said, You should have slaughtered camels for them. Qais said, I did slaughter camels, but they were hungry again. He said, You should have slaughtered camels again. Qais said, I did slaughter camels again, but the people felt hungry again. He said, You should have slaughtered camels again. Qais said, I did slaughter camels again, but the people again felt hungry. He said, You should have slaughtered camels again. Qais said, But I was forbidden by Abu Ubaidah this time. Footnote He was forbidden lest they should run short of riding animals. Narrated Jabir, may Allah be pleased with him, We set out in the army of Al-Khabath, and Abu Ubaidah was the commander of the troops. We were struck with severe hunger, and the sea threw out a dead fish, the like of which we had never seen. And it was called Al-Ambar. We ate of it for half a month. Abu Ubaidah took and fixed one of its rib bones, and a rider passed underneath it, without touching it. Jabir added, Abu Ubaidah said to us, Eat of that fish. When we arrived at Al-Madinah, we informed the Prophet, peace be upon him, about that. And he said, Eat, for it is a provision, food, Allah has brought out for you, and feed us if you have some of it. So some of them gave him of that fish, and he ate it. Chapter on the Hajj in which Abu Bakr led the people in the ninth year of Al-Hijrah. Narrated Abu Huraira that during the Hajj, in which the Prophet peace be upon him had made Abu Bakr al-Siddiq as chief of the Hajj, before the Hajj al-Wada, on the day of Nahar, Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, sent him along with a group of persons to announce to the people, No al-Mushrik, polytheist, pagan, idolater, and disbeliever in the oneness of Allah, and in his messenger, Muhammad peace be upon him, is permitted to perform Hajj after this year and nobody is permitted to perform the tawaf of the Kaaba in a naked state. Narrated Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, the last complete surah which was revealed to the Prophet peace be upon him was Bara, that is, Surah At-Tawbah, and the last verse, that is, last part of a surah, which was revealed was the last verses of Surah Al-Nisa. They ask you for a legal verdict. Say, Allah directs them about Al-Khalala, those who leave neither descendants nor ascendants as heirs. Quran, chapter 4, verse 176. Chapter on the Delegation of Bani Tamim Narrated Imran bin Hussein, may Allah be pleased with them, a delegation from Banu Tamim came to the Prophet peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Accept the good tidings, O Banu Tamim. They said, O Allah's Messenger, you have given us good tidings, so give us something. Signs of displeasure appeared on his face. Then another delegation from Yemen came and he said to them, Accept the good tidings. 
for Banu Tamim refuses to accept them. They replied, We have accepted them, O Allah's Messenger. Chapter on the Statement of Allah O believers, do not proceed in any matter before a decree from Allah and His Messenger. Quran, Chapter 49, Verse 1 Narrated Ibn Ishaq The Ghazwa of Uayna bin Hisn bin Hudayfa bin Badr waged against Banu al-Ambar, a branch of Banu Tamim. The Prophet peace be upon him sent Uayna to raid them. He raided them and killed some of them and took some others as captives. See Fath al-Bari. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. I have not ceased to like Banu Tamim ever since I heard of three qualities attributed to them by Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. He said, They, out of all my followers, will be the strongest opponent of Ad-Dajjal. Aisha had a slave girl from them, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, told her to manumit her as she was from the descendants of the Prophet Ismail. Ishmael. And when their zakat was brought, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, This is the zakat of my people. Narrated Ibn Abi Mulaika. Abdullah bin Zubayr said that a group of writers belonging to Banu Tamim came to the Prophet peace be upon him. Abu Bakr said to the Prophet peace be upon him, appoint Al-Qaqa bin Masbad bin Zurara as their ruler. Umar said to the Prophet peace be upon him, no, but appoint Al-Aqra bin Habis. Thereupon, Abu Bakr said to Umar, you just wanted to oppose me. Umar replied, I did not want to oppose you. So both of them argued so much that their voices became louder, and then the following divine verses were revealed in that connection. O you who believe, do not put a decision in advance before Allah and His Messenger. Till the end of verse. Quran, chapter 49, verse 1. Footnote. O you who believe, do not put a decision in advance. That is, hasten not to decide in matters of war, O religion, before Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon Him, that you may decide the contrary to what Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon Him, may decide. Quran, chapter 49, verse 1. Chapter on the Delegation of Abdul Qais. Narrated Abu Jamra, I said to Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, I have an earthenware pot containing nabith, that is, water and dates or grapes, for me, and I drink of it while it is sweet. If I drink much of it and stay within the people for a long time, I get afraid that they may discover it, for I will appear as if I were drunk. Ibn Abbas said, A delegation of Abdul Qais came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and he said, Welcome, O people. Neither will you have disgrace, nor will you have regret. They said, O Allah's Messenger, there are the Mudar Mushrikun, pagans, between you and us so we cannot come to you except in the sacred months. So please tell us some orders to do something good. Religious deeds, on acting upon which we will enter paradise. Besides, we will preach that to our people who are behind us. The Prophet peace be upon him said, I order you to do four things and forbid you from four things. I order you to believe in Allah. Do you know what is to believe in Allah? That is, to testify that, La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped but Allah. I order you also for iqama salah, to perform salah, prayers perfectly, to pay zakat, and to observe salm, 
fasting during the month of Ramadan, and to give the hummus, that is one-fifth of the booty, for Allah's sake. I forbid you from four things, that is, the wine that is prepared in Ad-Daba, Al-Naqir, Al-Hantam, and Al-Muzaffat. See Volume 1, Hadith Number 53. Footnote. Iqam al-Salah, the performance of al-Salah, the prayers. This is not understood by many Muslims. It means, every Muslim, male or female, is obliged to offer his salah prayers regularly five times a day at the specified times. The male in the mosque in congregation and the female at home. As the Prophet peace be upon him has said, order your children to offer salah prayers at the age of seven and beat them about it at the age of ten. The chief of a family, town, tribe, etc. and the Muslim ruler of a country are held responsible before Allah in case of non-fulfillment of this obligation by the Muslims under his authority. To perform the salah, prayers, in a way just as Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him used to perform it with all its rules and regulations, that is, standing, bowing, prostrating, sitting, etc. As he, peace be upon him, has said, perform your salah, prayer, the way you see me performing it. Please see a hadith, numbers 735, 736, 737, 756, 823, and 824, Sahih Bukhari, for the Prophet's way of offering salah, prayer, in the book of characteristics of salah, prayer, and that the salah, prayer, begins with takbir, Allahu Akbar, with the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha, etc., along with its various postures, standing, bowing, prostrations, sitting, etc., and it ends with taslim. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. The delegation of Abdul Qais came to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, O Allah's Messenger, we belong to the tribe of Rabi'ah. The infidels of Mudal tribe intervened between us and you so that we cannot come to you except in the sacred months. So please order us some things we may act on and invite those left behind to act on. The Prophet peace be upon him said, I order you to observe four things and forbid you from four things. I order you to believe in Allah, that is, to testify that La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped but Allah. The Prophet peace be upon him pointed with finger indicating one and added, Iqam as-salah, perform as-salah, prayers perfectly, to give zakat, and to give one-fifth of the booty, for Allah's sake. I forbid you to use al-dhuba, al-naqir, al-hantam, and al-muzaffat, utensils used for preparing alcoholic liquors and drinks. Narrated Bukair, Quraib, the freed slave of Ibn Abbas, told me that Ibn Abbas, Abdul Rahman bin Azhar, and Al-Miswar bin Makrama sent him to Aisha, saying, Pay her our greetings, and ask her about offering of the two raka'ah after Asr prayer and tell her that we have been informed that you offer these two raka'ah while we have heard that the Prophet peace be upon him had forbidden their offering. Ibn Abbas said, I and Umar used to beat the people for their offering them. Quraib added, I entered upon her and delivered their message to her. She said, Ask Umm Salama. 
So I informed them of Aisha's answer, and they had sent me to Umm Salama for the same purpose as they sent me to Aisha. Umm Salama replied, I heard the Prophet peace be upon him forbidding the offering of these two rak'ah. Once the Prophet peace be upon him offered the Asr prayer and then came to me. And at that time, some Ansari women from the tribe of Bani Haram were with me. Then the Prophet peace be upon him offered those two rak'ah. And I sent my lady servant to him, saying, Stand beside him and say to him, Umm Salama says, O Allah's Messenger, didn't I hear you forbidding the offering of these two rak'ah? After the Asr prayer, yet I see you offering them. And if he beckons you with his hand, then wait. So the lady servant did that, and the Prophet peace be upon him beckoned her with his hand. And she waited, and when the Prophet peace be upon him finished his salah, prayer, he said, O the daughter of Abu Umayyah, that is, Umm Salama, you were asking me about these two raka after the Asr prayer. In fact, some people from the tribe of Abdul Qais came to me to embrace Islam and busied me so much that I did not offer the two rak'ah which were offered after the compulsory Zuhr prayer. And these are those two rak'ah you have seen me offering. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, the first Friday, that is Jumu'ah prayer offered after the Friday prayer offered at the mosque of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was offered at the mosque of Abdul Qais situated at Jawatha, that is, a village at Al-Bahrain. Chapter on the Delegation of Banu Hanifa and the Narration of Thumama bin Uthal Narrated Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him sent some cavalry towards Najd, and they brought a man from the tribe of Bani Hanifa, who was called Thumama bin Uthal. They fastened him to one of the pillars of the mosque. The Prophet peace be upon him went to him and said, what have you got, O Thumama? He replied, I have got a good thought, O Muhammad. If you should kill me, you would kill a person who had already killed somebody. And if you should set me free, you would do a favor to one who is grateful. And if you want property, then ask me whatever wealth you want. He was left till the next day, when the Prophet peace be upon him said to him, What have you got, O Thumama? He said, What I told you, that is, if you set me free, you would do a favor to one who is grateful. The Prophet, peace be upon him, left him till the day after. When he said, What you have got, O Thumama? He said, I have got what I told you. On that, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Relieve Thumama. So he, that is, Thumama, went to a garden of date palm trees near to the mosque, took a bath, and then entered the mosque and said, I testify that La ilaha illallah None has the right to be worshipped but Allah, and also testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. By Allah, O Muhammad, there was no face on the surface of the earth most disliked by me than yours. But now, your face has become the most beloved face to me. By Allah, there was no religion most disliked by me than yours. But now, it is the most beloved religion to me. By Allah, there was no town most disliked by me than your town. But now, it is the most beloved town to me. Your cavalry arrested me at the time when I was intending to perform the Umrah. And now, what do you think? The Prophet, peace be upon him, gave him good tidings, congratulated him, and ordered him to perform the Umrah. So when he came to Mecca, someone said to him, You have become a Sabi. Have you changed your religion? Thumama replied, No. By Allah, 
I have embraced Islam with Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. Know by Allah, not a single grain of wheat will come to you from Yamama unless the Prophet, peace be upon him, gives his permission. Footnote What have you got, O Thumama? This means, what do you think I am going to do to you? Footnote Have got a good thought, O Muhammad, means Thumama had a good idea about the Prophet, peace be upon him, for he knew that he would not oppress people, but forgive and help them. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Musaylima al-Kathab came during the lifetime of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and started saying, If Muhammad gives me the rule after him, I will follow him. And he came to Al-Madina with a great number of the people of his tribe. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, went to him in the company of Thabit bin Qais bin Shamas. And at that time, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had a stick of a date palm tree branch in his hand. When he, the Prophet, peace be upon him, stopped near Musaylima, while the latter was amidst his companions, he said to him, If you ask me for this piece of stick, I will not give it to you. And Allah's order you cannot avoid, but you will be destroyed. And if you turn your back from this religion, Islam, then Allah will destroy you. And I think you are the same person who was shown to me in my dream. And this is Thabit bin Qais, who will answer your questions on my behalf. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, went away from him. I asked about the statement of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. You seem to be the same person who was shown to me in my dream. And Abu Huraira informed me that Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, When I was sleeping, I saw in a dream two bangles of gold on my hands. And that worried me. And then I was inspired divinely in the dream that I should blow on them. So I blew on them and both the bangles flew away. And I interpreted it that two liars who would claim to be prophets would appear after me. One of them has proved to be Al-Ansi and the other Musaylima. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, While I was sleeping, I was given the treasures of the earth and two gold bangles were put in my hands. And I did not like them, but I was inspired that I should blow on them. And I did so. And both of them vanished. I interpreted it as referring to the two liars between whom I am present, the ruler of Sana'a and the ruler of Jamama. Narrated Abu Raja al-Urtaridi, We used to worship stones, and when we found a better stone than the first one, we would throw the first one and take the latter. But if you could not get a stone, then we would collect some earth, that is soil, and then bring a sheep and milk that sheep over it, and perform the tawaf around it. When the month of Rajab came, we used to stop the military actions, calling this month the iron remover. For we used to remove and throw away the iron parts of every spear and arrow in the month of Rajab. Abu Raja added, When Allah sent the Prophet peace be upon him with his messenger, I was a boy working as a shepherd for my family camels. When we heard the news about the appearance of the Prophet peace be upon him, we ran to the fire, that is, to Musaylima al-Kathab. Chapter on the story of Al-Aswad al-Ansi Narrated Ubaidullah bin Abdullah bin Utbah We were informed that Musaylima al-Kathab has arrived in Al-Madinah and stayed in the house of the daughter of Al-Harith. The daughter of Al-Harith bin Qurayz was his wife and she was the mother of Abdullah bin Amr. 
Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, came to him, accompanied by Thabit bin Qais bin Shammas, who was called the orator of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had a stick in his hand then. The Prophet, peace be upon him, stopped before Musaylimah and spoke to him. Musaylimah said to him, If you wish, we would not interfere between you and the rule, on condition that the rule will be ours after you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If you ask me for this stick, I would not give it to you. I think you are the same person who was shown to me in a dream, and this is Thabit bin Qais who will answer you on my behalf. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then went away. I asked Ibn Abbas about the dream Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had mentioned. Ibn Abbas said, Someone told me that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, When I was sleeping, I saw in a dream that two gold bangles were put in my hands, and that frightened me and made me dislike them. Then I was allowed or ordered to blow on them, and when I blew at them, both of them flew away. Then I interpreted them as two liars who would appear. One of them was Al-Ansi, who was killed by Fayruz in Yemen, and the other was Musaylimah Al-Kazab. Chapter on the Story of the People of Najran Christians Narrated Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him, Al-Aqib and Sayyid, the rulers of Najran, came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, with the intention of doing Li'an. One of them said to the other, Do not do this Li'an, for, by Allah, if he is a prophet and we do this Li'an, neither we nor our offspring after us will be successful. Then both of them said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, We will give what you ask, but you should send a trustworthy man with us, and do not send any person with us but an honest one. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I will send an honest man who is really trustworthy. Then every one of the companions of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, wished to be that one. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Get up, O Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah. When he got up, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, This is the trustworthy man of this Muslim nation. Footnote Al-Aqib and Sayyid, the rulers of Najran, came to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, with the intention of doing Li'an. Two groups of people who have differences take their families in a far-off place in order to invoke Allah to send His curse or punishment on the one who is a liar. This event happened and the first 80 verses of Surah Al-Imran were revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, in this connection. See Fath al-Bari for details. Narrated Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him, the people of Najran came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, Send an honest man to us. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I will send to you an honest man who is really trustworthy. Every one of the Muslim people hoped to be that one. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then sent Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Every nation has an Amin, that is, the most trustworthy, honest man. And the Amin of this nation is Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah. Chapter on the story of Oman and Al-Bahrain Narrated Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said to me, If the revenue of Al-Bahrain should come, I will give you so much and so much. Repeating, so much thrice. But the revenue of Al-Bahrain did not come till Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, had died. When the revenue came during the rule of Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr ordered an announcer to announce, Whoever had any debt or promise due upon the Prophet peace be upon him 
should present himself to me, Abu Bakr. I came to Abu Bakr and informed him that the Prophet peace be upon him had said to me, if the revenue of Al-Bahrain should come, I will give you so much and so much, repeating so much thrice. Abu Bakr gave me. In another narration, Jabir said, I met Abu Bakr after that and asked him to give me what the Prophet peace be upon him had promised me. But he did not give me. I again went to him, but he did not give me. I again went to him for the third time, but he did not give me. On that I said to him, I came to you, but you did not give me. Then I came to you, and you did not give me. And then again I came to you, but you did not give me. So you should either give me or else you are like a miser to me. On that Abu Bakr said, Do you say you are like a miserly to me? There is no worse disease than miserliness. Abu Bakr said it thrice and added, Whenever I refused to give you, I had the intention of giving you. In another narration, Jabir bin Abdullah said, I went to Abu Bakr and he gave me a handful of money and told me to count it. I counted and found it five hundred. And then Abu Bakr said to me, Take the same amount twice. Chapter on the Arrival of Al-Ash'arain and the People of Yemen Abu Musa said, The Prophet peace be upon him said, They are from me and I am from them. Narrated Abu Musa, May Allah be pleased with him, My brother and I came from Yemen to Al-Madinah and remained there for some time, thinking that Ibn Mas'ud and his mother belonged to the family of the Prophet peace be upon him because of their frequent entrance upon the Prophet peace be upon him and their being attached to him. Narrated Zahdam When Abu Musa arrived at Kufa as a governor, he honored his family of Jarm by paying them a visit. I was sitting near to him, and he was eating chicken as his lunch, and there was a man sitting amongst the people. Abu Musa invited the man to the lunch, but the latter said, I saw chickens eating something dirty, so I consider them unclean. Abu Musa said, Come on, I saw the Prophet peace be upon him eating chicken. The man said, I have taken an oath that I will not eat chicken. Abu Musa said, Come on, I will tell you about your oath. We, a group of Al-Ash'arain people, went to the Prophet and asked him to give us something to ride. But the Prophet peace be upon him refused. Then we asked him for the second time to give us something to ride. But the Prophet peace be upon him took an oath that he would not give us anything to ride. After a while, some camels of booty were brought to the Prophet peace be upon him and he ordered that five camels be given to us. When we took those camels, we said, We have made the Prophet peace be upon him forget his oath, so we will never be successful after this. So I went to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, O Allah's Messenger, you took an oath that you would not give us anything to ride, but you have given us. He said, Yes, for if I take an oath and later I see a better solution than that, I act on the better one, and gave the expiation of that oath. Narrated Imran bin Hussein The people of Banu Tamim came to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, and he said, Be glad, that is, have good tidings, O Banu Tamim. They said, As you have given us good tidings, then give us some material things. On that, the features of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him changed, that is, he took it ill. Then some people from Yemen came, and the Prophet peace be upon him said to them, Accept good tidings, as Bani Tamim have not accepted them. They said, We accept them, O Allah's Messenger. Narrated Abu Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him said, 
belief is there, and beckoned with his hand towards Yemen, and added, The harshness and mercilessness are the qualities of those farmers, etc., who are busy with their camels, and pay no attention to the religion, is towards the east, from where comes out the sight of the head of Satan, namely, the tribes of Rabi'ah and Muzar. Footnote. Regarding statement, the harshness and mercilessness are the qualities of those farmers, etc., who are busy with their camels. Those who are engaged too much in worldly pursuits and neglect their religious duties will usually acquire the vice of being harsh and fierce. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him said, The people of Yemen have come to you, and they are more gentle and soft-hearted. Belief is Yemenite, and wisdom is Yemenite, while pride and haughtiness are the qualities of the owners of camels, that is, Bedouins. Calmness and solemnity are the characters of the owners of sheep. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Belief is Yemenite, while Al-Fitna, trial and affliction will appear from there, the east, from where comes out the sight of the head of Satan. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet peace be upon him said, The people of Yemen have come to you, and they are more soft-hearted and gentle-hearted people. The capacity for understanding religion is Yemenite, and wisdom is Yemenite. Narrated Al-Qama, We were sitting with Ibn Mas'ud when Khabbab came and said, O Abu Abdul Rahman, can these young fellows recite Qur'an as you do? Ibn Mas'ud said, If you wish, I can order one of them to recite the Qur'an for you. Khabbab replied, Yes, Ibn Mas'ud said, Recite, O Al-Qama. On that, Zayd bin Hudayr, the brother of Ziyad bin Hudayr, said to Ibn Mas'ud, Why have you ordered Al-Qama to recite, though he does not recite better than we? Ibn Mas'ud said, If you like, I would tell you what the Prophet peace be upon him said about your nation and his, that is Al-Qama's nation. So I recited 50 verses from Surah Al-Maryam. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said to Khabbab, What do you think about Al-Qama's recitation? Khabbab said, He has recited well. Abdullah said, Whatever I recite, Al-Qama recites. Then Abdullah turned towards Khabbab and saw that he was wearing a gold ring. Whereupon he said, Hasn't the time of its throwing away come yet? Khabbab said, You will not see me wearing it after today. And he threw it away. Chapter on the story of Daus and Tufail bin Amr al-Tawsi Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, Tufail bin Amr came to the Prophet peace be upon him and said, The Daus nation have perished as they disobeyed and refused to accept Islam. So invoke Allah against them. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, give guidance to the Daus tribe and bring them in the fold of Islam. Narrated Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, When I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, I said on my way, Oh, what a long, tedious, tiresome night! Nevertheless, it has rescued me from the land of kufr, disbelief. A slave of mine ran away on the way. When I reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, I gave him the bayar pledge for Islam. And while I was sitting with him, suddenly the slave appeared. The Prophet peace be upon him said to me, O Abu Huraira, here is your slave. I said, He, the slave, is free for Allah's sake, and manumitted him. 
chapter on the story of delegation of Tlai'i and the narration of Adi bin Hatim. Narrated Adi bin Hatim, we came to Umar in a delegation during his rule. He started calling the men one by one, calling each by his name. As he did not call me early, I said to him, Don't you know me, O chief of the believers? He said, Yes, you embraced Islam when they, that is, your people disbelieved. You have come to the truth when they ran away. You fulfilled your promises when they broke theirs. And you recognized it, the truth of Islam, when they denied it. On that, Adi said, I therefore don't care. Footnote. Since Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, has such a high opinion about Adi, Adi does not care if he is not called before the others. Chapter on Hajjatul Wada Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. We set out with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him during Hajjatul Wada, and we assumed the ihram for Umrah. Then Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to us, Whoever has got the hadith should assume the ihram for Hajj and Umrah, and should not finish his ihram till he has performed both Umrah and Hajj. I arrived at Mecca along with him, that is, the Prophet peace be upon him, while I was menstruating. So I did not perform the tawaf around the Kaaba or Sa'i between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. I informed Allah's Messenger peace be upon him about that and he said, Undo your braids and comb your hair and then assume the ihram for Hajj and leave the Umrah. I did so and when we performed and finished the Hajj, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent me to at along with my brother, Abdurrahman bin Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with them, to perform the Umrah. The Prophet peace be upon him said, This Umrah is in lieu of your missed Umrah. Those who had assumed the Ihram for Umrah performed the Tawaf around the Kaaba and Sa'i between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and then finished their Ihram. And on their return from Mina, they performed another Tawaf around the Kaaba and Sa'i between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. But those who combined their Hajj and Umrah, Al-Qiran, performed only one Tawaf between As-Safa and Al-Marwa for both. Narrated Ibn Juraij, Allah said, Ibn Abbas said, If he, that is, the one intending to perform Umrah, has performed the Tawaf around the Kaaba and the Sa'i of As-Safa and Al-Marwa, his Ihram is considered to have finished. I said, What proof does Ibn Abbas has as to this saying? Allah said, The proof is taken from the statement of Allah. And afterwards they are brought for sacrifice unto the ancient house, Al-Haram, the sacred territory of Mecca city. Quran, chapter 22, verse 33. And from the order of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to his companions to finish their ihram during Hajjatul Wada, I said to Atla, that is, finishing the ihram was after coming from Arafat. Atla said, Ibn Abbas used to allow it before going to Arafat after finishing the Umrah, and after coming from it, that is, after performing the Hajj, that is, Hajjatul Tamattar. Footnote. If he, that is, the one intending to perform Umrah. The person meant here is the one who intends to perform Umrah along with Hajjat Tamattar. Narrated Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, may Allah be pleased with him. I came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, at a place called Al-Badha. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Did you assume the Ihram for Hajj? I said, Yes. He said, How did you express your intention for performing Hajj? I said, Labaik. That is, I assume the ihram with the same intention as that of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. 
the Prophet peace be upon him said, perform the tawaf around the Kaaba and the Sa'i between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa and then finish your Ihram. So I performed the tawaf around the Kaaba and the Sa'i between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa, Hajjat al-Tamattar, and then I came to a woman from the tribe of Qais who removed the lice from my head. Narrated Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him. The Prophet peace be upon him ordered all his wives to finish their ihram during the year of Hajjatul Wada. On that, I asked the Prophet peace be upon him, what stops you from finishing your ihram? He said, I have matted my hair and garlanded my hadi, so I will not finish my ihram unless I have slaughtered my hadi. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, a woman from the tribe of Khafarm asked for the verdict of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, regarding something during Hajjatul Wada, while Al-Fadl bin Abbas was the companion writer behind Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. She asked, Allah's obligation, that is compulsory Hajj, enjoined on his slaves, has become due on my old father, who cannot sit firmly on the riding animal. Will it be sufficient if I perform the Hajj on his behalf? He said, yes. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. The Prophet peace be upon him arrived at Mecca in the year of the conquest of Mecca while Usama was riding behind him on his she-camel, Al-Qaswa. Bilal and Uthman bin Talha were accompanying him. When he made his she-camel kneel down near the Kaaba, he said to Uthman, get us the key of the Kaaba. He brought the key to him and opened the gate of the Kaaba for him. The Prophet peace be upon him, Usama, Bilal and Uthman bin Talha entered the Kaaba and then closed the gate behind them from inside. The Prophet peace be upon him stayed there for a long period and then came out. The people rushed to get in, but I went in before them and found Bilal standing behind the gate. And I said to him, Where did the Prophet peace be upon him offer salah, prayer? He said, He offered salah, prayer between those two front pillars. The Kaaba was built on six pillars arranged in two rows, and he offered salah, prayer, between the two pillars of the front row, leaving the gate of the Kaaba at his back and facing, in salah, the wall which faces one when one enters the Kaaba. Between him and that wall was the distance of about three cubits, but I forgot to ask Bilal about the number of rakah the Prophet peace be upon him had prayed. There was a red piece of marble at the place where he that is the Prophet, peace be upon him, had offered the salah, prayer. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Safiya bin Tihuyi, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, menstruated during Hajjatul Wada. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Is she going to detain us? I said to him, She has already come to Mecca and performed the tawaful ifadah around the Kaaba, O Allah's Messenger. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, let her then proceed on to Al-Madinah. Narrated Ibn Umar, We were talking about Hajjatul Wada while the Prophet peace be upon him was amongst us. We did not know what Hajjatul Wada signified. The Prophet peace be upon him praised Allah and then mentioned Al-Masih al-Dajjal and described him extensively, saying, Allah did not send any Prophet, but that Prophet warned his nation of Al-Masih al-Dajjal, Nuh, Noah, and the prophets, following him, warn their people of him. He will appear amongst you, O Muhammad's followers. And if it happens that some of his qualities may be hidden from you, 
but your Lord's state is clear to you and not hidden from you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said it thrice. Verily, your Lord is not blind in one eye, while the Ad-Dajjal is blind in the right eye, which looks like a grape bulging out of its cluster. No doubt, Allah has made your blood and your property sacred to one another, like the sanctity of this day of yours, in this town of yours, in this month of yours. The Prophet, peace be upon him, added, No doubt, haven't I conveyed Allah's message to you? They replied, Yes. The Prophet, peace be upon him, added, Woe to you! Or said, May Allah be merciful to you. Do not become infidels after me, that is, my death, by cutting the necks of one another. Narrated Zayd bin Arqam, The Prophet, peace be upon him, fought 19 Ghazawa, holy battles, and performed only one Hajj after he emigrated to Al-Madinah, and did not perform another Hajj after it, and that was Hajjatul Wida. Abu Ishaq said, He performed Hajj many times when he was in Mecca. Footnote The Prophet, peace be upon him, had performed Hajj several times when he was in Mecca before he emigrated to Al-Madinah. Narrated Jarir, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered me during Hajjatul Wada, ask the people to be quiet and listen. He then said, Do not become infidels after me by cutting the necks of one another. Narrated Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Time has taken its original shape which it had when Allah created the heavens and the earth. The year is of twelve months, four of which are sacred and out of these four, three are in succession. That is, Dhul-Qada, Dhul-Hijjah, and Al-Muharram. And the fourth is Rajab, which is named after the Mudar tribe, between the month of Jamad al-Thaniya and Sha'ban. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, asked, Which month is this? We said, Allah and his Messenger, peace be upon him, know better. On that, the Prophet, peace be upon him, kept quiet so long that we thought that he might name it with another name. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Isn't it the month of Dhul Hijjah? We replied, Yes, it is. Then he said, Which town is this? We replied, Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, know better. On that, he kept quiet so long that we thought that he might name it with another name. Then he said, Isn't it the town of Makkah? We replied, Yes, it is. Then he said, Which day is today? We replied, Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him, know better. He kept quiet so long that we thought that he might name it with another name. Then he said, Isn't it the day of An-Nahar, that is sacrifice? We replied, Yes, it is. He said, So your blood, your properties. The sub-narrator Muhammad said, I think the Prophet, peace be upon him, also said, And your honor, are sacred to one another like the sanctity of this day of yours, in this town of yours, in this month of yours, and surely. You will meet your Lord, and He will ask you about your deeds. Beware, do not become like those who went astray, as infidels, after me, cutting the necks of one another. It is incumbent on those who are present to convey this message of mine to those who are absent. Maybe that some of those to whom it will be conveyed might comprehend what I have said better than the present audience. The sub-narrator Muhammad, on remembering that narration, used to say, Muhammad peace be upon him spoke the truth. He, the Prophet peace be upon him then said twice, No doubt, haven't I conveyed Allah's message to you? 
narrated Tariq bin Shahab. Some Jews said, Had this verse been revealed to us, we would have taken that day as Eid, festival. Omar said, What verse? They said, This day, I have perfected your religion for you, completed my favor upon you, and have chosen for you Islam as your religion. Quran, chapter 5, verse 3. Omar said, I know the place where it was revealed. It was revealed while Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was staying at Arafat. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, We set out with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and some of us assumed the ihram for Umrah, some assumed it for Hajj, and some assumed it for both Hajj and Umrah. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, assumed the ihram for Hajj. So those who had assumed the ihram for Hajj or for both Hajj and Umrah did not finish their ihram till the day of An-Nahar, that is, slaughter of sacrifices. Narrated Malik the same as above, saying, We set out with Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, in Hajjatul Wada. Narrated Malik the same as above. Narrated Sa'ad, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet, peace be upon him, visited me during Hajjatul Wada while I was suffering from a disease which brought me to the verge of death. I said, O Allah's Messenger, my ailment has reached such a bad state as you see, and I have much wealth, but I have no one to inherit from me except my only daughter. Shall I give two-third of my property as alms in charity? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, No. I said, Shall I give one-third of it? He replied, One-third. And even one-third is too much. It is better for you to leave your inheritors wealthy rather than to leave them poor, begging people for their sustenance. And whatever you spend for Allah's sake, you will get reward for it, even for the morsel of food which you put in your wife's mouth. I said, O Allah's Messenger, should I remain in Mecca behind my companions who are going with you to al Madinah? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If you remain behind, any good deed which you will do for Allah's sake will upgrade and elevate you. Maybe you will live long so that some people may benefit by you and some other, that is, infidels, may get harmed by you. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then added, O Allah, Complete the emigration of my companions, and do not turn them on their heels. But the poorest Sa'ad bin Khawla, not the above-mentioned Sa'ad, died in Mecca. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, pitied Sa'ad, for he died in Mecca. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, got his head shaved during Hajjatul Wada. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, during Hajjatul Wada, The Prophet, peace be upon him, and some of his companions got their heads shaved, while some of his companions got their head hair cut short. Narrated Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that he came riding a donkey while Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was standing at Mina during Hajjatul Wada, leading the people in Salah, prayer. The donkey passed in front of a part of the row of the people offering the Salah, prayer. Then he dismounted from it and took his position in the row with the people. Narrated Hisham's father, In my presence, Usama was asked about the speed of the Prophet, peace be upon him, during his Hajj. He replied, It was Al-Anaq, that is, moderate, easy speed, and if he encountered an open space, he used to increase his speed. Narrated Abdullah bin Yazid al-Khathmi that Abu Ayyub informed him that he offered the Maghrib and Isha prayers together with the Prophet, peace be upon him, during Hajjatul Wada. 
chapter on the Ghazwa of Tabuk, which is also called Ghazwa al-Usra, that is, the battle of hardship. Narrated Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with him, my companion sent me to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, to ask him for some animals to ride on, as they were accompanying him in the army of al-Usra, and that was the Ghazwa, battle of Tabuk. I said, O Allah's Prophet, my companions have sent me to you to provide them with means of transportation. He said, By Allah, I will not make you ride anything. It so happened that when I reached him, he was in an angry mood, and I didn't notice it. So I returned in a sad mood because of the refusal of the Prophet peace be upon him, and for the fear that Prophet peace be upon him might have become angry with me. So I returned to my companions and informed them of what the Prophet peace be upon him had said. Only a short while had passed when I heard Bilal calling, O Abdullah bin Qais. I replied to his call. Bilal said, Respond to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, who is calling you. When I went to him, that is, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, Take these two camels tied together, and also these two camels tied together, referring to six camels he had bought from Sa'ad at that time. The Prophet, peace be upon him, added, Take them to your companions and say, Allah, or Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, allows you to ride on these, so ride on them. So I took these camels to them and said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, allows you to ride on these camels. But by Allah, I will not leave you till some of you proceed with me to somebody who heard the statement of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him. Do not think that I narrate to you a thing which Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, has not said. They said to me, We consider you truthful, and we will do what you like. The sub-narrator added, So Abu Musa proceeded along with some of them till they came to those who have heard the statement of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, wherein he denied them some animals to ride on, and his statement, whereby he gave them the same. So these people told them the same information as Abu Musa had told them. Narrated Sa'ad, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, set out for the book, appointing Ali as his deputy in Al-Madinah. Ali said, do you want to leave me with the children and women? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Will you not be pleased that you will be to me like Harun, Aaron, to Musa, Moses? But there will be no prophet after me. Narrated Safwan bin Ya'la bin Umayyah that his father said, I participated in Al-Usra expedition, that is, the Ghazwa of the book, along with the Prophet, peace be upon him. Ya'la added, My participation in that Ghazwa was the best of my deeds to me. Ya'la said, I had a laborer who quarreled with somebody, and one of the two bit the hand of the other. Allah, the sub-narrator said, Safwan told me who bit whom, but I forgot it. And the one who was bitten pulled his hand out of the mouth of the bitter. So one of the incisors of the biter was broken. So we came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he considered the biters for Allah's forgiveness for them, and left the secrets of their hearts for Allah to judge. Then I came to him, and when I greeted him, he smiled a smile of an angry person and then said, Come on. So I came walking till I sat before him. He said to me, What stopped you from joining us? Had you not purchased an animal for carrying you? I answered, Yes, O Allah's Messenger. But by Allah, if I were sitting before any person from among the people of the world other than you, I would have avoided his anger with an excuse. By Allah, I have been bestowed with the power of speaking fluently and eloquently. But by Allah, I knew well that if today I tell you a lie to seek your favor, Allah would surely make you angry with me in the near future. 
But if I tell you the truth, though you will get angry because of it, I hope for Allah's forgiveness. Really, by Allah, there was no excuse for me. By Allah, I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind you. Then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, As regards this man, he has surely told the truth. So get up till Allah decides your case. I got up, and many men of Banu Salama followed me and said to me, By Allah, we never witnessed you doing any sin before this. Surely, you failed to offer excuse to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, as the others who did not join him have offered. The supplication of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, to Allah to forgive you would have been sufficient for you. By Allah, they continued blaming me so much that I intended to return to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and accuse myself of having told a lie. But I said to them, Is there anybody else who has met the same fate as I have? They replied, Yes, there are two men who have said the same thing as you have, and to both of them was given the same order as given to you. I said, Who are they? They replied, Murara bin al-Rabir al-Amri and Hilal bin Umayya al-Waqifi. By that, they mentioned to me two pious men who had attended the Ghazwa battle of Babur and in whom there was an example for me. So I did not change my mind when they mentioned them to me. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, forbade all the Muslims to talk to us, the three aforesaid persons out of all those who had remained behind in that Ghazwa. So, we kept away from the people, and they changed their attitude towards us, till the very land where I lived appeared strange to me as if I did not know it. We remained in that condition for fifty nights. As regards my two other fellows, they remained shut in their houses and kept on weeping. But I was the youngest of them and the firmest of them. So I used to go out and offer the salah, prayers, along with the Muslims, and roam about in the markets. But none would talk to me, and I would come to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and greet him while he was sitting in his gathering after the salah, prayer, and I would wonder whether the Prophet, peace be upon him, did move his lips in return to my greetings or not. Then. I would offer my salah, prayer, near to him, and look at him stealthily. When I was busy with my salah, he would turn his face towards me. But when I turned my face to him, he would turn his face away from me. When this harsh attitude of the people lasted long, I walked till I scaled the wall of the garden of Abu Qadada, who was my cousin and dearest person to me, and I offered my greetings to him. By Allah, he did not return my greetings. I said, O Abu Qatala, I beseech you by Allah, do you know that I love Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon him? He kept quiet. I asked him again, beseeching him by Allah, but he remained silent. Then I asked him again in the name of Allah. He said, Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon him, claim as invalid. That is, the biter did not get a recompense for his broken incisor. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Should he leave his hand in your mouth so that you might snap it? as if it were in the mouth of a male camel to snap it. Chapter on the Narration of Ka'ab bin Malik And the Statement of Allah And He did forgive also the three who did not join the Tabuk expedition and whose case was deferred by the Prophet peace be upon him for Allah's decision. Quran Chapter 9 Verse 118 Narrated Abdullah bin Ka'ab bin Malik who from among Ka'ab's sons was the guide of Karb when he became blind. I heard Karb bin Malik narrating the story of the Ghazwa of Tabuk in which he failed to take part. Karb said, 
I did not remain behind Allah's Messenger peace be upon him in any ghazwa that he fought except the ghazwa of Thabuk, and I failed to take part in the ghazwa of Babur. But Allah did not admonish anyone who had not participated in it, for in fact, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had gone out in search of the caravan of Quraysh till Allah made them, that is, the Muslims and their enemy meet without any appointment. I witnessed the night of Al-Aqabah, pledge with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, when we pledged for Islam, and I would not exchange it for the Battle of Badr, although the Battle of Badr is more popular amongst the people than it, that is, Al-Aqabah pledge. As for my news in this Battle of Tabuk, I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind the Prophet peace be upon him in that Ghazwa. By Allah, never had I two she-camels before, but I had them at the time of this Ghazwa. Whenever Allah's Messenger peace be upon him wanted to make a Ghazwa, he used to hide his intention by apparently referring to different Ghazwa till it was the time of that Ghazwa of Thabuk, which Allah's Messenger peace be upon him fought in severe heat, facing a long journey, desert, and the great number of the enemy. So the Prophet peace be upon him announced to the Muslims clearly their destination so that they might get prepared for their Ghazwa. So he informed them clearly of the destination he was going to. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him was accompanied by a large number of Muslims who could not be listed in a book, namely a register. Garb added, Any man who intended to be absent would think that the matter would remain hidden unless Allah revealed it through divine revelation. So Allah's Messenger peace be upon him fought that Ghazwa at the time when the fruits had ripened and the shades looked pleasant. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and his companions prepared for the battle, and I started to go out in order to get myself ready along with them, but I returned having done nothing. I would say to myself, I can't do that, so I kept on delaying it every now and then, till the people got ready and Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and the Muslims along with him departed, and I had not prepared anything for my departure. And I said, I will prepare myself for departure one or two days after him, and then join them. In the morning, following their departure, I went out to get myself ready, but returned having done nothing. Then again, in the next morning, I went out to get ready, but returned without doing anything. Such was the case with me till they hurried away, and the battle was missed by me. Even then, I intended to depart to take them over. I wish I had done so, but it was not written for me. So, after the departure of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, Whenever I went out and walked amongst the people, that is, the remaining persons, it grieved me that I could see none around me, but one accused of hypocrisy, or one of those weak men whom Allah had excused. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, did not remember me till he reached Tabuk. So while he was sitting amongst the people in Tabuk, he said, What did Garb do? A man from Banu Salama said, O Allah's Messenger, he has been stopped by his two burda, that is, the garments, and his looking at his own flanks with pride. Then Murath bin Jabal said, What a bad thing you have said. By Allah, O Allah's Messenger, we know nothing about him but good. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, kept silent. Karb bin Malik added, When I heard that he, that is the Prophet, peace be upon him, was on his way back to Al-Madinah, I got dipped in my concern and began to think of false excuses, saying to myself, How can I avoid his anger tomorrow? and I took the advice of wise members of my family in this matter. When it was said that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had nearly approached al madinah all the evil false excuses vanished from my mind, 
and I knew well that I could never come out of this problem by forging a false statement. Then I decided firmly to speak the truth. So Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, arrived in the morning, and whenever he returned from a journey, he used to visit the mosque first of all, and offer two raka prayer therein, and then sit for the people. So when he had done all that, this time, those who had failed to join the battle of Tabuk came and started offering false excuses and taking oaths before him. There were something over eighty men. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, accepted the excuses they had expressed, took their bearer, pledge, asked for Allah's forgiveness for them, and left the secrets of their hearts for Allah to judge. Then I came to him, and when I greeted him, he smiled a smile of an angry person, and then said, Come on. So I came walking till I sat before him. He said to me, What stopped you from joining us? Had you not purchased an animal for carrying you? I answered, Yes, O Allah's Messenger. But by Allah, if I were sitting before any person from among the people of the world other than you, I would have avoided his anger with an excuse. By Allah, I have been bestowed with the power of speaking fluently and eloquently. But by Allah, I knew well that if today I tell you a lie to seek your favor, Allah would surely make you angry with me in the near future. But if I tell you the truth, though you will get angry because of it, I hope for Allah's forgiveness. Really, by Allah, there was no excuse for me. By Allah, I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind you. Then Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, said, As regards this man, he has surely told the truth. So get up till Allah decides your case. I got up, and many men of Banu Salama followed me and said to me, By Allah, we never witnessed you doing any sin before this. Surely, you failed to offer excuse to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, as the others who did not join him have offered. The supplication of Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, to Allah to forgive you would have been sufficient for you. By Allah, they continued blaming me so much that I intended to return to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and accuse myself of having told a lie. But I said to them, Is there anybody else who has met the same fate as I have? They replied, Yes, there are two men who have said the same thing as you have, and to both of them was given the same order as given to you. I said, Who are they? They replied, Murara bin al-Rabir al-Amri and Hilal bin Umayya al-Waqifi. By that, they mentioned to me two pious men who had attended the Ghazwa battle of Badr and in whom there was an example for me. So I did not change my mind when they mentioned them to me. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, forbade all the Muslims to talk to us, the three aforesaid persons, out of all those who had remained behind in that Ghazwa. So we kept away from the people, and they changed their attitude towards us till the very land where I lived appeared strange to me, as if I did not know it. We remained in the condition for the fifty nights. As regards my two other fellows, they remained shut in their houses and kept on weeping. But I was the youngest of them and the firmest of them. So I used to go out and offer the salah, prayers, along with the Muslims and roam about in the markets. But none would talk to me. And I would come to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, and greet him while he was sitting in his gathering after the salah, prayer. And I would wonder whether the Prophet, peace be upon him, did move his lips in return to my greetings or not. Then I would offer my salah, prayer, near to him and look at him stealthily. When I was busy with my salah, he would turn his face towards me, but when I turned my face to him, he would turn his face away from me. When this harsh attitude of the people lasted long, I walked till I scaled the wall of the garden of Abu Qatada, 
who was my cousin and dearest person to me, and I offered my greetings to him. By Allah, he did not return my greetings. I said, O Abu Qatada, I beseech you by Allah. Do you know that I love Allah and his messenger peace be upon him? He kept quiet. I asked him again beseeching him by Allah, but he remained silent. Then I asked him again in the name of Allah. He said, Allah and his messenger peace be upon him know it better. Thereupon, my eyes flowed with tears, and I returned and jumped over the wall. Garab added, While I was walking in the market of Al-Madinah, suddenly I saw a Nabati, that is, a Christian farmer from the Anbath, plural of Nabati, of Sham, who came to sell his grains in Al-Madinah, saying, Who will lead me to Garab bin Malik? The people began to point me out for him, till he came to me and handed me a letter from the king of Ghassan, in which the following was written. Amma Ba'du. Then after, I have been informed that your friend, that is the Prophet peace be upon him, has treated you harshly. Anyhow, Allah does not let you live at a place where you feel inferior and your right is lost. So join us and we will console you. When I read it, I said to myself, this is also a sort of a test. Then I took the letter to the oven and made a fire therein by burning it. When forty out of the fifty nights elapsed, behold, there came to me the messenger of Allah's messenger peace be upon him and said, Allah's messenger peace be upon him orders you to keep away from your wife. I said, should I divorce her or else what should I do? He said, no, only keep aloof from her and do not cohabit her. The Prophet peace be upon him sent the same message to my two fellows. Then I said to my wife, go to your parents and remain with them till Allah gives his verdict in this matter. Garb added, the wife of Hilal bin Umayyah came to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and said, O Allah's Messenger, Hilal bin Umayyah is a helpless old man who has no servant to attend on him. Do you dislike that I should serve him? He said, No, you can serve him, but he should not come near you. She said, By Allah, he has no desire for anything. By Allah, he has never ceased weeping till his case began, till this day of his. On that, some of my family members said to me, Will you also ask Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to permit your wife to serve you, as he has permitted the wife of Hilal bin Umayyah to serve him? I said, By Allah, I will not ask the permission of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him regarding her, for I do not know what Allah's Messenger peace be upon him would say if I asked him to permit her to serve me while I am a young man. Then I remained in that state for ten more nights after that till the period of fifty nights was completed, starting from the time when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, prohibited the people from talking to us. When I had offered the Fajr prayer on the fiftieth morning on the roof of one of our houses, and while I was sitting in the condition which Allah described in the Qur'an, that is, my very soul seemed strained to me, and even the earth seemed narrow to me for all its spaciousness. There I heard the voice of one who had ascended the mountain of Sal calling with his loudest voice, O Ka'ab bin Malik, be happy by receiving good tidings. I fell down in prostration before Allah, realizing that relief has come. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him had announced the acceptance of our repentance by Allah when he had offered the Fajr prayer. The people then came out to congratulate us. Some bringers of good tidings went out to my two fellows, and a horseman came to me in haste and a man of Banu Aslam came running and ascended the mountain, and his voice was swifter than the horse. When he, that is, the man whose voice I had heard, came to me, conveying the good tidings, 
I took off my two garments and dressed him with them. And by Allah, I owned no other garments than them on that day. Then I borrowed two garments and wore them and went to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. The people started receiving me in batches, congratulating me on Allah's acceptance of my repentance, saying, We congratulate you on Allah's acceptance of your repentance. Garb further said, When I entered the mosque, I saw Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sitting with the people around him. Talha bin Ubaidullah swiftly came to me, shook hands with me, and congratulated me. By Allah, None of the muhajirun, that is emigrants, got up for me except him, that is Thalha, and I will never forget this for Thalha. Garb added, When I greeted Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, he, his face being bright with joy, said, Be happy with the best day that you have got ever since your mother delivered you. Garb added, I said to the Prophet peace be upon him, Is this forgiveness from you or from Allah? He said, No, it is from Allah. Whenever Allah's Messenger peace be upon him became happy, his face would shine as if it were a piece of moon, and we all knew that characteristic of him. When I sat before him, I said, O Allah's Messenger, because of the acceptance of my repentance, I will give up all my wealth as alms for the sake of Allah and his Messenger peace be upon him. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Keep some of your wealth, as it will be better for you. I said, so I will keep my share from Khaybar with me, and added, O Allah's Messenger, Allah has saved me for telling the truth. So it is a part of my repentance not to tell but the truth as long as I am alive. By Allah, I do not know anyone of the Muslims whom Allah has helped for telling the truth more than me. Since I mentioned that truth to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, I have never intended to tell a lie ever since. I said that to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, till today. I hope that Allah will also save me from telling lies the rest of my life. So Allah revealed to his messenger, peace be upon him, the verse, Allah has forgiven the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Muhajirun, emigrants, and the Ansar, up to the saying, and be with those who are true in words and deeds. Quran, chapter 9, verse 117 to 119. By Allah, Allah has never bestowed upon me apart from his guiding me to Islam. A greater blessing than the fact that I did not tell a lie to Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, which would have caused me to perish, as those who have told a lie perished. For Allah described those who told lies with the worst description he ever attributed to anybody else. Allah said, They, that is, the hypocrites, will swear by Allah to you, Muslims, when you return to them, up to his saying. Certainly, Allah is not pleased with the people who are al-fasiqun, rebellious, disbellient to Allah. Quran, chapter 9, verse 95 and 96. Garb added, We, the three persons, deferred altogether from those whose excuses Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, accepted when they swore to him. He took their bayah, pledge, and asked Allah to forgive them. But Allah's Messenger left our case pending till Allah gave his judgment about it. As for that, Allah said, And he did forgive also the three. Quran, chapter 9, verse 118. What Allah said in this verse does not indicate our failure to take part in the ghazwa, but it refers to the deferment of making a decision by the Prophet, peace be upon him, about our case 
in contrast to the case of those who had taken an oath before him and he excused them by accepting their excuses. Chapter on the Dismounting of the Prophet peace be upon him at the place called Al-Hijr Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, when the Prophet peace be upon him passed by Al-Hijr, he said, Do not enter the dwelling places of those people who were unjust to themselves unless you enter in a weeping state, lest the same calamity as of theirs should befall you. Then he covered his head and made his speed fast till he crossed the valley. Narrated Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said to his companions who were at Al-Hijr, or said about the companions of Al-Hijr, Do not enter upon these people who are being punished, except in a weeping state, lest the same calamity as of theirs should befall you. Chapter on Mention of Expedition to Tabuk Narrated Urwa bin Al-Mughira Al-Mughira bin Shurba, may Allah be pleased with him, said, The Prophet peace be upon him went out to answer the call of nature, and when he had finished, I got up to pour water for him. I think that he said that the event had taken place during the Ghazwa of Tabuk. Al-Mughira added, The Prophet peace be upon him washed his face, and when he wanted to wash his forearms, the sleeves of his cloak became tight over them. So he took them out from beneath the cloak and then washed them, that is, his forearms, and passed wet hands over his khuf. Narrated Abu Humaid, may Allah be pleased with him, We returned in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him from the Ghazwa of Tabuk, and when we came within sight of Al-Madina, the Prophet peace be upon him said, This is Taba, that is Al-Madina, and this is Uhud Mountain that loves us and is loved by us. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him returned from the Ghazwa of Tabuk, and when he approached Al-Madina, he said, There are some people in Al-Madina who were with you all the time. You did not travel any portion of the journey, nor crossed any valley, but they were with you. They, the people said, O Allah's Messenger, even though they were at Al-Madina, he said, yes, because they were stopped by a genuine excuse. Chapter on the letter of the Prophet peace be upon him to Kisra, Khusra, and Qaisar, Caesar. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent a letter to Kisra. Khusro, with Abdullah bin Hudayfa al-Sahmi, and told him to hand it over to the governor of al-Bahrain. The governor of al-Bahrain handed it over to Kisra, and when he read the letter, he tore it into pieces. The sub-narrator added, I think that Ibn al-Musayyib said, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him invoked Allah to tear them all totally, Kisra and his companions into pieces. Narrated Abu Bakr, during the days of the Battle of al-Jamal, Allah benefited me with a word I had heard from Allah's Messenger peace be upon him after I had been about to join the companions of Al-Jamal, that is, the camel, and fight along with them. When Allah's Messenger peace be upon him was informed that the Persians had crowned the daughter of Kisra, Khusro, as their ruler, he said, such people as ruled by a lady will never be successful. Footnote Abu Bakla did not fight on that side because the army was led by a woman. That is, Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. Narrated As-Sa'ib bin Yazid. I remember that I went out by the boys to the place called Thaniyatul Wada to receive Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. Narrated As-Sa'ib. I remember I went out with the boys to Thaniyatul Wada 
to receive the Prophet peace be upon him when he returned from the Ghazwa of Tabuk. Chapter on the Sickness of the Prophet peace be upon him and his death and the Statement of Allah Verily, you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, will die and verily, they too will die. Quran, Chapter 39, Verse 30 Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet peace be upon him in his ailment in which he died used to say, O Aisha, I still feel the pain caused by the food I ate at Khaybar, and at this time I feel as if my aorta is being cut from that poison. Narrated Ummul Fadl bintil Harith, I heard the Prophet peace be upon him reciting Suratul Mursalat, Urfa, number 77 in the Maghrib prayer, and after that salah, prayer, he did not lead us in any salah, prayer, till he died. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Umar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, used to let Ibn Abbas sit beside him. So Abdurrahman bin Amr said to Umar, We have sons similar to him in age. Umar replied, I respect him because of his status that you know. Umar then asked Ibn Abbas about the meaning of this holy verse. When there comes the help of Allah to you, O Muhammad peace be upon him, against your enemies and the conquest of Mecca. Quran Chapter 110 Verse 1 Ibn Abbas replied, That indicated the approaching death of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him, which Allah informed him. Umar said, I do not know of it except what you know. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Thursday, and how great that Thursday was. The ailment of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him became worse on Thursday, and he said, Fetch me something so that I may write to you something after which you will never go astray. The people present there deferred in this matter, and it was not right to defer before a prophet. Some said, What is wrong with him? Do you think he is delirious, seriously ill? Ask him to understand his state. So they went to the Prophet peace be upon him and asked him again. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Leave me, for my present state is better than what you call me for. Then he ordered them to do three things. He said, Turn al-mushrikun, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger Muhammad peace be upon him out of the Arabian Peninsula. Respect and give gifts to the foreign delegations as you have seen me dealing with them. Sa'id bin Jubayr, the sub-narrator, said that Ibn Abbas kept quiet as regards the third order, or, he said, I forgot it. Footnote. Regarding the questions, what is wrong with him? Do you think he is delirious, seriously ill? Here, the speaker wants to urge others to fulfill the Prophet's order. See Volume 1, Hadith Number 114. Footnote. Ibn Abbas kept quiet as regards the third order. This means, I am busy preparing myself to meet my Lord, and that is better than the worldly affairs you are asking me to talk to you about. Narrated Ubaidullah bin Abdullah, Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, When Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was on his deathbed, and there were some men in the house, he said, Come near, I will write for you something after which you will not go astray. Some of them, that is his companion, said, Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, is seriously ill, and you have the Qur'an. Allah's book is sufficient for us. So the people in the house deferred and started disputing. Some of them said, 
Give him writing material so that he may write for you something after which you will not go astray, while the other said the other way round. So when their talk and differences increased, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him said, Go away. Ibn Abbas used to say, No doubt, it was very unfortunate, a great disaster, that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him was prevented from writing for them that writing because of their differences and noise. Footnote See Hadith number 114, Volume 1, and Hadith number 3168, Volume 4, for details. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet peace be upon him called Fatima, peace be upon her, during his fatal illness, and told her something secretly, and she wept. Then he called her again, and told her something secretly, and she started laughing. When we asked her about that, she said, the Prophet peace be upon him first told me secretly that he would expire in that disease in which he eventually died. So I wept. Then he told me secretly that I would be the first of his family to follow him. So I laughed at that time. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, I used to hear from the Prophet peace be upon him that no Prophet dies till he is given the option to select either the worldly life or the life of the hereafter. I heard the Prophet peace be upon him in his fatal disease, with his voice becoming hoarse, saying, In the company of those on whom Allah has bestowed his grace, to the end of the verse, Quran, chapter 4, verse 69. Thereupon I thought that the Prophet peace be upon him had been given the option. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, when the Prophet peace be upon him fell ill in his fatal illness, he started saying, with the highest companions. Footnote. See the Quran, chapter 4, verse 69. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, when Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, was in good health, he used to say, Never does a prophet die unless he is shown his place in paradise before his death, and then he is given life or given option. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, became ill, and his last moments came while his head was on my thigh, he became unconscious. And when he came to his senses, he looked towards the roof of the house, and then said, O oh Allah, please let me be with the highest companions. Thereupon I said, So, he is not going to stay with us. Then I came to know that his state was the confirmation of the narration he used to mention to us while he was in good health. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Abdurrahman bin Abu Bakr, entered upon the Prophet peace be upon him while I was supporting the Prophet peace be upon him on my chest. Abdurrahman had a fresh siwak then and he was cleaning his teeth with it. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him looked at it so I took the siwak, cut it, chewed it with my teeth, shook it and made it soft with water and then gave it to the Prophet peace be upon him who cleaned his teeth with it. I had never seen Allah's Messenger peace be upon him cleaning his teeth in a better way than that moment. After finishing the brushing of his teeth, he lifted his hand or his finger and said thrice, O Allah, let me be with the highest companions, and then died. Aisha used to say, he died while his head was resting between my chest and chin. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. Whenever Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, became ill, he used to recite Al-Ma'udhat, Surah Numbers 113 and 114, and blow his breath over himself after their recitation, and rub his hands over his body. So, when he was afflicted with his fatal illness, 
I started reciting Al-Mar'udhat and blowing my breath over him, as he used to blow, and made the hand of the Prophet peace be upon him pass over his body. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, I heard the Prophet peace be upon him and listened to him before his death while he was leaning his back on me and saying, O Allah, forgive me and bestow your mercy on me and let me meet the highest companions of the hereafter. See the Quran, chapter 4, verse 69 and hadith number 4435. Narrated Urwa bin al-Zubayr, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, the Prophet peace be upon him said during his fatal illness, Allah cursed the Jews, for they took the graves of their prophets as places for worship. Aisha added, had it not been for that statement of the Prophet peace be upon him, his grave would have been made conspicuous, but he was afraid that it might be taken as a place for worship. Narrated Aisha, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, when the ailment of Allah's messenger peace be upon him became aggravated, he requested his wives to permit him to be treated, nursed in my house, and they gave him permission. He came out to my house walking between two men with his feet dragging on the ground, between Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib and another man. Rubaidullah said, I told Abdullah of what Aisha had said. Abdullah bin Abbas said to me, Do you know who was the other man whom Aisha did not name? I said, No. Ibn Abbas said, it was Ali ibn Abi Talib. Aisha, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, used to narrate saying, When Allah's Messenger peace be upon him entered my house and his disease became aggravated, he said, Pour on me the water of seven water skins, the mouths of which have not been untied, so that I may give advice to the people. So, we let him sit in a big basin belonging to Hafsa, the wife of the Prophet peace be upon him, and then started to pour water on him from these water skins till he started pointing to us with his hands intending to say, You have done your job. Aisha added, Then he went out to the people and led them in salah, prayer, and priest to them. Narrated Aisha and Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, when Allah's messenger peace be upon him became seriously ill, he started covering his face with his woolen sheet, and when he felt short of breath, he removed it from his face and said, That is so. Allah's curse be on the Jews and the Christians, as they took the graves of their prophets as places of worship, intending to warn the Muslims of what they had done. Narrated Ubaidullah, Aisha said, I argued with Allah's Messenger peace be upon him repeatedly about the matter, that is, his order that Abu Bakr should lead the people in salah, prayer, in his place when he was ill. And what made me argue so much was, that it never occurred to my mind that after the Prophet peace be upon him the people would ever love a man who had taken his place, and I felt that anybody standing in his place would be a bad omen to the people. So I wanted Allah's Messenger peace be upon him to give up the idea of choosing Abu Bakr to lead the people in salah, prayer. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet peace be upon him died while he was between my chest and chin. So I never disliked the death agony for anyone after the Prophet peace be upon him. Narrated Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, Ali ibn Abi Talib came out of the house of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him during his fatal illness. The people asked, O Abu Hassan, that is Ali, how is the health of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him this morning? Ali replied, He has recovered with the grace of Allah. 
Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib held him by the hand and said to him, In three days you, by Allah, will be ruled by somebody else. And by Allah, I feel that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him will die from this ailment of his. For I know how the faces of the offspring of Abdul Muttalib look at the time of their death. So let us go to Allah's Messenger peace be upon him and ask him who will take over the Caliphate. If it is given to us, we will know as to it, and if it is given to somebody else, we will inform him so that he may tell the new ruler to take care of us. Ali said, By Allah, if we asked Allah's Messenger peace be upon him for it, that is, the Caliphate, and if he refused to give it to us, the people will never give it to us after that. And by Allah, I will not ask Allah's Messenger peace be upon him for it. Footnote Regarding statement, in three days, by Allah, you will be ruled by somebody else, he means that the Prophet peace be upon him will die and you will be under the authority of a new ruler. Narrated Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, while the Muslims were offering the Fajr prayer on Monday and Abu Bakr was leading them in Salah prayer, suddenly Allah's Messenger peace be upon him lifted the curtain of Aisha's dwelling and looked at them while they were in the rows of Salah prayer and smiled. Abu Bakr retreated to join the rows thinking that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him wanted to come out for the Salah prayer. The Muslims were about to be put to trial in their Salah prayer, that is, were about to give up offering Salah prayer because of being overjoyed at seeing Allah's Messenger peace be upon him. But Allah's Messenger peace be upon him beckoned them with his hand to complete their Salah prayer and then entered the dwelling and let fall the curtain. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, it was one of the favors of Allah bestowed upon me that Allah's Messenger peace be upon him expired in my house on the day of my turn while he was leaning against my chest and Allah made my saliva mix with his saliva at his death. Abdurrahman entered upon me with a siwak in his hand and I was supporting the back of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him against my chest. I saw the Prophet peace be upon him looking at it, that is siwak, and I knew that he loved the siwak. So I said to him, Shall I take it for you? He nodded in agreement. So I took it, and it was too stiff for him to use. So I said, Shall I soften it for you? He nodded his approval. So I softened it, and he cleaned his teeth with it. In front of him, there was a jug or a can. The sub-narrator, Umar, is in doubt as to which was right, containing water. He started dipping his hand in the water and rubbing his face with it. He said, La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped but Allah. Death has its agonies. He then lifted his hands towards the sky and started saying, with the highest companions, till he expired and his hand dropped down. Narrated Urwa, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Allah's Messenger peace be upon him in his fatal illness used to ask, Where will I be tomorrow? Where will I be tomorrow? seeking Aisha's turn. His wives allowed him to stay wherever he wished, so he stayed at Aisha's house till he expired while he was with her. Aisha added, The Prophet peace be upon him expired on the day of my turn in my house, and he was taken unto Allah while his head was against my chest and his saliva mixed with my saliva. Aisha added, Abdurrahman bin Abu Bakr came in, carrying a siwak he was cleaning his teeth with. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him looked at it and I said to him, O Abdurrahman, 
give me this to work. So he gave it to me and I cut it, chewed its end and gave it to Allah's messenger peace be upon him who cleaned his teeth with it while he was resting against my chest. Footnote Regarding the question, where will I be tomorrow? The Prophet peace be upon him asks in which of his wife's house his stay will be tomorrow. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet peace be upon him expired in my house and on the day of my turn, leaning against my chest. One of us, that is, the Prophet's wives, used to recite an invocation asking Allah to protect him from all evils when he became sick. So I started asking Allah to protect him from all evils. He raised his head towards the sky and said, With the highest companions, with the highest companions, Abdurrahman bin Abu Bakr passed in front of him carrying a fresh siwak and the Prophet peace be upon him looked at it and I thought that the Prophet peace be upon him was in need of it for cleaning his teeth. So I took from Abdurrahman and chewed its head and shook it and gave it to the Prophet peace be upon him who cleaned his teeth with it in the best way he had ever cleaned his teeth and then he gave it to me and suddenly his hand dropped down or it fell from his hand that is he expired. So Allah made my saliva mix with his saliva on his last day on earth and his first day in the hereafter. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, Abu Bakr came from his house at As-Sunnah on a horse. He dismounted and entered the mosque, but did not speak to the people till he entered upon Aisha and went straight to Allah's messenger peace be upon him who was covered with hibara cloth, that is a kind of Yemenite cloth. He then uncovered the Prophet's face and bowed over him and kissed him and wept, saying, Let my father and mother be sacrificed for you. By Allah, Allah will never cause you to die twice, as for the death which was written for you has come upon you. Narrated Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. Abu Bakr went out while Umar ibn al-Khattab was talking to the people. Abu Bakr said, Sit down, O Umar. But Umar refused to sit down. So the people came to Abu Bakr and left Umar. Abu Bakr said, Amma ba'du. Then after, Whosoever amongst you used to worship Muhammad peace be upon him, then Muhammad peace be upon him is dead. And whosoever amongst you used to worship Allah, then Allah is alive and shall never die. Allah said, Muhammad peace be upon him is no more than a messenger, and indeed many messengers have passed away before him. Till the end of the verse, who are grateful. Quran, chapter 3, verse 144. By Allah, it was as if the people never knew that Allah had revealed this verse before, till Abu Bakr recited it, and all the people received it from him, and I heard everybody reciting it then. Narrated Aisha and Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, kissed the Prophet peace be upon him after his death. Narrated Aisha, May Allah be pleased with her. We poured medicine in one side of the Prophet's mouth during his illness and he started pointing to us, meaning to say, don't pour medicine in my mouth. We said, he says so, because a patient dislikes medicines. When he improved and felt a little better, he said, didn't I forbid you to pour medicine in my mouth? We said, we thought it was because of the dislike patients have for medicines. He said, everyone present in the house be forced by pouring medicine in his mouth while I am looking at him, except Abbas, as he has not witnessed your deed. Narrated Al-Aswad, 
It was mentioned in the presence of Aisha that the Prophet peace be upon him had appointed Ali as successor by will. Thereupon she said, Who said so? I saw the Prophet peace be upon him while I was supporting him against my chest. He asked for a tray and then fell on one side and expired. And I did not feel it. So how do the people say he appointed Ali as his successor? Narrated Talha, I asked Abdullah bin Abu Awfa, Did the Prophet peace be upon him make a will? He replied, No. I further asked, How comes it that the making of a will was enjoined on the people or that they were ordered to make it? He said, The Prophet peace be upon him made a will concerning Allah's book. Footnote He advised the people to understand and act upon the Qur'an. Narrated Amir bin al-Harith Allah's Messenger peace be upon him did not leave a dinar or a dirham or a male or a female slave. He left only his white mule on which he used to ride, and his weapons, and a piece of land which he gave in charity for the needy travelers. Narrated Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, when the ailment of the Prophet peace be upon him got aggravated, he became unconscious whereupon Fatima, peace be upon her, said, Oh, how distressed my father is! He said, Your father will have no more distress after today. When he expired, she said, O father, Who has responded to the call of the Lord who has invited him? O Father, whose dwelling place is the garden of paradise, that is, Al-Firdaus? O Father, we conveyed this news of your death to Gabriel. When he was buried, Fatima, peace be upon her, said, O Anas, do you feel pleased to throw earth over Allah's messenger, peace be upon him? Chapter on the last statement, the Prophet, peace be upon him, spoke. Narrated Aisha, May Allah be pleased with her. When the Prophet peace be upon him was healthy, he used to say, No soul of a Prophet is captured till he is shown his place in paradise, and then he is given the option. When death approached him while his head was on my thigh, he became unconscious and then recovered his consciousness. He then looked at the ceiling of the house and said, O Allah, with the highest companions. I said to myself, So he is not going to choose us. Then I realized that what he had said was the application of the narration which he used to mention to us when he was healthy. The last word he spoke was, O Allah, with the highest companions. Footnote No soul of a prophet is captured till he is shown his place in paradise, and then he is given the option to survive or go to heaven. Footnote See the Qur'an, chapter 4, verse 69. Chapter on the Death of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Narrated Aisha and Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed for ten years in Mecca with the Qur'an being revealed to him, and he stayed in Al-Madina for ten years. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, died when he was sixty-three years of age. Chapter on the Prophet died while his armor was mortgaged to a Jew for thirty sarah of barley. Narrated Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, the Prophet peace be upon him died while his armor was mortgaged to a Jew for thirty, that is, thirty sarah of barley. Chapter on the dispatch of Usama bin Zaid, may Allah be pleased with him, by the Prophet peace be upon him during his fatal illness. Narrated Salim's father, The Prophet, peace be upon him, appointed Usama as the commander of the troops to be sent to Syria. 
the Muslims spoke about Usama unfavorably. The Prophet peace be upon him said, I have been informed that you spoke about Usama. Let it be known that he is the most beloved of all people to me. Narrated Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him sent troops and appointed Usama bin Zayd, may Allah be pleased with them, as their commander. The people criticized his leadership. Allah's Messenger peace be upon him got up and said, If you people are criticizing his, that is Usama's leadership, you used to criticize the leadership of his father before. By Allah, he, Zayd, deserved the leadership indeed, and he used to be one of the most beloved persons to me. And now this, that is his son, Usama, is one of the most beloved persons to me after him. Chapter on Mention of Burial of Prophet Peace be upon him Narrated Ibn Abu Habib Abu Khair said, Al-Sunabihri asked me, When did you emigrate? I, Abu Khair, said, We went out from Yemen as emigrants and arrived at Al-Juhfa, and there came a writer whom I asked about the news. The writer said, We buried the Prophet peace be upon him five days ago. I asked Al-Sunabihri, Did you hear anything about the night of Qadr? He replied, Bilal, the Muradhin of the Prophet peace be upon him informed me that it is on one of the seven nights of the last ten days of Ramadan. Chapter on how many Ghazawad the Prophet peace be upon him fought. Narrated Abu Ishaq, I asked Zayd bin al-Arqam, may Allah be pleased with him, in how many Ghazawad did you take part in the company of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him? He replied, Seventeen. I further asked, how many Ghazawad did the Prophet peace be upon him fight? He replied, Nineteen. Narrated al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, I fought fifteen Ghazawad in the company of the Prophet peace be upon him. Narrated Buraida, that he fought sixteen Ghazawad in the company of Allah's Messenger peace be upon him.